Hello fellow homebrewers, JP here, and I want to introduce to you the brand new Brewbuilt X1 Conical Series available at More Beer. More Beer sells the highest standard in homebrewing equipment, and the Brewbuilt Conicals are just that. They're made from mere polished 304 stainless steel, and they come with loads of features that you and I have been looking for. They have a full 2-inch bottom dump valve, which will eliminate your clogging issues, while the sturdy base includes four reinforced legs, just like those big pro tanks do. More Beer also carries the Brewbuilt line of options and add-ons like casters, pressure kits, and even external glycol chillers. So you can find out more about the new Brewbuilt X1 Conical Unitanks by going over to morebeer.com for detailed videos on the entire line of Brewbuilt Conicals. You can trust Brewbuilt with your next fermentation, and you can trust More Beer to find the right conical for you. Brewbuilt at morebeer.com. The Sunday Session is brought to you by More Beer, who has just opened their East Coast Distribution Center and is now shipping orders from California and Pennsylvania. Check them out at morebeer.com. I poured in my mouth and it just wasn't going down. My first beer was an IPA, the best IPA I've ever drank, mostly because I brewed it. If you have a scale that is good for measuring cocaine, you're probably good for measuring hops on cocaine. You're scaring me. <laughs> I think the information is awesome and the audio sucks. Make some sugary water, throw some yeast in there. And you're going to drink good beer. Yeah, it's, it's going to be good. It's fine. Damn it, man. Oh, my God. Oh, uh-oh. From the Brewing Network Studios in Northern California, this is the radio program for home brewers, craft brewers, beer lovers, and beer geeks. It's your only source for live beer radio that brings expert brewers together with, well, expert drinkers. This is the radio program with a head on it. This is The Session. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the program. We're back in the studio in Sunny Martinez, where it is officially 118 degrees near the refinery. It's a nice temperature down here in Martinez. And uh, some exciting things happening on tonight's program. We've got a lot going on. We've got multiple guests and a skeleton crew. Uh, JP, wants, who wants to guess where JP went on vacation to? Anybody? Jade? Disneyland! Disneyland! That's right! You must listen to the program. Uh, JP, of course, is on his way back from Disneyland. Does he ever go anywhere else? Nope. Uh, I don't think a single vacation has ever been taken at another location. Just Disneyland? That's it? That's it. And you'd think that by now he'd figure out how long it takes to get home from Disneyland and make the show on time. No. Yeah, this makes him like, what, 0 for 5 on his proclamations that he'll be back for the session? Yeah, yeah he's, he's always like, like, he's always like I, 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 I'm pretty sure I'll be there by 5. I mean, I'm not really sure. Well, how many times have you made the drive? 100? 200, maybe? At least. And uh, how different is the timing every every time, you know? Anyway, I do think he's coming. He might be here around 6 o'clock. Doc, also late. He's on his way back from a child's... Um, like tryouts for something, all star tryouts or something official, something big for his kids. I so thought they, he'd still be on his be. way back from Burning Man or something. Uh, no, no, they, they they got back from Burning Man earlier in the week. I saw my. That's why we were off for a couple weeks. It's our annual Burning Man uh, vacation time ourselves. Although I didn't go this year, I just lived vicariously. And uh, Doc saw, does enough partying for at least two people. Yeah, I saw them all when they got back. They were a mess. And uh, <laughs> uh, actually, Moscow and I helped them return their RV. That thing's disgusting coming back from uh, Burning Man. I forgot how disgusting things get out I feel there. bad whoever rents that thing next. <laughs> yeah. 
I think I'm going back next year. I've, I've taken two years off, and I think I'm ready to go back and uh, debaucherize again or whatever. The it's going to seem brand new all over again. Yeah, that's what I figure. It's time to recreate my first ex- a new ex- a new first experience. Right. I, I forgot it, so to go see some boobs. What's Either that or you're going to go, what the hell am I doing here? <laughs> no, that's that's kind of what I did the last time I went, which is why I took two years off. I, I got to kind of the middle of it and went, what the fuck am I doing? What, am I 18 again? Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know what I'm doing here. You can't wait till you get too old or it's just going to seem like... Yeah. Unless you're not. It's just sad. Yeah. Sad. <laughs> so, anyway. Um, but now we're back in studio and we got a lot to do. We've got Tom Kehoe from Yards Brewing Company. Uh, they're out of Philadelphia, PA. Uh, I had a lot of their beer when we were in Philadelphia for the National Homebrews Conference. I had a lot of their Yards Pale Ale, and I loved it. So we've got him on the program today. We've also got our old friend in the studio, uh, Paul Sangster, and he's got a new brewery now. He's no longer just Mr. Ninkasi. He's Mr. Rip Current Brewing Company. Yeah, thanks for having me in. Where are you guys located? Uh, no. We're in San Marcos, California. Okay. Which is, it- you know, people know where Lost Abbey is. We're right down the street from Lost Abbey. Got it. How cool is that? That's going to be your, your claim to fame. Hey, you know where Lost Abbey is? Yeah, just turn left. And there's uh, this little place called Stone right down the street. That's right. people have heard of, too. You can either turn right at Stone or left at Lost Abbey, and there we are. That's right. Yeah. Very nice. Uh, so we'll be talking to Paul a little bit later. we gotta, we got things all scheduled out. we got to talk to uh, Tom Kehoe first, and we're going to be talking to uh, Jade and Roberto from HopTech are hanging out with us. We're going to talk to them about Oktoberfest in just a couple of minutes. Let me take care of some quick business. Dr. Homebrew is on iTunes. Just use the uh, XML RSS feed, thebrewingnetwork.com slash Dr. Homebrew, or search Dr. Homebrew in iTunes, or go to the homepage, and you'll find it on the on tap section right there. And uh, there's new shows uh, twice a month. So it's a great new show. People are loving it. Uh, you can help support the Brewing Network over at Amazon just by clicking our Amazon link right there on the homepage. A lot of you have been doing that. What is our Amazon product of the week, Moscow? Unbelievably, it's uh, the Mattel Magic 8-Ball. Those things are still around and being ordered wow. by BN listeners on Amazon. It's a uh, the original Magic 8-Ball. It's got all the answers you need. Uh, great uh, fun for kids and adults. I don't know about the adults part. Uh, get a sneak preview into the future, it says. The Magic 8-Ball. <laughs> Imagine being the inventor of the Magic 8-Ball. I mean, uh, us working stiffs are sitting in here, and that bastard is on a yacht somewhere just <laughs> counting his checks from that stupid little plastic genie ball. So who's be- who's better, the Magic 8-Ball guy or the, the Pet Rocks guy? <laughs> or the Chia Pet guy? That's a oh. tough competition. I think the Chia Pet guy, because his it morphed into multiple things, like you can get Obama Pet. And uh, I think my I think Kate the Great's mother has Obama pet. Really? Yeah, yeah. Just We're, endless rebranding opportunities on that one. Yeah. By the way, it, do you find Obama pet a little racist? Because it, it like it. <laughs> what color pet, is it? It only grows a fro. And like dre- you can, it grows dreadlocks too, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah. Like it never grows. It's not like a. It's not good hair, as Chris Rock, Rock would say. <laughs> it's it only grows. You know. That's uh, can you train it into cornrows or anything? Maybe like I don't. I'll have to ask Kate the Great's mom if she's ever done that. It'd be great if they had like a uh, Jesse the Body Ventura chia pet that just it didn't grow anything. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've had chia pets like that because I don't have a green thumb. I can't even grow a fucking chia pet. Anyway, all right, that's our Amazon product of the week, the Magic Eight Ball. Thank you for buying that. Somebody, we got a little chunk of that change ourselves. Uh, okay, you can listen to this on the go uh, with our mobile apps. Just search BN Mobile in iPhone, uh, uh, sorry, in iTunes or the Android market. Uh, you can watch this live over on uh, Livestream. Uh, I think you go to new.livestream.com slash brewing network. I'm working on a short URL. Uh, I got a lot of feedback and, and helpful hints about doing that. Made me feel like a retarded person because I've been running a website for eight years and 
didn't figure out that I could do a redirect yet. Well, also um, to add to the retardism, it's uh, the Brewing Network uh, slash the Brewing Network. <laughs> Great, there we go. Oh boy, am I good at my job? Um, what else? Uh, you can get all these updates and more over on Twitter and Facebook. Uh, you can send your show ideas to Scott Scott at thebrewingnetwork.com and send feedback over to feedback at thebrewingnetwork.com. Without JP here, I'm forced to do the Twitter game myself. <laughs> Tonight's Twitter game is brought to you by our good friends in Dublin, California at HopTech. That's right. So we don't have Tasty tonight because apparently he's backstage at the Dave Matthews Band concert. I don't know, Tasty's kind of a big deal, as you know, and uh, someone got him passes, so he... he Decided to skip the show and hang out backstage with, with Dave Matthews. For, so for tonight's Twitter game, what I want to know is, <laughs> if Dave Matthews were to write a song about Tasty, what would it be called? And you should assume that this will be after a spending a night with Tasty backstage around all of Dave Matthews' groupies. And uh, knowing that and knowing what you know about Tasty, what would the Dave Matthews song be called <laughs> if you wrote it about Tasty? Uh, you're a Dave Matthews fan, aren't you, Moscow? I do like Dave. I told you a story that I thought everyone had heard, and you hadn't, which is the Dave uh, tour bus dumping its uh, septic tank onto the passengers of a boat going underneath a bridge. Don't tell me the studio has not oh, heard of this either. I think I've, no, I vaguely remember hearing about this one. From the yeah. mid-2000s, the, the bus driver decided to just dump on a bridge, and all of the septic stuff landed on a, a boat that was going under the bridge at that very moment. Full, full of, of tourists. tourists. Sightseeing tourists. <laughs> I almost threw up when he told me this story. Yeah. And I kind of didn't believe it. And sure enough, he Googles it. It's the first thing that pops up. There it is in the news. Dave Matthews tour bus the dropping giant. shit all over some, some boat. It's a nice quarter million dollar settlement for those tourists, though. Oh, I would have sued. The giant Dave dump. <laughs> That's the name he of the paid next, for that one. That's the next album. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't genuinely... It, 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 it really has to be some significant pain and suffering for me to agree with a pain and suffering lawsuit. I would have significant pain and suffering from that. <laughs> That's up there. I would be wrenching for days. And every time I thought about it again, I would throw up. Yeah. Oh, God. That's just terrible. Okay, let's get on with things, shall we? We've got Jade and Roberto in the studio right now. And uh, they're here to talk to us about the uh, annual event down in Oakland called Oktoberfest. Oktoberfest. Yeah. How many years have you guys been? Uh, we're, uh, we're, this is our fourth year sponsoring it. Okay. And we sponsor Homebrew Alley. Oh yeah, and um, Oktoberfest is really really cool. It's uh, it's a is this a street festival in Upper Oakland? Okay, so it's above five eighty, so it's not Shooter's Alley. Ah, and so you're at Fruitvale and MacArthur, and they block the intersection off for about three blocks in every direction. It's right there in the Diamond District. In the Diamond Oakland. District, which is awesome. Okay, and um, lots of vendors, lots of food, lots of music, lots of things to do. Kid friendly root beer garden. Very family-oriented. I like that. You know, a lot of the beer festivals don't do the kid-friendly thing. And, and I'll tell you, we don't either. And it's, it's, it's a regulations thing. At, at Concord, we're not allowed right. to have ours family-friendly either. And if you, if you have to put up a fence around it, you have to build a state penitentiary every time you do a, a beer fest. So I like it when cities allow it to be combined like yeah, that. Yeah, and what I like about it is if you, everything is free if you, unless you choose to go into the beer fest or onto the, in, to, you know, go into the beer fest. Okay. But the way they have it is, you're not in a beer corral. You know they don't they don't hide you away. They don't segregate you or anything. Oh, so you don't have to stay in the the beer garden. Nope. Oh, okay. So nope, you just buy all. the tickets for the beer garden, but then you can walk around. You can either buy tickets or you can pay for unlimited pours. Nice. Which I always like because that way I can get short pours. Oh yeah. But uh, and make Roberto <clears throat> drive home. 
I'm not the, yeah, no, huh? <laughs> it never works How out that way, does it? How long you guys known us? <laughs> I, was, no. I was wishful thinking for you, Jade. <laughs> Sometimes me too, yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, you can get a glass of beer, then you can go wander around, go watch music, go get something to eat. And they sprinkle some of the beer booths around in the vendors. Okay. The other vendors. So it, it makes you walk around. I love it. So it's all mixed together. That's it's mixed together. Much better. Yeah, and what is Homebrew Alley like? What do you guys Homebrew do there? Homebrew Alley. What we do is um, we have it so that Hop Tech is there. Okay. And uh, I think we're going to be there with you this year. Oh. Yeah. I think yeah. we. Could, I'm not personally going to be there. You guys are going to have JP. I have to go to a stupid Yay. wedding. But you guys are going to have uh, JP, and uh, he'll be right next to you. I think. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. What else is in Homebrew Alley? Homebrew Alley. Um, under our umbrella, a couple of other of the local homebrew clubs go in, come in, and they can do tastings, small tastings of their beers. Okay. Same as us. Got it. And um, our club, the Mad Zymes, does the uh, beer competition, which has drop-offs until through this coming Saturday Okay. at Oak Barrel, Brewmaster in San Leandro, and Hop Tech in Great. Dublin. Did you enter this competition, Nate, or have you retired? No, no, no. I haven't retired, but I don't, I don't have a, a style ready for this competition. German beers only. German styles only. It's, it's cool competition focused just yeah. on those often neglected subcategories. Nice. At least on the West Coast a little bit, you know? Okay. And that's nice. And then uh, our club, they do like a, a a brewing demonstration. It's a real multimedia thing that they have worked up. It's really pretty cool. Oh, that's good. Yeah. So they don't actually have to do the whole, bring all the equipment and do the correct. full brew day. Yeah, because Oakland gets a little weird about, you know, fire and streets yeah. and that kind of stuff. Yeah, we've, we've had gone through that same. for a couple of years trying to get it worked out. Yeah, especially in Oakland. What is this, a Raiders game? There's no fire yeah. in the streets. Yeah, well, they had they had to have the propane so far away from the burner that the propane pain was like in the middle of the street. Oh, yeah. It's like, yeah, no. Yeah, yeah. And, okay. Uh, well, but that's cool, uh, though. It's a lot anyway, of fun. yeah, it's hard to finish a, a, a demonstration brew day at a at a festival that only lasts four hours, right? No, so. it's seven. Oh, this is a long one, huh? Wow, it's a grueling seven-hour pour. Wow, I'm the, glad JP's going. On the going. sloped streets of Oakland, <laughs> <laughs> right? Well, but you guys have been doing it for a while now, so you must love it. What a good fest! We do. It's a tremendous amount of fun. Okay, and uh, we bring just personally. We'll bring about 17 kegs, you know, corny kegs. Wow. And uh, we'll come home with uh, probably a total of two full ones. Okay. And so in two-ounce pours, we can, we can seven hours, we can roll through about 15 kegs. You guys are brewing maniacs, we you are. and Roberto. How yeah. many times a month are you guys brewing? I should probably narrow it down to week, shouldn't I? How many times a week are you brewing? Not enough. <laughs> not, still not enough, Roberto says. Ah. Yeah, we only brought we brought a couple of homebrews here, but anyway. Oh, you did? Okay. <laughs> well, we'll, we'll have time to try that stuff, we too. Uh, all right. You can go to Oktoberfest.org right now. And uh, do people buy tickets through the website or just at the, at the festival? You can do both, but, okay. there's, but there's booths coming in to any side that you're coming in from the festival. There are booths to buy tickets, or they can, they can send you down to the info booth. Okay. Where you pick up your ticket and your glass. And, of course, the festival's free, but you, if you Festival want beer, you're, ju- you're just paying for that. Bingo. So. Exactly that. Bring the kids. But you're paying for the food. I mean, obviously, you pay for what you buy within it. Got it. Okay. But, yeah, you can just roam in, and uh, it's and most of the stores on the streets are open. Okay. And the food, gosh, the food is just so eclectic. Oh, yeah. And uh, that's what's so awesome. And I bet there's a, just w- with that large a space, three blocks, there must be a lot of different food vendors. So you got options, too. Lots of different food vendors, plus the, plus the, the shops that are on the streets that we're, that we're on. Okay. Is also, they're also real good, too. Sounds great. Go over to oaktoberfest.org, oaktoberfest.org. I think it might be their fifth year doing it. It's your fourth year participating, but this might be year five, so they probably got it pretty well dialed in by now. Yeah. Okay. 
They do. The The promoters are really good. They work really hard on this. And uh, it's good because all the money is plowed back into the Diamond District. Great. You know, just to, like, just to make the neighborhood better. And, yeah. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a nice place. Another good nonprofit event. It's Saturday, October 5th of this year. It's coming up uh, 11 a.m. to 6 p.m. Go to Oktoberfest.org. Thanks, Jade and Roberto. I hope you're going to stay with us for a while and Indeed. have some beer. We brought Absolutely. beer. Okay, good. We're going to share some beer with you. Whoa. What I've got to get us to is a special announcement. It's time once again for a new Brewcaster Challenge. Part four. That's right. So, uh, if you recall, the Brewcaster challenges that we've had so far are myself versus JP. JP was the victor. Then, we had Tasty versus Nate. Once again, Nate's in the loss column for the competition. Can I get a recount on this? Come on. Uh, I'm stuck with you, of all people. Come on, man. Yeah. Uh, And the third Brewcaster challenge that we had on our plate was uh, Doc versus John Plisse. Uh, Quite a matchup, I thought. However, Doc won that one by a landslide. He got a lot of votes on his. Uh, Plisse's beer was great, but Doc just pulled out that decoction bullshit and, and hammered it home, man. That was a good beer. It was a really good beer. Doc knows what he's doing. Uh, I, is your Roggen beer downstairs too, right, Paul? Yeah, but we don't decoct it. You don't? That's much too hard, although we do step mash it, which is a little unusual for a pro brewery. So that is your pro beer. That's not a homebrew that you brought That's in. That's a pro beer, but it's based on a, an old homebrew I did for years and years. Okay. You know, yeah. Paul's has a ton of rye character. We yeah. were all sort of commenting when we did the Brewcaster Challenge that none of them had this perception of big rye. Right. Paul, Paul's has that, so it's interesting to taste as a counterpoint to those. Right. And we were ta- Paul and I were talking about this yesterday, making that style for American homebrew competitions. You really got to get that rye front and center. The judges are really looking for that. Yeah, I um, I tried making a few that were, I mean, you guys experienced the ones from Germany. They, they tend to be smoother, a little easier drinking, so I used to make them like that. And what I found in competition was they didn't do well, because the judges all just assume that they should have a big uh, rye character. Okay. So I tasted the one that got first place at NHC 2011, and it had it tasted like, like beer we're serving now, um, which has a lot of rye character. But the interesting thing is I didn't know this until this morning, that you guys use 50% rye in your beers. I only use 42% in this one. Oh, yeah. wow. So that's interesting. Yeah, we made them use at least 50%. That's very nice of you. You know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> another, Make it real fun for them, you know? Another difference, I think, there, uh, you got that more of that Weizen yeast character out of yours uh-huh. than, than they did. They had less of that kind of clovey uh, bubblegum flavor. And your, yours is still, uh, actually, I think, very smooth. Mm-hmm. And I would also still call it a mellow beer. But your yeast character was definitely more prominent than in than in their beers. Interesting. So. They didn't have more banana than than this one. You know, maybe Docs did have a little bit more banana. Yours, yeah. yours maybe a little more on the clovey side. Yeah. So we overpitched it to okay. kind of keep that under control, and then we also fermented uh, colder. Got it. Okay. Which kind of helps get a little more clove out of it. Okay. But he did a ferulic acid rest, which we didn't do. Yeah. That yeah. clove out too. So, so you, you do the sixty-two degree. We do kind of fermentation thing. That yeah, it's the Herald. old school BN listeners will know that Jamil talked about that for years, and that was an actually yeah. an old Herald technique. That's too, the Herald right? Branson trick, and yeah. I, I've always used that ever since I heard that trick, and it works great. Nice. All right. Well, let's make our announcement. We've got a great brewcaster challenge for you this time. I think you're going to be uh, surprised. And we've got uh, one of our challengers on the phone. Uh, the other one is in the studio. We're going to put our own burgeoning young brewer, Scott Moskowitz, is in on this Brewcaster Challenge. And we're not going to go easy on him. He's going up against Jamil. <laughs> 
<laughs> what the? This was not my idea. JC, are you with us, buddy? Yeah, sounds like an easy win for me. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Are you up for the challenge, Jamil? Uh, I could be laying down and be up for that challenge. <laughs> uh, all right. Now, I don't think I need to be much higher than that to win this one. So I know a lot of people are kind of thinking what we're thinking. Like, what the hell uh, are, are we thinking? Yes, Bevo. I'm voting for Scott simply on the douche factor. <laughs> you just think it's douchey that I'm doing this to him? And that Jamil's all like, I'm going to win. There's no chance. Blah, blah, blah. I'm so well, great. You know, <laughs> no offense, Jizzy. I well. you. <laughs> this, just want that handicap well, multiplier kinda, on the victory. Yeah, You'll get a lot of right. points, right? How, how many times has, has Scott brewed? Twice? <laughs> How many times have you brewed? No, I, I don't know. Five? Four or five? Okay. Oh! <laughs> you know, okay. More than two, Jamil. <laughs> Jeez. Right. And uh, and how many times has Jamil won Ninkasi again? <laughs> was it three? <laughs> no, only two. It was two. Okay. Did, I mean, we got, we're doing only Almost enough. as many times as Scott has brewed. <laughs> we we got to do, I mean, handicapping of some sort. <laughs> Did you hear that? I've won Ninkasi almost as many times as Scott has brewed. Okay. Now I, hey, you're throwing me a cream puff here, I think. I, I can't make it that easy. Yeah. As, as you know, I... I I actually like Moscow, and so I'm going to try to uh, I'm going to change things up a little bit. Um, so, yeah. here's what I'm going to do to try to even the playing field. Moscow is allowed to choose one ingredient or one part of the brewing process that Jamil is not allowed to use. <laughs> uh, I'm going to ask you guys to brew a black IPA. Is our style for this one? And within that style, thinking about the ingredients, Moscow, and, and think, you know, knowing what you know about the brewing process, your, your immense knowledge, uh, you can remove one ingredient or one process from Jamil's brew day. All right. Um, how about the... Jamil, are you okay with me, with me uh, allowing this to, to kind of even it up? Just allow him to remove one uh, thing? Like hops? I, I, Green? <laughs> 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 I, I don't think I could brew an IPA without hops. <laughs> well, true. well, I was gonna say hops, but now I'm thinking yeast. <laughs> uh, right? The Why not just go for water while you're at it? <laughs> JC, is that possible? Yeah. What do you think? I'm like Gandalf the Brewer here, <laughs> beer out my butthole or something? Yeah, well, I don't know. You are pretty good, man. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Okay, th- that, um, that's yeah. That, I don't think that would. That, I, I I would seriously think that that is not quite quite viable. Okay, and and that doesn't level the playing field. That makes it. It just goes the other way, you know, in Moscow's favor. Well, I wouldn't be so sure. <laughs> right. So uh, if he's just like not allowed to use a, a fancy system, like he has to use pots and. Like it's kitchen. You, you could, yeah. You, maybe you can't. You can. You yeah. can't use any kind of a kettle vessel. Well, but I'm not, I'm not worried about. The, the, I'll boil. I'll boil it in my hand. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the hot side is whatever. He's going to do a great fermentation. So that's that was my reasoning, right? Who yeah. cares the kettle? That doesn't matter. He's just going to do a good, you know, cold side. All right, so think of something else. What could you remove? It doesn't have to be an ingredient. You know, like I said, it, it could be something in the process too. I don't know. I'm trying to think of what I would make. All right, all right. How about how about um, you boil? You can't boil. <laughs> I'm. Try, I mean, well, that's almost maybe 
That's almost possible. Oh, yeah. Uh, It'd be weird for this style, yeah. but... It would be weird for this style because he's got to get uh, hops in, a lot of hops in that for the... Uh, well, Wait, are you serious? You can do that? <laughs> I, I thought, well, I don't I, know. I thought I was going to be shot down again. What do you think, JC? Can we do no boil? Well... First off, Moscow, you are a soulless ginger. <laughs> <laughs> for even, I need all the help I can get. For even suggesting this. <laughs> I think that that is quite a challenge. Um, my first thought was no, but, you know, I'm always saying there's a lot of parts of the process that happen, like uh, summarizing alpha acids. It happens you know, 175 degrees and above. Yeah. Of you, course, could, you don't necessarily have to boil to get bitterness. Um, you could do five-minute boil. You could be real nice, Scott, and let him do five-minute well, only. Well, no, nah, it doesn't sound like he needs it. Maybe. 175. <laughs> oh, great. <thing>. <laughs> Somebody from the chat suggested no use of a thermometer. Mm. Mm. Wow. Eh, I don't think that levels it. Jay-Z can do that with his thumb. <laughs> Do it with his wiener. <laughs> Wait, so is this new info? I, I don't remember I ever hearing that, that that you can do it without boiling. Well, I think what Jay Z's saying, if if I, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, Jamil, but in a lot of talk, like from the Candy Candy Brewery shows, when they're talking about mm-hmm. whirlpool hopping, they're talking about bitterness right. and stuff being added, and that's not at boil. That's, I mean, it's hot as hell, but it's not boiling. Mm-hmm. Is that what you mean, Jamil? Right. You know. Yeah. So what we're talking about is not actively boiling, not seeing bubbles forming on the surface, right? Right. right. Anything yeah. other than that, we're okay. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah? All right. All right. I, uh, it might take a, might take a, some experimentation, but uh, it might be possible. So are you saying you accept the challenge, Jamil? Yeah, sure. Why not? Wow, all right. Okay, we'll <laughs> Wow. That's number four or five. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I got away with one right there. All right. Now we got a challenge. Black IPA, Moscow versus Jay-Z. Jay-Z is not allowed to boil. Doesn't the boil, doesn't it get rid of, uh, you know, some things that it get, that get killed off, you know, in the boil that w- they wouldn't get killed off at 175? No, you don't want to tell them that now. <laughs> I don't, is that true? I don't even know if that's yeah, true. I'm just throwing well, it out there. You know, pasteurization and stuff happens, you know, lower and longer. Um, you know, you can kill most anything um, above one forty. You're perfect. Form fours, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then volatilization of a lot of compounds that comes off. Um, you know, that comes off uh, at a at a lower temperature. I I can stir. I can stir and oh no, and, stirring. Get <laughs> up to like you know two o five and stir. Right. You know, that might work. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just challenging, challenging. <laughs> I don't think I'd get a very good, uh, you know, hot break out of boil. Oh, that's a good point. So what will that mean? It, does, well, it doesn't have to be clear. It's a black IPA, right? Yeah, that's true. I should have so picked, picked a lager. I mean, I would worry about, you know, DMS um, if I was to use uh, some lighter film. Also, maybe I need to go with, uh, you know, a darker uh, malt, base malt, uh, you know, go with an English pale ale malt, um, something that's kilned a little darker. So more of the DMS, uh, the SMM uh, precursor has been driven off already. The wheels are already turning. 
He's look at him. Look at him. You can listen to him go already, Moscow. You might have, maybe you should have stuck with yeast. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Given your reaction to this, I should have dug my heels in. Uh, still, he's got to produce a pretty intense beer with with no boil, and Moscow can do anything you want. You know. Uh, keep in mind, Moscow. You know, I got my recipe straight from uh, Heretic Brewing Company. So you you have to brew the beer, but it, you know you can use uh, a little help. Yeah, you lost though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I did. That's true, but I don't think it was the recipe's fault. <laughs> so I'm just saying, you know, it's not. You might you might be able to do this, man. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna give it my best, man. You, I'm coming for you, Jay Z. <laughs> Well, I think you have a pretty good uh, shot at it now. <laughs> Bevo, are you changing your vote now that he's uh, no. backed off on the... No, not at all. Mm-hmm. Bevo's already cast her vote. We usually don't do that for another couple weeks. But, uh, I can't wait to see what the odds are going to be on this competition. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there are 100 to 1 already. <laughs> uh, all right. And uh, Moscow, are you going to brew extract or all grain? Or what are you thinking? I think I'll do a partial extract. Okay. Like we did with Doc back in the day. Oh yeah, so you'll still do a, a little mashing, in mm-hmm. there. a little mini mash. Okay. No, you can. Now use you're my... going to be brewing on your own, right? No, Doc's system for sure. Yeah, you can use my system. He <laughs> <Right. laughs> uh, gets advice from people, but you're not going to be. Uh, you're not going to be having people brew for you. You're going to have people standing by. That's right. Think of it like the Queen of Beer competition. That's how I thought of it when I did it, and that was I could get instruction leading all the way up to, and even on the day. You could ask direct questions, uh, but no one can do it for you or say, ah, you're doing that wrong. You better do it this way. Don't do that. Do this. That's that's against the rules. Which is why you lost. Yeah, yeah. No, I'll do it right. on my own. I, I lack a soul, but I don't lack integrity. <laughs> uh, all right. There we have it. Our latest brewcaster challenge. This oh, one's going to be fun. Yeah, for you. <laughs> right. Uh, I'm also happy to get Jamil back in the homebrew house. Oh, yeah. When's the last time you did that, Jay-Z? A couple years ago. (laughs) (laughs) The last test batch for Heretic, maybe, a couple years ago? At least least the last small test batch. Uh, Right, right. So. Yeah, it's it's just been crazy busy. You're going to have to wipe the cobwebs off of that that system. Or leave them in. Secret ingredients. (laughs) Brew it on the Heretic system. Yeah, just yeah. no boil yeah, no on the boil hair. On <laughs> thirty barrels. Is that what you have now? Thirty barrel system. That's thirty-five. Thirty-five barrel no boil black IPA. That's a hell of a marketing uh, tool. Might, might be a hit. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Hey, yeah, I'd, I'd go with uh, you know taste the beer that beat Moscow, but eh, <laughs> I don't think anybody would really care. <laughs> That's true. All right, Jay-Z. Well, I know you're busy, so I appreciate you participating in this and getting back to homebrew in a little bit. It's going to make for some good content. Sure. And, uh, I'm excited. I, who knows? I guess you're going to learn something about no-boil brewing. So, Yeah, there's, there's a whole new, whole new thing to uh, investigate. <laughs> All right, Jay-Z. Thanks, brother. We'll catch up with you in a couple weeks, and we'll, we'll check in to see where you're at and how your recipe is and all of that. All right. Take all care. Right. Thanks, brother. There you go. <laughs> Jay-Z versus Moscow. I am a clever little bastard sometimes. <laughs> good for a joke. <laughs> yeah. Well, it really, it's as we're getting, you know, as we've, you know, marked off brewers in the room, we're like, well, what are we going to do? We got to put them against. So who, who are we going to put Jamil against? So we figured 
Jay Z's pretty rusty though. He hasn't sure. homebrewed in a while. Yeah, you know. Yeah, we'll see how much his fermentation, fermentation, fermentation rule uh, applies here. I suspect oh, it will apply. You're, you're going to let him ferment? <laughs> I, try, I tried. I tried. Yeah, he cannot ferment. Probably has glycol jacketed better bottles by now or something. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's better. Uh, all right. Well, that's good fun. So uh, we got a little timeline on that. We'll get an update, like I said, in a couple weeks. Find out where you guys are. We'll talk about your different recipes. We'll get to learn all about black IPAs in the meantime. And um, I guess we'll we'll learn an awful lot about no-boil brewing. Uh, We'll learn a little bit about Mini Mash. Again, we haven't talked about Mini Mash on the show in a while. So I'm looking forward to uh, being able to educate folks on some of that stuff. Will this? Would it be your first mini mash, or you've done that? Uh, if you recall, my uh, my buddy Phil and I did it with Doc. Okay, um, so I didn't do it myself, but I, you know, we kind of did it alongside Doc. Got it. Okay. All right, it's going to be good fun. Uh, start getting your pointers now. You got good brewers in the room tonight, Moscow. I'd get out the notepad. <laughs> you got Paul here, another Nkazi winner, and uh, get to it, man. Black IPA, quick. All right, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk to Tom Kehoe. He's with Yards Brewing Company. And uh, I think we got some of his beer to try, too, right? Got a lot of beer in the studio tonight. It's going to be a a wet one, so to speak. (laughs) Hang in there. It's the session. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Brewcasters. Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. Since the first time the Brewing Network microphones turned on, more beer was behind it. More Beer sponsors the programming on the BN because, like you, they love brewing. And like the Brewing Network, they love sharing their knowledge. Morebeer.com isn't just a website to place your next equipment or ingredient order. Morebeer.com also gives you access to free beer information that will make you a better brewer. Go to morebeer.com and click into the Learning Center. You'll find podcasts, technical facts, video tutorials, and more, including access to The Buzz, more Beer's social network of more than 5,000 members. And some of them might even be crazier about beer than you are. Get over to morebeer.com today and take advantage of the buzz, the forum, the learning center, and make sure you're signed up to receive the newest More Beer catalog. More Beer, bringing you absolutely everything for beer making. Hi, I'm Jamel Zanishef, and in addition to my work on the Brewing Network, I write the style profile column in every issue of Brew Your Own magazine. Hi, I'm Sean Paxton, and when I'm not prepping for the home-brewed chef on the Brewing Network, you can find me writing articles on how to cook with your homebrew for Brew Your Own magazine. Greetings, cretins. This is John Palmer, and when I'm not writing for Brew Your Own, I'm reading it. John Palmer, Sean Paxton, Jamil Zanishev. If you love listening to them on the Brewing Network, you'll love reading their articles, tips, and recipes in the pages of Brew Your Own magazine. Join Jamil, John, and Sean eight times a year in Brew Your Own. And when you subscribe to BYO on the Brewing Network website, half of your subscription price goes right back to the BN to support great beer and food programming. So sign up for Brew Your Own magazine through the BN website today so you can listen and read. Read your way to better homebrew. Nico, listen, our lawyer said that we had to do this for one hour, and after this, we don't have to talk to each other for three more months and then to the next meeting. Kids. Come on, let's get out of here. I'm supposed to have more lines, so I'm the professional. 
Hey, it's Sully. And I'm Nico. And we opened the 21st Amendment nine years ago at 563 2nd Street in San Francisco, just two blocks from Giants Park, to make great beer and have a great time doing it. That's right, because to us, the 21st Amendment is more than just the right to make beer. It's the right to experiment, to be innovative, and just do things differently. And so now, we're putting our craft beer in cans. That's right, cans. You can find our world-famous Heller High Watermelon Wheat Beer and Brew Free or Die IPA throughout California and Alaska. And now it's also available on draft at select accounts in the Bay Area. So next time you're at your local neighborhood pub or good beer store, be sure to ask for 21st Amendment in cans. Because everyone likes it in a can. Tasty Crack Cans. Tasty Crack Cans. A vial of White Labs yeast is the key to your best beer. When you open a vial of White Labs yeast, you're giving your beer its best chance for a perfect fermentation. In addition to their already incredible variety of yeast, White Labs is proud to announce WLP 90, San Diego's super yeast, now available year-round. WLP 90 is super clean, super fast fermenting, with low esters and has a neutral flavor and aroma profile. It's alcohol tolerant and highly flocculent. For more of the latest White Labs news, click over to whitelabs.com, where you can read reviews of yeast, learn in the lab section, and join the customer club. And if you should find yourself in San Diego, White Labs has a brand new training facility for craft brewers and home brewers alike. Whitelabs.com. Discover yeast, nutrients, enzymes, and more for commercial breweries, home brewers, and homebrew stores. White Labs. It's all in the vial. I'm Jason Harris, the proud owner here at Keystone Homebrew Supply. We're thrilled to be entering our 20th year of supplying this great industry. And to show you, the Brewing Network Army, how much we appreciate your support, we're offering you 10% off your first order on our website, keystonehomebrew.com. Just use coupon code BNARMY at checkout, and I'll get your order out the same day. My goal at Keystone Homebrew Supply has always been to have a complete supply of everything a brewer could want. When you place your order online or when you come into our store, it's our goal to have everything on your list and more. One aspect of KeystoneHomebrew.com that we're really excited about is the ability to fulfill customers' exact grain bills. Do you hate to wait? Keystone Homebrew Supply can get your precious yeast and hops to you within just one day if you live between Connecticut and Virginia and within two days east of the Mississippi. KeystoneHomebrew.com I'm Jason Harris and I approve this message. This is Sit down next to it, grab yourself a paper towel, and watch those yeast have sex. You're listening to the Google Network. The session. Brewing up our next batch of radio gold. Right now. Welcome back to the program. Thanks for hanging out with us. You're listening to the session, and we've got Tom Kehoe from uh, Yards Brewing Company on the line with us. Are you there, Tom? Yes. Hey, guys. How you doing? We're doing great. How are you, man? Doing great. Doing awesome. You know, we were just in Philadelphia. It was my first time uh, there for the National Homebrewers Conference, and uh, I spent a, a good part of the week drinking your beer. Awesome. Especially the, especially the pale ale. I spent a lot of time. Your pale ale was at the hotel, I think, 
So I had a, uh, I had a ton of that. I'm opening a bottle of it right now. Great. I, I enjoyed awesome. it. Yeah, thanks for, thanks for sending us beer, Tom. Hey, you know, it, it'd be better to know who I am by trying the beer. <laughs> That's yeah, right. Thanks for having your marketing guy put about 80,000 pounds of packing peanuts in the, in the thing, too. Ah, it only took me an hour to unpack it. But the beer was safe. <laughs> but the beer was not broken. <laughs> I, I we, get, try, we try to take care. I get the feeling he's broken bottles of beer in shipment before and caught hell for it, and he wasn't about to have that happen again. Absolutely not. <laughs> How long has Yards been around, Tom? We've been around 18 years. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Beautiful. And uh, tell us a little bit about your history so we can just kind of get a feel for you. Were you a home brewer? Yep. Started out home brewing. was brewing in my dorm in college. And next thing you know, I visited a brewery and thought, wow, this is really, this is awesome. This is what I want to do. So Nice. And how did you get into homebrewing? A friend or? Well, I always had a passion for beer. Uh, you know, ever since I started drinking beer, we had guys that I was friends with that really, you know, started gravitating towards imports and then found uh, some micro, I guess, some uh craft brew that was made right in the u.s and uh was just couldn't believe it and we're just like wow this is awesome so it really got me into you know all the flavors just really got me into wanting to do my own beer got it and you said you were you were brewing in college so uh yes were you the most popular kid in the dorm then <laughs> uh for pre-gaming it's exactly what i was <laughs> <laughs> what kind of stuff were you homebrewing back then uh, we we started out just doing uh, extract. Uh, do, basically, started out with was the only thing around amber ale. Uh, started doing that, then tried a stout, and then right away we actually had a professor that came up to us and was like, "Hey, I brew every weekend. I do all grain. Would you like to come down and brew with us?" Nice. And we were just like, "Sure," and we started brewing all grain right away. Okay, and then you never turned back. Exactly. <laughs> You've been spending all your money on brewing equipment since that day yes i have a fine affiliation for stainless <laughs> right so uh you opened 18 years ago and what kind of uh what kind of setup did you have then did you spend a bunch of money on a brewery no we basically uh was me and uh, a guy from college and we ran up our credit cards took what we had in the bank and basically got a, what would be considered today a nano system it was about a three and a half barrel system uh, and really build it from the ground up. Got it. So when you say build it from the, from the ground up, did you kind of piece it together from non-brewing equipment, or was it actually a, a brewery that you could buy? Well, no, it was uh, pieced together from non-brewing equipment that we sort of designed, uh, you know, just followed uh, specifics in, like, the practical brewer, things like that. We had our brew kettle made for us. Okay. Uh, we also had our mash tun made for us. And we uh, incorporated a couple Grundy tanks at the time to be our fermenters, and then you know had a couple fermenters made after that. Got it. So after college, th- it sounds like there was no other plan for you. You left college knowing uh, I'm just I'm going to open a brewery. That's that. I, I really did. Uh, but the whole thing was getting someone to believe in you. Back then, right. they looked at you like you were a restaurant. <laughs> oh, I see. Or how are you going to possibly compete with Budweiser? You're just coming out of college. Sure. And I bet even just the coming out of college, uh, you know, stigma. Also, you're, you're just a beer-loving kid. You, you think you're going to make a living at this? Uh, yeah, exactly. That, that's what they that's what they thought. And we were like, we are. <laughs> right. And we're yeah. not going to compete with Budweiser. 
Okay. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's silly that that he would e- that would even be a question you would ask. I mean, does it work like that with any other business? Like, oh, I want to have a, a new board game. Well, how are you going to compete with Mattel? Well, I'm not. I don't need to. I can still have a successful, you know, smaller operation. At yeah. My, yeah I, except I that in ninety, didn't have the uh, bandwidth to actually, you know, realize that there's more out there. Right. Well, now and we've been fighting that with educating people ever since. I think. What was out there in Philadelphia in ninety? It was it ninety four that you opened up. Oh, am I losing you? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Oh, oh! Uh, I got a little bit of a. Uh, couldn't hear you for a minute. There you go. Now you're back. Uh, okay. What was the competition like back in ninety four when you opened up? Uh, very little. We were the uh, first one to open up in the city of Philadelphia with another brewery, which was called Independence. Okay. And. Uh, they, we were about the exact same time. There was somebody doing some contract brewing that was in uh, Philly at the time. Okay, and but it already had a base with uh, Dock Street, which was uh, you know kind of an established contract brew at that point. Yeah, I think I had uh, Dock Street's still around, right? Yes, they are. I think I had some of their beer while I was out there as well. Great. Uh, and of course, now since '94, there's a there's a lot of breweries in Philadelphia and, yes, and surrounding. So. Okay, and what about your size? Give us a comparison. Your three barrels when you started. What are you now? We're a fifty barrel brew house, and we're doing about thirty four thousand barrels a year. Wow, that's quite a that's quite a bit of growth over the years. Yeah, and it's really happened in pretty much the last five years. Now, be honest with me. When you're in college and you're you're making your business plan or you're trying to do this, uh, is this where you saw yourselves? Did you think you were going to have a brewery of this size, or did you just think you you would just stay small? Yeah, we thought we would stay small the whole time. We thought that, uh, I mean, heck, the biggest end of the microbreweries was 15,000 barrels at that point. And we thought if we if we ever got that big, it would be the greatest thing. And we just never envisioned how how much growth this industry would really have. Right. Well, good for you. Right place at the right time. Absolutely. Uh, you especially might, you know, not have been able to envision it in the, you know, the late 90s when it seemed like, well, we had our growth and, you know, now it's going to shit. Yeah. And and that, that was a big, uh, you know, you know, let's check our bases. Luckily, we didn't have enough. We didn't have many investors. We didn't have a lot of people throwing money at us. So we were just growing with what we had and we didn't have much to lose when the things were getting a little tough in the late, late 90s. Well, that's the good thing about starting small. Yeah. You, so you just how how did you you know you said you ran up your credit cards was that it or were you able to get a little bit of financing on top of that too? Um. Well, after a year and a half, we ended up getting some financing. You know, we proved to everybody that hey, we had a product out there. We had a little bit of a cult following going on where you know everybody we were we were the brand everybody talked about, even though there were some better finance breweries uh, right in our backyard. Why do you think that was? Were, were you you guys like the hometown boys? Yeah, I think it was. I think we were ones that were out there passionate about the beer. We were a little bit younger, so uh, and we didn't have the uh, big fancy equipment. So we were definitely the underdogs, and I think uh, Philly really likes an underdog. So I think that's uh, a big part of our, our success with that. Nice. Now, wh- what about, uh, you know, aside from being on a, on a shoestring budget then, what about other difficulties? Did you, I mean, it sounds like you were popular, but did you have trouble, uh, you know, selling enough beer in the beginning? No, we didn't really. Uh, I mean, we everything we could make was uh, pretty much sold. Uh, we started. We had a little 
uh, small craft beer distributor right in the beginning that uh, basically took us under his wing and helped us out, you know, getting us into accounts and, you know, just basically buying all of our product. Beautiful. Look yeah. at you, you lucky bastards. <laughs> <laughs> so what kind of beer were you brewing? Uh, we started off doing a cask ale. Uh, Extra Special Ale was our first beer. Um, the idea was, uh, you know, we, we didn't think that we were going to be able to compete right away with some of the, uh, you know, just basically like the basic microbrew. We wanted to do something unique that would set us apart. Uh, first thing we did, we we knew we were going to do an English ale. We did this extra special ale, which was a little bit uh, maltier than, I guess, a, a typical English ale. A little bit, little bit more alcohol. It was about... About six percent, and also we uh, dry hopped it uh, with a lot of East Kent Goldings. Really had a a bang and hop character, a little non traditional for English ales, but it really got us noticed. Nice. And so, were all of the hops and and, and most of your ingredients you were using back then English then as well? Yes, exactly. We used uh, Mutton's Malt, and uh, East Kent Golding was the signature hop in there. Okay. Why English styles? Is that what you were brewing in college too? Yeah, I mean, it was the I went to a small brewery that I, you know, cut my teeth in a little bit, which was uh, the British Brewing Company down in Maryland, and uh, that was the style they did. And really, that was what I was passionate about back then. There really wasn't a great American, any American pale ales or any, you know, crazy IPAs back in the uh, mid early nineties. Right. I mean, that was a that, that would have been, and in fact, now a, a good English ale, I think, in America is still unique. But back then, it would have been quite unique. Yes, definitely. So we have your pale ale open in front of us. We're all enjoying it. What can you tell us about this beer? Well, that's our bestseller, Philadelphia Pale Ale. We call it a non-traditional pale ale because it is not really, you know, that sort of sweet, a little bit darker, a uh, little bit, you know, aggressively hopped ale that you expect out of pale ales. It's definitely lighter in color. It's almost strong color. We hardly put any boil hops in, very little. Hmm. Uh, we get most of our hop character from the, the finished hops and uh, dry hopping. Okay. So is finish, like, actually just in the whirlpool for you guys? Uh, yeah, or last five minutes in the boil. Okay. And then it kind of smells like a hell of a lot of dry hopping. Which yeah, is, a lot of dry good. hopping, and it's, uh, you know, our, I'm, our signature hop is uh, Simcoe on that for the dry hopping and you know it's you can't overdo it but i, I think we we you know kind of hit it right on the head nate did you know simcoe right away when you tasted this not at all me I neither i guess that it's pretty amazing they've done their own thing with a hop that has such a unique signature yeah tom know. i'm a i'm a simcoe basher every yeah. time somebody hands me a simcoe beer i start shitting all over it i was wondering how you were drinking this in philly but now i know you didn't know i didn't know <laughs> it tastes great tom there's an untraditional base malt here i'm guessing too is that true tom that may be part of the reason why the simcoe just is in a different context um no it's a regular two row two row uh, okay yep and we're not using any kind of crazy malt in there just a a little bit of uh i'm sorry i'm sorry a, a little bit of toasted wheat within there and uh, a little bit of just uh, like a carapils. Okay. Maybe it's a toasted wheat. There's something that has a, there's a really unique. That's kind, kind of, of biscuity kind yeah, of Yeah, biscuity too. or almost like a Pilsner malt kind of quality to mm-hmm. it. But uh, Yeah, I would agree with the Pilsner malt uh, taste to it also. very biscuity. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. Is it a single hop? Is it Simcoe both in the dry hopping and in that late hop? That's it? No, no, it's not. It's a uh, you know, boil, boil hop is a little bit of nugget. Uh, late hop, we actually have uh, 
um, uh, some Simcoe and, and just a tiny bit of uh, Cascade in there. Okay. That's a good damn. You know, it's not hard to do, Tom. I'll be honest with you, but uh, you're ma- now you're making me look like I don't know what I'm talking about because uh, I really like this beer. It's got a shitload of Simcoe in it. Got you on the first beer? Yeah. I yeah. think I think Simcoe is overused so much because, and then it, it, it changes the quality of the of the of the hop. It doesn't make it nearly as uh, as uh, citrusy. I see. No, oh, this is a fine beer. Yeah. Hey, Tom, have your tastes changed? You know, now that there's so many hoppy beers available that weren't when you were super into English ales, they absolutely have. Uh, I, I, you know, it's 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 an art using the hops the right way. I think, and uh, it's really you know even doing the English ales the right way, being subtle about everything, is an art also. Definitely. Are you still doing a lot of English ales now? Also, we do. Our, our second best selling beer is uh, Brawler. I don't know if you guys. I don't think I sent that out. You did actually. I'm going to go grab it right oh. now. Oh, there we go. Ooh. Let's taste. What can you tell us about that beer? Well, it's it's a it's a dark mild. Okay. And I kind of knew years ago that a dark mild was not going to sell, just like an, a bitter wasn't going to sell because of the name. Uh, people don't want dark beer for the most part, and people don't want things that are mild if they're looking for a craft beer. So we ended up coming up with the name Brawler, and. <laughs> Billy. We thought that kind of worked as a great name for a mild. Beautiful. And the idea, we call it a pugilist-style ale, which means you can go many rounds. <laughs> Very nice. So what is a mild? Describe a, maybe a traditional mild and, and, and yours in comparison. A traditional mild is, you know, it's a session ale. It should be malt forward. It should have very little hop. It should be low carbonation, and it should be very drinkable. Okay. And I think I just described my beer there, too, also. Oh, good. All right, we're just getting it up here, so uh, we'll, we'll let you know about that, too. Uh, you know, uh, you get a – well, I haven't had this one yet, but I'm, I'm noticing it in, in your pale ale. And any of the really good, fresh English ales I've had, um, and usually that has been um, in England as opposed to here, a really bright hop character. You know, something that, that's not bitter but stands out as it's definitely hops that you're tasting – it's definitely the aroma that you're getting, um, even as it's a it's a malty beer. Um, are there are there tricks or, or techniques that you use to make sure that happens? Uh, I don't know if there's any real trick. Um, it's kind of just really you know you get to know your equipment, you get to know uh, how how hops are going to affect e- each brew, and you kind of try to marry them with uh, with, with, with the malt. I mean, you know, malt, malt's the, it's a huge part, especially in a lot of the English ales that, you know, you don't want to overcompensate uh, with, with the hop and just hide the malt. You want to kind of use one that's going to use both. They're going to bring each other out. Okay. So. Did you taste this yet, Doc? Yes, I did. This is up your alley. Yep. You like this beer? <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, he's described it quite well. You can go quite a few rounds with this, uh, it, and it's dark enough to scare a lot of people. Yeah, but it's not heavy. The aroma is fantastic, and that's that real fresh English ale aroma that that I like yeah. out of a good one. It's delightful, and I guess you know it's you're not reinventing the wheel with this, Tom. But I guess what I mean is a lot of times I'll get you know more oxidation and, and cardboard out of out of beers like this. They don't hold up as well, and this. It's just a stand-up beer. Thank you. <laughs> it's also got that fresh hop character. Yeah. What do you think, Nate? Yeah. Do you mess around with the water at all between these two beers? It seems quite different, but maybe that's just perception in drinking it. Uh, yeah, we, we absolutely do. Uh, you know, 
change change water profile, and a lot of it's uh, just you know calcium chloride things like that. Right, definitely chloride on this one, Doc. You think? By yeah, uh, we were Nate and I were discussing behind the scenes here. Oh, the first one, if you're going to use that water profile for the English Dark Mild, it wasn't going to do it. Oh, and definitely totally different. Okay, because the other one had more of a, a sharp bitterness you know pops mm-hmm. kind of has that sulfate quality yeah, right and you, you can't pull off the second beer with that kind of water profile okay and that's why we said hey did you mess with the water yeah tom do you have pretty good water to start with in philadelphia we have we have really nice hard water in philly uh which is great for ales uh we tend to uh, you know struggle sometimes with the uh with the ph it tends to be a little high so we have to acidify a little bit to uh you know get it to suit our needs. What are you using to acidify? Uh, phosphoric acid and sometimes citric acid if we need to. What would that be for us, Doc? The same thing? Could we buy both of those things at the yeah, Hoger mo- shop? Most brewers don't use citric acid. Okay. Uh, usually you stay in the lactic or the phosphoric acid. It's easier to get. Uh, if you talk to Colin, he likes to use uh, hydrochloric acid. But that's... <laughs> That sounds like uh, something you kill somebody with. <laughs> well, I mean, that's what I bleached my hair with but, in middle school. Yeah, you know, he he, it's a strong acid, and he uses the gloves and the and the goggles and everything else. But it's going to give you the the chloride ions in there. Okay, uh, or sulfuric acid is going to give you the sulfate. Got it. So you're adding things in there to mess with the pH, and you're also going to add the second half, which is those other ions, which are going to mess with the flavor. Okay, is this a common style? Uh, in England, it's a common style. It's not. Uh, there's not many people doing milds in the U.S. Yeah, and it's more East Coast centric. This is one of the few bottled examples I can think of, actually. Yeah, yeah well, I think we're like one of the only ones that does it as a year-round product. But I know a few breweries definitely do it as seasonals. You know, I wonder if that's going to change. We've been talking on the show recently about session beers starting to starting to make waves, and and more people talking about them, and more brewers brewing them. I think if that actually happens, the mild is a perfect style to revisit for a lot of craft breweries. You know, definitely. Yeah. And I think uh, you know when, when I go out and have a few, uh, I'm definitely going to the lighter spectrum on the beers. Yeah, you know, we've got Bitter American from Twenty First Amendment on tap downstairs too, um, which is not a mild in style, but it's a four point four percent beer, yep. and uh, be a good side by side to do to taste the different characteristics. Uh, yeah. Nate, what do you think about how would you classify bitter American as a style? Is that more of like a, 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 a kind of a bitter red? Yeah, somewhere meets maybe an, a, an English bitter with an American twist to it. I think that's kind of how they would pitch it, and I think I would agree with that in many ways. I think I have it in this glass right here. Actually, I forgot I poured. If it. If we're gonna have this much beer in the studio, we better have a lot of session beer. Yeah, that's true. Otherwise, <laughs> we'll be sleeping by the end of this. So I think I think Paul's gonna get us later with some bigger beers, so we'll have a chance to talk about those too. But uh, no, Tom, I wanted to ask you about this this mild. Is this uh? EKG or an English hop all the way through, or are you doing something different? Um, well, be, there is a little bit of nugget in there, but uh, for the most part, it's uh, it's English all the way through, East Kent Goldings. Cool. You mentioned nugget on the first beer, too. That's kind of a go-to hop for you guys in the brew house for bittering? It's a kind of a, yeah, like a uh, for a brew house boil hop, it's kind of our go-to hop, yes. And it's probably been that way for a long time. That's a hop that has quite a history. Yeah, it's a fantastic hop, and it keeps us real consistent. And it's not one that you, uh, I assume, are having trouble contracting like a lot of the American hops that breweries run into difficulty with. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but, you know, we, we're out five years for all of our, our hop contracts, and 
we've done a very good job of keeping that uh, that in check. See, I think Tom's no dummy. He comes out of college, never has to get a real job. You know, he opens a brewery. Uh, he's making beers that he knows he can get ingredients for, even 18 years later. Uh, I think you're doing pretty well, Tom. I'm trying. <laughs> All right, I got to do this. Let me take a break. I got to take care of a couple sponsors here. And when we come back, we've got a little more of your beer to try, too. And I'd like to talk more about Cascales with you and uh, yeast as well, if you can hang out for a few. That sounds great. All right, we'll take a quick break. When we come back, uh, more from Tom Kehoe, Yards Brewing Company out of Philly, and we'll taste more of his beer with you and uh, try to get some techniques. I think also Tom's got a recipe prepared for us, so uh, we should be able to get some good homebrew information. Hang in there. It's the session. We'll be right back. Listening to the Brewcasters. Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. BN Army, it's trivia time. What's the only homebrew shop with over 1,000 recipe kits, $4.99 shipping on orders over 100 bucks, and is also home of the Wolf Shirt? The one and only answer is Austin Homebrew Supply. For over 20 years, they've specialized in creating recipes such as the best-selling Texas Blonde Ale, Apocalypso, Hot Bomb 2.0, and Double Chocolate Stout. And they just recently unveiled their small grain kits that produce one gallon of beer. Visit Austin Homebrew to browse their extensive catalog of equipment and ingredients. They also have many clone recipes of your favorite commercial beers. They're the exclusive retailer of Brew Vent Yeast Fuel as well, Yeast Nutrient, and the all-new Bodybuilder. Follow Austin Homebrew Supply on Google Plus to participate in video hangouts on popular brewing topics. So visit AustinHomebrew.com today and make sure you sign up for their weekly email with news and specials. Austin Homebrew Supply, AustinHomebrew.com. Have you ever dreamed about attending the World Brewing Academy? This year, thanks to Lalamond and Danstar, one lucky brewer will make that dream a reality for free. Lalamond and Danstar invite you to enter the Beer School 2014 contest. One lucky grand prize winner will receive fully paid tuition in the 2014 World Brewing Academy web-based concise course in brewing technology worth almost $4,000. From now until December 13, 2013, every Danstar yeast packet you use is your ticket to enter. Visit danstaryeast.com for the details and to print your official entry form. There's no limit on the number of times you can enter. So get brewing with Danstar and get your entries in to the Danstar 2014 Beer School Contest. Whether you want to build your home brewing skills or build a career as a professional brewer, this course will change the way you think of beer and brewing. Enter at danstaryeast.com and get the dry yeast advantage with Danstar and Lalamond Premium Brewing Yeast and enter to win. Ten, huh? Getting tired of that same old handcrafted beverages day after day? Are you looking for something with more diversity than your normal beer? Fellow BN Army member Michael Fairbrother, owner of Moonlight Meadery, is reviving an entire beverage category. Mead! The meads at Moonlight Meadery are all handcrafted from the finest honey on the market and are perfect for any occasion, like weddings, baby showers, or... Excuse me? Mead is not your average girly drink, mister, and Moonlight Meads can be enjoyed anytime, anywhere. Football games with the guys. Yeah. Barbecues with the guys. Yeah. Operating power tools with the guys. Yeah. Um, actually, sir, that's really dangerous. 
Good point, son. Next time you have something to celebrate or are just looking for a new tasting experience, pick up a bottle of mead from Moonlight Meadery. Now in 21 states, making over 60 varieties of mead from dry, semi-sweet to sweet. Break out of that craft beer low. Grab a bottle of Moonlight Mead. Can't find some? Then ask. No, make that demand some. Yeah! Hey, my Bruin brothers and sisters, this is Jamel Zanishev, and I want to tell you about my favorite heretic beer, Shallow Grave Porter. I love the rich, multi-character of this beer. While full and rich, Shallow Grave has an easy-drinking finish that isn't too sweet. I've always loved my homebrew porter recipe, so when it's time to brew Heretic Shallow Grave, I started with that in mind, but I tweaked it with all my latest recipe ideas. Just like in homebrewing, I made sure we used only the finest malts, malts that would produce the ideal flavor for this beer. We used select British malts to get the rich chocolate and caramel flavors that we spared no expense. The result is a beer as dark as a moonless night with hints of vanilla, coffee, and chocolate. Perfect for a cool evening out in the woods. Cheers. Fifteen years, homebrewers have been served by one place in Michigan where you can buy yourself a serial killer grain mill. Adventures in homebrewing. Did you try all those great Michigan beers at the National Homebrewers Conference in San Diego or Seattle? Adventures in homebrewing delivered. Did you see a great false bottom in your buddy's cooler or brew kettle? Adventures in homebrewing delivered that. And did you see that great custom-built brew stand? Yep, Adventures in homebrewing delivered. Since 1999, Adventures in homebrewing in Taylor, Michigan, Ann Arbor, Michigan, and online at homebrewing.org has been serving homebrewers across the globe. Check out their innovative 2.5-gallon keg with metal handles, great homebrew kits, and the fully adjustable Serial Killer Grain Mill. Visit them in Philly for the 2013 National Homebrewers Conference. Not going to make it? Check out all the fun of adventures in homebrewing at homebrewing.org. For a limited time, coupon code BNETWORK will slam 10% off your order. Bam! Adventures in homebrewing. Join the adventure at the Great Lakes Home for homebrewing supplies online at homebrewing.org. And don't forget coupon code BNETWORK for a limited time. Join the adventure today. What's funny is Bruce just say, yeah, I don't brew to style. I'm brewing my own beer. And it's like a German Pilsner, but it's black. Yeah, it's a sports beer. beer, (laughs) The The home of a lot of beer radio. TheBrewingNetwork.com Because like beer, radio shouldn't suck. You're listening to The Session. Welcome back to the program. Thanks for hanging out with us. We're still talking to Tom Kehoe from Yards Brewing Company out there in uh, Philadelphia. They've been doing their thing for quite some time and making some some great beer. Uh, how, how far and wide are you distributed, Tom? Uh, we're just in the mid-Atlantic states. You are? Okay. And do you have plan? I mean, you've mentioned explosive growth over the last five years. Are you, are you planning to keep moving outward? Uh, yes, but very slowly. Um, we're still filling in the mid-Atlantic. We're planning on going to D.C. this fall and, uh, you know, getting the rest of Pennsylvania covered. And then um, north or south, that'll be the decision from there. Okay. Got it. We're not in New York yet. 
<laughs> oh, really? That's interesting because that's that's your closest uh, huge beer market, right? Yes, it is. Yeah. Okay. So, was that a tough market to break into? Um, I don't. I don't think it's going to be that tough of a market to break into. I think we, we're going to have some nice sort of pent up demand before we get in there. Right. Uh, but I think the thing is, uh, it's going to be a market where it's going to be a lot of volume if you go in there the right way, and it's going to be a little thinner margin because you're really going to have to get up there and. And sell the beer. You're gonna have to spend some uh, money on getting some good people on the street. Got it. And it sounds like your your point about you know that you're it's going to be a big market and you got to be you got to be ready for that, right? You can't go into the market and then everybody orders your beer and you don't have any, right? Or or, or not supply your current markets that you've been uh, taking care of all these years because you went into a market that's taken too much of your product. Yeah, that could piss some people off. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. Now you're the founder of Yards Brewing Company. Are are you also still the head brewer? Are you in there uh, on a daily basis or weekly basis? I'm not in there on a weekly basis. <laughs> no. Okay. Uh, but you know, still part of uh, all the you know decision making with the beer styles and everything that you know go in there. And if there's going to you know if we need to make a change, um, that whole process. Yeah, I'm part of that with the uh, with the head brewers. Okay. You know, I can tell the difference, and, and I don't think that, that one uh, one way of looking at a job is, is any better than the other. But I can definitely tell the difference when some of our founders come on the program and talk about the beer. And they're just, you can tell when they're less involved in the beer. And I, the reason I asked you, Tom, if you're still brewing every day, because it sounds like you are. You're one of the founders that sounds like you're you're in the brew house. Uh, my, my heart's there, but... Uh... <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but now you have to run a company, damn it. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. <laughs> See, after all these years, you did have to get a real job. Yes. That's too bad. They just, didn't, they just didn't tell him yet. Yeah, right. He's the victim of his own success. He's too good. Yeah. It pulled him out of the brew house. Yeah. So what beer did we open now, Moscow? Uh, the Thomas Jefferson uh, Tavern Ale. Tell us about this one, Tom. Well, this is one that we, we started doing a series of beers for the City Tavern in Philadelphia. Uh, it's on federal land. It's a tavern that uh, uh, basically does everything in uh, the style of the revolutionary times when when uh the constitution was being written the declaration of independence was being written they say that basically it was uh you know some of the late nights were spent there writing this document nice <laughs> so uh one of the things that's uh we we come up with some uh what we call original recipes to uh george washington thomas jefferson and uh ben franklin also had a had a spruce beer so we've uh you know recreated this uh recipe to be one of one of the beers that's sold there at the uh, city tavern interesting it says right here on the label based on jefferson's original recipe this golden ale includes ingredients that were uh, specified and grown on his virginia estate yes this is another fine beer and it's <laughs> what is it eight yeah, percent this one dangerous oh, yeah it's a big beer is that traditional as well to the recipe uh, actually, that is not. That is one of the few things that's really not as traditional. It originally was anywhere between 11 to 13% from what we could figure out. Wow. <laughs> how, how can you figure that out? Like what documents? Well, uh, I guess he has letters that he had written in the farm book, and also he talks about uh, the grain bill, that he uses twice as much grain as any normal brewer would. And <laughs> See, my he, man Jefferson knows how to party. Yeah, <laughs> people you know? think imperial ales are like a new thing. No, <laughs> yeah, he's, he's calling us pussies yeah, with exactly. his double grain bill over there. He's like I got away from these guys for a reason. I want to make strong beer. Right, that's interesting. This bar you mentioned sounds interesting. That they do everything like back then. 
that you made. Yeah, everybody's for. dressed in costume, and uh, you know, I guess everything that they make is uh, you know true to the times. I hope they wear deodorant, though. <laughs> I, can't, one... I can't. I can't uh, answer that. One. I think they have the same uh, bathing regime you do. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, so, you know, some modern luxuries are are here for a reason. And let's separate bathing and deodorant, Doc. You can deodorant will help with the lack of bathing. Oh yeah. I can shower in a can. Yeah. I can go four or five days no shower as long as I have a good deodorant. That's my, well, that's my motto. You have good friends that just kind of <laughs> yeah, don't accept, tell you about it. Accept yeah. me for who I am. <laughs> uh, now, we've been talking about cask ales and, and that this has kind of been your thing since the beginning. So I hope this isn't a stupid question. But around town in Philadelphia, are they served on cask and, and served traditionally? Yes, they are. We There's probably about uh, 40 plus uh, beer engines in and around Philadelphia. Uh, we are predominantly the uh, beer beer that's on beer engines. Okay. And uh, and then there's also uh, some other kind of systems that people have uh, drummed up besides even besides just putting a uh, firkin on top of the bar. Got it. Okay. And what about, do you do some of the same ales in normal uh, kegs then for other bars? Yes, we do. You do. Yeah. Okay, so you do both. And then, of course, we have it in bottles, so you you bottle distribute as we well. We bottle, we keg, and you know, we we you know, it's more the it's a smaller part of the business doing the uh, the cascale versions. Uh, so you know, that's a lot less of the volume. Okay, this is a unique beer, and I'm not picking up a strong alcohol flavor, so I like that. Um, I think that I'm perceiving spruce in there. I also feel like I'm perceiving Paul, maybe you can help with this. I know you got a good palate. It's not a spice. It's like it's like a little bit of that green chili. You know when you talk about coffee beers, uh, Nate, sometimes yeah. and you talk about that green chili flavor that's on your tongue? I'm getting just a little heat like that. And I don't know if that's maybe just like a menthol from the spice or if it's an actual I know what you mean. I wouldn't pick that out on my own, but there's a little bit of that going on here. What do but, you think? And maybe Tom, you could tell us too about how you're using the spruce in it if that's maybe what we're picking up. The spruce is actually in the Ben Franklin. It's not in the uh, Thomas Jefferson. Oh, it's not in this one. Oh, no. Then I don't know what the hell I'm picking up with that spice flavor. It's just maybe it's just oh, a, yeah. a big a big beer. <laughs> I mean, it just tastes like it's got some strength to it. What's going on in the grain bill for this? I'm have a hard time guessing what it might. Oh uh, yeah, it's you. It's you wouldn't be able to forensically uh, diagnose that beer without me telling you. I don't think. Basically, <laughs> Jefferson uh, wanted to make a beer with all the things he was growing at. In Monticello at the time, okay. so he has a lot of wheat in there, which is uh, about about thirty uh, percent of the malt bill. Rye. It's also barley. It also is corn, rye, yeah, and the rye. oats are in there. And oats, let okay. Alone, let alone that little ingredient that's probably throwing you for a little bit of a loop. There's a there's also a pound of, of honey per barrel in that. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're tasting the rye. There's just the enough, just enough in there to get that that, that spicy spiciness, rye. just a little bit. Okay. Oh, I never in a million years would have guessed honey. Yeah. What's the honey for? Uh, he was a beekeeper, and apparently we found out it was in the beer. So it, it gets the alcohol level up. Yeah. Mm. What's the percentage of wheat approximately? Uh, it's it's just about thirty percent. Thirty percent. Okay. So it's a little bit of a wheat wine in a way. Yeah. Am I the only one who Thomas Jefferson makes feel like the laziest person on the planet? <laughs> Pretty much all the founding fathers. Yeah, yeah drinking like, strong beer, hammered half the time, doing all this stuff. Right? Like, don't you yeah. just feel like a like a worthless douchebag when you read about these guys? <laughs> they just they did. Not only did they do all these important things for our country and and really you know help us get to where we are today, 
But they had a good time brewing beer and growing their own food. And yeah, they ran a big farm at the same time. They yeah. Had, they had some people to do the work. I don't even do my own grocery yeah. shopping some anymore. They did the work. They had some, pe- <laughs> they had some people helping them. <laughs> I guess. Yeah, they, they, were, they were Renaissance men. Let's not judge. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm liking all of these beers, Tom, and this 8% one's kicking in fast. Uh, that along with the vertical epics that Jade and Roberto brought for us from Stone. And uh, this interview is going to get good quick. Yes. Uh, <laughs> my hockey game is going to be a lot of fun. Oh, that's right. you got to go play hockey today, yeah. too. Oh, Championship. <laughs> now, in the in the early days of Yards, did you... I have in my notes that you were trying to resurrect old recipes back then, too. Yeah, we, we started uh, basically uh, doing that in about 1989 when we first got in touch with the uh, City Tavern. They were just having beers that were... Uh, I guess made by you know just common beers that were made by other people, and they were just calling it Jefferson's Porter, Jefferson's uh, Ale, and Washington's Porter, and things like that. And we were small enough at the time where we were we we basically approached them. They were looking for someone to really do this. We said we can really make the beer, and I'll sit down with you and we'll work work on researching. And they already had a couple of the recipes, uh, you know, from I guess Washington's recipe, which is in the uh, New York Public Library. And uh, uh, the Ben Franklin recipe, which was uh, part of the Philosophical Society, had written down a recipe for for a spruce beer that he had r- written. So right. we had those things going in the beginning, and you know, we did a lot of research together to find out the uh, Jefferson recipe. You must have been their favorite person at that time. They probably blew their mind that they didn't actually have to just call some generic beer Jefferson anymore. Yeah, they were they were really psyched. I think it, they you know, they they felt it brought them up a notch. So right, and it's a really nice place too. Okay, <laughs> a couple other things in my notes so that you guys are a hundred percent wind powered brewery. We are. We uh, it was funny when we this is our first fourth brewery in Philadelphia. So we've uh, grown out of each brewery we've been in before. And when we moved this last time, we had a group of guys with us that. Um, really wanted to go that take that take those extra steps and try to do as things as green as sustainable as we could and as we were going we found the opportunity to uh become wind power and you know get the pico which is our local supplier to actually you know outsource uh wind powers to take care of all of our kilowatts so when we were able to do that we said you know what it's the right thing to do, and we have guys that are willing to, uh, you know, do this for us. So we, right. we end up signing up, and it just, uh, you know, it got us noticed a little bit. We were Green Brewery of the Year in, uh, in Philadelphia, or Green Business of the Year in Philadelphia in 2010. Nice. And it's, yeah, it's really, you know, it's it's kind of rewarding when you're you're doing things the right way. So let me make sure I have this straight. It, it doesn't mean that you have... Uh, you know, a hundred windmills on top of your brewery. The grid that you're connected to comes from a wind-powered uh, plant. Yes. Okay. Exactly. So other pla- other places could do this too. It's just a matter of of being able to to lock into this grid. Yes. Yes. It sounds like a no-brainer to me. Well, the windmills have to be somewhere. Yeah. Yes. You know. they're, they're they're here in Pennsylvania, and they're there. <laughs> and w- maybe help me understand why wouldn't more places do it? Is is it just a limited amount of power, or, or is it more expensive? Well, in, in the beginning, it was a little bit more expensive. It was basically about five percent more for our electric bill, which is very expensive. I mean, we're we're energy hogs at the brewery, and uh, okay. But I, th- I think as things have uh, as we've grown and as we've gotten to a little bit higher level, it is not that much more expensive. I mean, we could be paying you know less than one percent more. 
I the see. Are nowadays. But that's a hard decision then in the beginning, especially for a company that's trying to grow, to shave off five percent to go over to, to go over to more power. Yeah, it's it, it's. Most people don't see us doing, you know, see themselves spending more for something that they can get, you know, right. Basically, for you know the normal cost. <laughs> now that's what I mean. You got to look at your bottom line and go. I, I'm literally taking five percent off of that so that I can do the right thing over here. Right. It, it's it's like recycling. It's you know you're going to do it or and pay for it or you're not going to do it. And right. You're a bad man if you don't. <laughs> That's right. Uh, now, I also wanted to go back. I know I'm kind of jumping around a little, but I'm just looking through my notes. There's a few things I want to make sure we cover. And with all this English ale talk, we haven't talked about yeast with you. And uh, uh, I wonder if you have a house yeast or do you use a variety of, of English yeast for your beers? Um, we we have a house yeast. Uh, it actually goes back to uh, there was a Strathcona brewery up in uh, in Vancouver that we got our original yeast with, and we, we've had that banked. Um, from what I can tell, our yeast has changed a little bit since then, uh, but we're still using that basic uh, that basic ale yeast. Okay. At, for all of your beers? For all of our, for most of our beers. Okay. Um, we, we do a couple Belgians. Uh, we do a couple uh, other beers that we're going to get uh, different yeast in for. I think you guys might have the Cape of Good Hope. I don't know. I think the last yes, yes the Imperial IPA we do have that. That's yes, coming up next. Oh my god! So that that one has a we we wanted to make that a West Coast uh, IPA in a sense, and uh, we definitely used what we call the West Coast yeast or the uh, Chico yeast. Oh, you, okay. One. So you brought so, it in just for that. Yes, exactly. So you're not afraid to keep a few strains in the brew house, basically. No, not at all. Yeah, we have a couple. So that classic <laughs> strain that you guys have been using is a. Uh, Closer to a classic English strain or something kind of along those lines, you think? It's probably hard to tell for sure. but Yeah, it's it's definitely a, 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 an English strain that definitely will give you a decent amount of fruit, but it's pretty clean. Do you, you know, know which of the... Uh, yeah. I'm sorry. I, I'm just wondering if the home brewer left in you knows maybe the equivalent of what we might find from uh, White Labs or something. Um, from, like, White Labs, it would probably to. be pretty close to... Uh, um, somewhere is in between the... 002 and I guess the 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 drier one. It's oh, a little seven. bit drier than the 002. The is that the London? Is that or is that different also? 07 is the dry English. It's just dry English. Oh, yeah. okay. exactly. It's somewhere between 02 and 07, yeah. maybe. Okay. And how do you like to treat your your yeast? You know, temperature wise, and and does it go through pretty quick for you? Do you have to wait a while for your fermentations? Well, sometimes it depends on the beer, but most most of the time for uh, for your, our pale ale or IPA. Our ESA, we're we're at about sixty eight degrees, and you know we kind of try to keep it there for the whole fermentation. Okay, so we're right in the uh, right in the white lab zone, right in the pocket, sixty eight degrees. <laughs> <laughs> now, Doc, yeah, even this IPA, I would say, is, as far as an IPA is going to go, it might be in your wheelhouse. Yeah, uh, definitely. Doc's uh, not a hophead, over and here, Tom, I so. usually shy away from IPAs just in general because we're on the West Coast and. It's way over my head so many times. But this, this is well-rounded. I was, I was pleasantly surprised by the sweetness of it. Yeah. Where instead of just being dry and hoppy, it's actually got a nice nice balanced sweetness. It does. And, and the hoppiness is not not in your face. Either. Right. 
Is this English ingredients too, Tom? Or are you going to throw us a curveball on this one? No, it's it's the uh, English or it's the well, so some English uh, malts in there, but for the most part, it's a Chico yeast. It's two row pale malt, uh, U.S. pale malt, and uh, yeah, just uh, just crystal, which is a British crystal, but uh, for the most part, it's uh, straight up. And it's a lot of different, a lot of hop in there. We got uh, uh, some Columbus in there. We have some, uh, uh, let's see, uh, I'm trying to think, Columbus uh, Galaxies in there and El Dorado. Okay. Uh, oh, a lot of new school stuff going yeah. on. Yeah. And at 8.1%. Per, 8. Yeah. yeah. No, hides, this hides one is actually well. hitting 9% this year. Oh, nice. Oh, is it? Yeah. yeah. Like, that'll add to the sweetness in there. and. Uh, it, this is a this is one of our uh, uh, beers we change every year. This is a seasonal offering. Actually, it's offered one month. That's its season, <laughs> and uh, we just basically brew a lot of it, and uh, we change it every single year uh, to be a little bit different. Last year was definitely a little bit maltier, um, but this year we wanted to make it you know as kind of west coasty as we could. Okay. Well, I wonder if what I'm picking up then when I say, you know, when I thought English ingredients is is house flavor. It's this might be one of those examples if you can't take the house flavor out of a brewery. And yeah. this has, it's, it, yeah. I mean, in terms of the beers we've had tonight, this has yards written all over it. <laughs> you know, I like it. I like this one too. I like all of them. Really clean ferment quality on it. Now, you guys don't have brew pubs or anything like that. You're just a, a production facility. No, we we have a, what we call a tasting room. Uh, we're not really. We have we have some food because we need to, but uh, we're not really a you know, restaurant. Okay, Good we're only for- open noon to seven every day. Good for you. Who yeah. who wants to run a restaurant? What a pain in the ass that is. <laughs> yeah, when you don't get time in the brewery. <laughs> That's right. All right. Well, since we're uh, uh, running out of time, I I do have one question uh, that came in from the chat room, and then I also wanted to get to our our recipe from you, if we could do that. Uh, sure. But one question uh, from the chat room came in, uh, and it goes back to the wind power. Uh, they wanted to know uh, about using solar panels, if that's something that you guys have or, or will look into or why you haven't done that yet. Uh, one of the reasons is we, we don't own the uh, the building. Okay. And, and it's kind of not our decision on that. <laughs> right. So we, we did the best thing we could other than that, which was the, to do the wind power. Okay. And, and did you look into it? Like, I wonder if that would have been even more expensive than the increase in wind power to do solar for you on that scale, you know? I mean, I guess uh, I guess after the energy is cheaper, but the initial investment is enormous to put solar up. Yeah, well, they were giving away a lot of uh, credits uh, and things like that and uh, some grant money to be able to do that. And we would definitely would have went along that road. Uh, but we, unfortunately, we, or fortunately, we made a decision to go go with wind, and it's uh, worked out. Okay. And wind happens 24 hours a day, which is great. I think Portland is going to start using bike power for all of their breweries. <laughs> have, you, have you heard that, JP? I have heard that, as a matter of fact. It's that, uh, but they're going to lube everything with mustache wax. Yes, and, yeah. Yeah, and bikes, you're, you're just going to see a bunch of uh, stationary bikes on the rooftops of breweries all over the city. Right. I figured now that JP's here, I'm allowed to start telling stupid jokes. <laughs> so instantly, when you sat down, they just popped into my head. It's all going to be run on recycled bike parts. <laughs> yeah, that's their whole marketing plan. <laughs> I think that's Hopworks marketing plan already. Um, all right, what recipe do you have for us today, Tom? Well, I have. To, 
honest, I didn't really uh, get the recipe like I was supposed to, but I Aww. I did quickly at the break jot down a jot down a recipe with percentages. Will that will that work? Oh, that's perfect. Yeah, no no need to go uh, any more in depth than that. That's fine. And I, I like your uh, your resourcefulness. <laughs> so <laughs> we'll basically do the uh, the t- the Thomas Jefferson recipe. Great, perfect. So we'll, we're going to start off with a 58% two-row. All right. Followed by uh, 30% uh, wheat malt. Okay. 4% corn, which is flaked maize. All right. 4% rye and 4% uh, rolled oats. Uh, the, the hop... Uh, uh, the boil hop is going to be uh, Chinook and Liberty. Okay. Uh, Chinook is going to be, well, we're, we're shooting for about uh, 30, 38 IBUs All right. uh, with, with both of those combined, but, but Chinook's going to be basically about two thirds of that, of that, uh, of that hop, uh, of that hop bill for the, for the boil hop. Okay. Uh, the finish hop is going to be just Liberty. And so that's uh, is that five minutes or flame out? That that that's five that's five minutes. Okay. Yeah. And that and that'll be just Liberty Hop. Got and, it. You know we're 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 wanting to get. I, I guess is uh, uh, I'd be using that. Um, I, I we're looking at a like a five percent utilization. So it's almost uh, exactly half of what the uh, Chinook and Liberty bill is. So. Uh, I don't know how to figure that out right that's now. That's okay. <laughs> but that's what I, I'm sorry. I, I had this down on my office, and unfortunately, I'm at home now doing this. You failed us entirely, I Tom. Did. No, it's okay. It's I fine. That's really a <laughs> that's a pretty close recipe, and uh, I think some people could figure it out. And then, and, and I would say just use the uh, the the uh, I, on this one. I would definitely use the the regular English yeast, the double O two with uh, with White Labs. Okay. And sixty-eight degrees, you said. Yeah, it's sixty-eight degrees. You want you definitely want to keep it. Uh, you know, keep some of that sweetness in there. Okay. Well, folks at home, it was a fine beer, so uh, I recommend taking a stab at it. Yeah. And uh, get some good fresh English ingredients in that in that malt bill because that was that was just excellent. So, uh, good stuff, Tom. Thanks for being on the show, man. I really appreciate it. No, this was great. I know loved every minute of it. Great, uh, folks! Every you can minute. go to uh, yardsbrewing.com if you want to look in uh, more into uh, the brewery. And in fact, I noticed this time just looking at your website, you, you have quite a few events that you're involved with. Uh, there's a breast fest event uh, that's on there. Um, yes, it looked like there was a uh, obviously a, a breast cancer research fund uh, for that. They looked like there was a like a barbecue event you guys are doing. Yeah, the twenty second, just in a couple weeks, we have our smoke 'em if you got 'em, which is an amateur barbecue contest. Nice. And we also do some. Uh, we have smoked beers on tap, and we do a smoke different smoke beer every year. This one was a recipe from our packaging manager. It's basically a smoked malt liquor, and we call it Smoked Forty Five. Very, <laughs> very nice. I love it. That's got good. Smoked. <laughs> smoke 'em if you got 'em. Uh, very nice. Head over to yardsbrewing.com and, and check them out. And go stop into the brewery and, and thank, uh, you know, Tom's probably working in the back, but thank somebody for letting Tom be on the show today if, if you're in the area. Tom, I appreciate it. Thanks, man. Thanks. It was great, guys. I appreciate it. It was awesome. Take care. All right.
There you go. Tom Kehoe, he's from Yards uh, Brewing Company. He's the founder, and uh, he gets his hands dirty in that brewery. He knows what's going on around there. So uh, go check him out and, and get some of this beer. This is fine uh, English-style ale right here in America. You know, I'm going to be in Philly in a few weeks. I'm going to stop by. I didn't make it there when we were there in June for NHC. Oh, he's got the whole tasting room, so yeah, no reason you shouldn't be there. I dig Brawler. That was probably my favorite. That was excellent. Beautiful. Yeah. All right, that was fun, and the beer was great. I'm glad they sent it over to us, so we got to really uh, enjoy it. I'm also still enjoying my vertical epics from uh, Jade and Roberto. <laughs> I still have four in my glass. It's hard to go. It's hard to taste that and go back to the English <laughs> ales. Of, so I was trying. I'm, it's just been waiting for after the interview, so I can get more to it. Sounds like I missed all the good beer. You did. No, you no, missed no. It. We still bad. have a barley wine that just came out of an oak barrel about a week ago. Oh hell yeah! Well, and Paul Sangster's still in the studio with us, and he brought a crap load of beer. Oh man! Uh, yeah, you probably need a ride home. Oh no, I got dropped off, man. Oh nice. Yeah. <laughs> so you're in good shape. Man. I'm ready for it. You're about to end. You're not even coming to work. You're ending your vacation, is <laughs> what you're doing, son. Yeah. Hey, I did our uh, Twitter game this week, and what I want to. Uh, now, I, yeah, I want to. You've now get to sit in my chair and judge me, <laughs> like yes! like I do you. Each Good. Uh, all right, so here was our Twitter game. Well, I needed, did you Twitter it? Oh no, I don't know how to do that. Oh okay. <laughs> <laughs> I just mentioned it on air, and I, I, you actually do something after you say it. Yeah, I actually I actually do things. Oh, uh, you have to you, have, you put it on Twitter, so then it's actually a Twitter game. Oh well, you could do it now, <laughs> and, and, then, and then you have to monitor the responses that come in and select them. But go well, ahead, I tell figured me what you'd it is. be able to go back and find the responses, but I, I didn't can. realize I actually had to put it in the Twitterscape. Well, otherwise it's just a game. It's called the Twitterscape, though, right? I got that right. I don't know. It can be okay. How do you spell it? I don't know. Shit. So here's here's here was your Twitter game today. Uh, it, it's that Tasty isn't here tonight because he's backstage at the Dave Matthews Band concert. Oh yeah, Taryn's <laughs> supposed to go to that. Oh, she should have gone with Tasty. Well, she didn't know anybody who wanted to go. Anyway, long she story. could be she could be backstage blowing Dave Matthews right now <laughs> with Tasty. <laughs> Wait, not together. That's not what I meant. So the Twitter game is this. If Dave Matthews were to write a song about Tasty after spending the night with him backstage, what would the song be called? Uh, what do you think? How'd I do? It's not bad. It's okay, right? It's not bad. We'll see what we get. <laughs> <laughs> is he really backstage at the Dave Matthews concert? So he says. Why? Why? That is exactly what I was going to say. Like, on purpose? There's some story behind it. I don't know if it's the backstory. Someone gave him ticket. I don't know what happened. Tasty goes where the ladies are. Right. Yeah. I think that oh, he's in heaven right probably now. Probably yeah. true uh, there. You know, he probably wouldn't even go unless he got backstage. <laughs> There's a bunch of dirty hippie chicks backstage with him right now. He's in heaven. He's a happy guy. <laughs> Have anybody checked Facebook lately? <laughs> See what's going on there? I hope he brought his Cialis. I don't think I'm he travels pretty sure he, Yeah, He loaded he pre-gained before he went. I think he keeps one, like, hidden in his cheeks. So he just, like, it's like cyanide. He can just bite down on it. And like a little chipmunk. <laughs> yeah, it's like that's his cyanide pill. Bevo, uh, you're good sometimes. Thank you. Sometimes. <laughs> All right, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk with Paul Sangster. We'll find out about, uh, is it, it's Riptide, right? Not Rip Curl. Rip Current. Rip Current. Damn it. Third time's a charm. Rip Current Brewing. Uh, We'll be back. Hang in there. You're listening to the Brewcasters on the Brewing Network.
for all the stuff you need to brew. Homebrewstuff.com, of course. In their Boise, Idaho storefront and warehouse, they have more than 750 craft beers and 8,000 square feet of homebrew products in stock. The staff at Homebrew Stuff are homebrewers themselves. They try out just about everything, including the beer, so they can answer your questions knowledgeably and correctly about brewing, kegging, and anything else you might need to ask. Don't live near the Homebrew Stuff store? Visit homebrewstuff.com online and take advantage of their $7.95 domestic shipping available on most orders. Homebrewstuff.com is a proud sponsor of the AHA, NHC, GABF, and countless other acronyms. So if you're a homebrewer looking for great people, a great selection, and great deals, head to homebrewstuff.com online or in person. Visit their YouTube channel for loads of free how-to and product videos. All of the stuff you need to brew. Homebrewstuff.com Do you know the three most important rules in brewing? Sanitation, sanitation, and sanitation. And no one does it better than Five Star Chemicals. Five Star knows sanitation. You can only sanitize clean equipment. And Five Star knows how to clean, too. For craft brewers and home brewers, Five Star has what you need to keep your fermenters, serving tanks, kegs, and draft lines sparkling and free of any beer-spoiling bacteria. PBW, caustic, acid cleaners, star sand, Santa Clean, lubricants and defoamers, pH stabilizers, and more. Five Star Chemicals has cleaning supplies, safety supplies, heat exchangers, pumps, hoses, and valves. And Five Star is proud to offer eco-friendly products that exceed customer expectations. If you have a cleaning problem, you need the Five Star Solution. Visit FiveStarChemicals.com or call 800-782-7019. 800-782-7019. And get the Five Star our treatment today. When Blickman Engineering set out to design a great brewing stand, they knew it had to be strong, adaptable, and last for a lifetime. The top-tier brewing stand is now proudly available at BlickmanEngineering.com. It grows with your brewing skills and equipment. Start with 5-gallon coolers on its heavy-gauge stainless steel shelves. Then move all the way up to 30-gallon pots on the high-output burner tiers. Speaking of burners, the custom Blickman Engineering top-tier burners are extremely powerful, efficient, and amazingly quiet. They have safety stops to center your pot and they'll last a lifetime and won't rust. The top-tier brewing stand allows virtually infinite combinations from traditional gravity systems to two tiers to completely horizontal. Configure your stand the way you want and have the freedom to change it at any time in the future. Your brewing stand should adapt with you, not force you to learn a new process. Visit BlickmanEngineering.com today to configure your top-tier brewing stand and to find a local Blickman retailer. You'll be surprised with all the flexible features and the competitive price. Start brewing with Blickman from the top tier. When I order a beer, I want my server to know more about it than I do. I want someone who enjoys good beer and loves helping others enjoy it, too. I want someone who knows how to pour a perfect pint for any beer style. I want a Cicerone. The Cicerone certification program is creating the type of people who help you enjoy great beer. Home brewers and craft beer lovers know beer is more flavorful and complex than ever, and it takes some serious knowledge to store and serve beer right. Cicerone's no beer. There are three levels in 
the Cicerone program. Certified beer server, certified Cicerone, and master Cicerone. Cicerones are truly the sommeliers of beer. The best beer locations have a certified Cicerone on staff. Relaxed and unpretentious, Cicerones are tested on storing and serving beer, beer styles, flavor and tasting, the brewing process and ingredients, and pairing food with beer. Learn more about your next beer guide at Cicerone.org. Certified Cicerone, because it takes top talent to present a perfect pint. By popular vote from the Northwest Brewing News, HopTech has been voted the best homebrew shop in Northern California. Serving homebrewers for nearly 30 years in Dublin, California, HopTech carries more than 40 different kinds of hops and more than 60 different grains. Malt extract, spices and sugars, hop oils and extracts. Open every day except Wednesday or shop online anytime at HopTech.com or call 1-800-DRY-HOPS, 1-800-379-4677. With in-store classes almost every Saturday, huge selection and a dedicated commitment to their customers. HopTech is one of the longest-running and passionate homebrew stores, period. And now, by popular vote, the best homebrew shop in Northern California. And don't forget their 15% military discount. HopTech. Visit today at HopTech.com. Mix me your 100-grain amber recipe, and I'm going to eat it. And then it can ferment in my gut. It totally works. The beer is almost identical to the grain sandwich. Your colon won't know what hit it. <laughs> the, the home of live beer radio. TheBrewingNetwork.com Because like beer, radio shouldn't suck. You're listening to The Session. Sitting at a bar on the inside. Waiting for my ride on the outside She broke my heart in the trailer park So I checked the keys to her ugly car And crashed that piece of junk and then stepped away Bartender really did a this time Broke my parole to have a good time When I got home it was 6 a.m. The door was locked so I kicked it in She was tripping on the bills I think she was high on some bills She threw my shit out into the yard Then she called me a bum and slapped me real hard and in my drunken stupor, I did what I should have never done. Now I'm sitting here talking to you, drunk and on the run. I'm sitting at a bar on the inside, waiting for my ride on the outside. She stole my heart in the trailer park. So I jacked the keys to her fucking car and crashed that piece of shit, then stepped away. i 
was meant to be. Romance is misery, so much for memories. And now I'm headed to the penitentiary. See me on TV, the next cop series. I am a danger. I guess I should have did something about my anger, but I never learned. Real things I'm not concerned about. For kerosene on everything I love and watch it burn. I know it's my fault, but I wasn't happy it was over. She threw a fit, so I crashed her Nova. And now I'm going back again. Back to the pen to see my friends. And when we all pile out that county van, they're gonna ask me where I've been. I've been at a bar on the inside, waiting for my ride on the outside. The bubbles in my beer And I'm seeing the road that I've traveled A road paved with heartaches and tears And I'm seeing the past that I've wasted While watching the bubbles in my beer A vision of someone who loved me Brings a long silent tear to my eye As I think of the heart that I've broken And of the golden chances that have passed me by Oh, I know that my life's been a failure And I've lost everything that made life dear And the dreams I once dreamed Now are empty As empty as the bubbles in my beer Oh, I know that my life's been a failure 
lost everything that made life dear The dreams I once dreamed now are empty As empty as the bubbles in my beer Yes, sir. Thanks to Tom Kehoe. He's the founder of Yards Brewing Company, and we appreciate him spending a bunch of time on the program with us today, sending us uh, some good beer. And uh, I really did like all those beers. I'd, I'd go buy a, a mixed variety pack of that any day because yeah, they were would. they were all pretty pretty well done. It's funny, your timing, JP, because you came in right a- after we tried all of the English beers, and it was back to IPAs, right? Oh, right good. when you walked in the door. Uh, before that, you you would have enjoyed everything he had to offer. Well, I see there's a bottle of Jefferson. Uh, oh, there you go. Yeah, give that a shot. That's a good 8% or 2%. So that'll, that'll start you off you know, right. Uh, there's about a 90% chance I'm actually related to Thomas Jefferson. Really? Yeah. <laughs> so I doubt it. I, well, now I want to drink it even more. <laughs> I want to drink his essence. There you go. Uh, so Tom also gave us a, uh, a recipe, a homebrew recipe, actually for that beer that we're talking about, the Thomas Jefferson. If you need a place to house your recipes and... Uh, Get your formulas all ready for brew day and, and set up everything you need to do. Go over to our old friends at Beersmith.com. You can use Beersmith 2 homebrewing software. Uh, that's the most recent one. And uh, download a free 21-day trial. Uh, Brad over there at Beersmith, Brad Smith, has figured out that 21 days is plenty of time for you to figure out how badass his software is. So get your free trial. Check it out. You don't have to calculate by hand. You can design amazing beers. Uh, you know, it, it, brew with confidence. Because all of the calculators are there to help you through it. I know Doc uses it now. I talked uh, another person into it this week. Did you? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's just so robust. It has everything a, a brewer needs. Well, they asked me how to do something. Do you have, do you, do you have uh, Beersmith? Right. And, well, no, not yet. I go, well, if you do that, uh, <laughs> this is what it's going to do for you. And then I don't have to teach you how to do that. But, well, yeah. when I was at your place when you were brewing the Roggen beer, too, uh, I remember you telling me we're, we're in the middle of the decoction, and I was asking you, how the heck did you figure out how much you're supposed to do and, and the, the portion and the timing? And you said, oh, I punch it into Beersmith. Yeah. There's and actually I, a decoction calculator. And I didn't even know it until I threw that into the recipe and want to do a decoction and then ask you, know, you want to do one, two, three decoctions. Uh, what's your, you know, your your volumes, and it tells you how much to pull off, boil it, throw it back in, and, and it was pretty spot on. It sounds like almost even I could do a decoction with Beersmith <laughs> brewing think you software. Could. Uh, almost. <laughs> well, maybe if you punched in all the numbers into the Beersmith for me. Uh, <laughs> it's not a miracle worker. All right, go to beersmith.com right now. Get your free 21-day trial. You know, uh, Brad's got a homebrewing book over there and a blog, and, and there's, there's video. It's, I dare say, he... Maybe I should be worried about Brad catching up with us on content. I mean, he's, he's doing a bunch of interviews and... Well, he probably makes money. Shit. Maybe we should drop his ass. Maybe we should make money. <laughs> Shit. Maybe, right? we, maybe we should at least talk to him for advice. <laughs> yeah. Let's get rid of the person who makes the money. Done. <laughs> right. Go to Beersmith.com right now. We love Brad and his software. Yeah. It's it's, uh, it's really good stuff. I think his recipe side of his site, too. I've started putting all my stuff in there. Listeners that want to read about recipes I've talked about in the past. 
You're uploading them there. I'm uploading them there, so people who want to check that out. Love it. Look for it. If you can't find it, let me know. What's what, it called? What would they search? Just Nathan Smith in the recipe database? Yeah, or just, search, just search Nathan Smith, and then you'll see it in there. Okay. Are you the only Nathan Smith, or is there a Nathan Smith? Yeah, there is Smith none that, other. There, right. right. Yeah. There's not like a Nathan Smith who's won several competitions. Right. Let me see. You notice that. Right. You notice that there's Brad Smith, the guy who wrote this thing? Right. And me. So, you guys related? There you go. Yeah. Great. They're married. Actually. I think Fine. when you start Thanks, winning... Thanks, I think if when you start winning again, Nate, we're going to start calling you Evil Nate. That won't be the Nathan we know and love. Oh, no. Anyway. I have to pay off we're, the devil to win now. We're all yeah. accusing yeah. him of cheating and stuff. Make a sacrifice. By the way, why are you not going to the NorCal <laughs> Homebrew Fest with us, Nate? I didn't get tickets in time, and then too much time went by. I didn't want to beg, borrow, or steal from somebody to get them, so I said, oh, forget it. You made yes. other plans. Yeah, I just made other plans. Yeah, I'm going Because I had a line on tickets for you, man. Yeah, I know. I, didn't, I figured I could probably... Get them from you, but I wasn't going to assume that. And then too much time went by. I said, forget it. I'm leaving on tour the next week anyway, so I have a bunch of shit to do. So. People still go to your shows? People still go to my shows. I know it's weird, right? <laughs> What's the band called again? Brain Oil. Oh, that's right. Yeah, we're going How to the East Coast. That? I don't know. Yeah. Are oh, you going to the East Coast? We're going to the East Coast this time. Yeah. You, you guys so. actually have a hell of a following when you go do things like that around the country. A couple of people show up. Yeah, it's pretty cool. <laughs> so we're going to go to uh, all the places you might expect on the East Coast Philly, New York, Boston. You still no. get road vag at your age? I don't know. We'll find out. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it might not happen anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but when, that might be my last tour. I'll know this is this is it, right? I would think Nicole should allow it. If it's your last tour, you should be allowed to get road vag. Well, because she could easily say, "Sure, go for it." If all you get, <laughs> right? She's like, "Yeah, just try." When does she no, come from the Midwest, though? And, and just, oh yeah, don't you know? <laughs> just get all the vag you can. And it's old vag too. Old vag. Mm, it's oh, very good. Mm. How old are you, Nate? Am I allowed to ask that? You could probably guess. 38. Uh, you're within one year, you're good. 39. Yeah. In which direction? Exactly. Oh, you're yeah. 39. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I'm glad because if it was getting closer to my age, the other direction, I was getting nervous. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, I don't want to look like Nate soon. That's no good. <laughs> could happen. We're, we're both destined for failure. Well, you have long you have long hair. You can just let it go a lot longer. I was thinking about cutting my hair today. I think about it all the time. Do you remember? Might happen on tour. You never know. It's you a remember? pain in the ass. That's why. Do you remember is, what yeah. you look like with short hair? That's what's stopping me. Exactly. I was at Beeb's house last weekend, and she has a little magnet of like the bobbleheads with you with the short hair. And I'm like, who the is that? Oh, wow. It's, all right. He's a meth dealer. It's the only thing stopping me because it's so. I, it's a pain in the ass, and then I got to have this little faggy ponytail when I put a hat on, and yeah. Uh, but there's nothing I could do about it unless I cut it. And you got to shower a little more often. You got to wash it sometimes. You got to clean all the hair. It's kind of a pain. Do, I don't want to do any of that. Yeah, I have a great, great picture of you with short hair. Oh man. <laughs> You're like 120 pounds. You look like you were a full-on meth addict. <laughs> did I have my braces you on, too? You had braces, too. Oh, boy. He did live in the desert. That's true. You see, oh. Paul, I haven't always been the Adonis you see before you today. <laughs> <laughs> it's great how your friends are keeping track of these yes. old pictures of you. Just in case, I they might actually, need it. That's not creepy or anything. It's, no, it's not creepy it's at all. It's so great that it's actually, I swear to God, it is... Um, on the mirror of my vanity in my bedroom like sometimes just, i'll just get ready in the morning and i just look at it and i giggle nice. <laughs> fuck you uh, did, did i have a shaved head because i did at one point in my life look like an aids patient oh, dear God, no. yeah but if that picture ever um right. arises i'd like to see it all right we'll come back to that later because uh vinnie chalerza was making was telling me i was ugly this weekend too but that's a whole other story <sighs> 
Uh, we'll get back to that. Right now, we've got Paul Sangster, our old friend, uh, home brewer turned pro uh, in the studio with Rip, uh, the, the all-new Rip Current uh, Brewing Company. Rip Current, you got it. Uh, down in, uh, was, did you say San Marcos? San Marcos, yeah. Okay. It's just off the 78. Most of the breweries in San Diego are off of one of the two big east-west freeways, and it's just because that's where all the warehouses are. Got it. So, so you're now essentially part of the San Diego beer scene. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's great. I've always wanted to be part of it besides just drinking all the beer. Sure. <laughs> I'm still doing that, by the way. Did you quit your, your day job to do this, or are you still kind of uh, moonlighting? Yeah, I'm still moonlighting. There's okay. no way I could do this if it wasn't for my partner, Guy. Okay. He moonlights also, and then we have four guys who are in there all the time. Wow. So, so what did you do? Did you buy a, a little brew house or a big brew house? I, I know nothing about this brewery. Yeah, we uh, we went to Premier, which is also in San Marcos. They make brew houses all around the world, and uh, we have a fifteen barrel system. Okay, bunch of fermenters, so it's a legit small, you know, microbrewery. We don't even have the stacked system. We have the microbrewery configuration. We have a separate hot liquor tank. Okay, so if you saw it, it looked like a regular small microbrewery. And did you buy fifteen barrel fermenters too, or thirties, or, or? Yeah, we. Um, so that, that's always an interesting topic when you go to talk to them because. They want you know they're always pushing you to plan ahead, but you only yeah. have so much money when you go in. Right. So we had we have two fifteen fermenters and a fifteen bright, and then we have one thirty fermenter, and we just ordered another thirty fermenter. Okay. And we have room for six more thirties. So. Wow! Wow! So so yeah. you planned in the in the footprint. Absolutely. Even as you not buying the equipment up, is yeah. a is a thirty double the price, or is it not quite that because they're they're building it anyway? That's a great question, and that's the reason everyone tells you get as big as you can. The price difference is like fifteen percent. Okay. For doubling it. So there's a good argument for always doing that, but you have to put in the infrastructure to handle all these bigger tanks if you're going to oh, do that. Oh, I see. So it's indirect cost. Okay, that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. Plus, at that, you know, when you're really, especially you're keeping your day job, you, you've gotten whatever money you can, even 15% it could, could be a big deal when, when it comes down to it. Adds up. There's other things that you don't expect that you have to pay for. Right. When you're dealing with permits and the government, you know, they want you to do things you would never have guessed and yeah. cost money. Now, why did you uh, open a, a pro brewery? Do you think that you're going to, is, is it to make a bunch of money? Do you, do you not like your job? Is it just a challenge? To get road badge. <laughs> to get road badge. <laughs> and I ask that because I think there are, I think people, I know a lot of successful, Jamil, for example, successful guy without brewing. Then he becomes extremely successful in home brewing, like yourself, Paul. And he says the whole time, I don't want to be a pro brewer. This is a hobby. I love it. But ultimately, he decides that's the path for him. And I think he has a lot of reasons for doing it. And one of them is, is, of course, to make money. I think other people have, have and there's just all sorts of reasons to do it. Why would you open a brewery? I, I think 90% of it is stupidity. Um, <laughs> the other 10% is somewhere in the area of, it's you know, my entire life I've just been like really into beer. When I was 11 years old, I started collecting beer cans. So if you come by the brewery, we have an entire wall of beer cans. Wow. People are like, where the hell did you get all these beer cans? I can't believe your parents let you keep those from 11 on. Like, well, the nice thing was my dad was had to drink a lot of them because <laughs> I couldn't drink them all. So, uh, right, okay. Although I did help a little bit. You gave him a reason to drink all those beers. You're right. Like, yeah, you got to let they have the collection. You know? Exactly. But he wasn't re- a big beer drinker, so he, he, it was kind that they did that. Cool. But my, my great-great-grandfather opened one of the first 20 breweries in the U.S., so I've always <laughs> assumed that there was something weird in my blood besides alcohol mm. that's driving me in this direction. Sure. But really the thing that threw it over was winning Ninkasi, and then when you win Ninkasi, you get a lot of attention, and investors come to you and say, hey, we want to we fund you to do this. Wait, wait, wait. Stop right there. Okay. 
They actually, you mean the phone actually starts ringing after you win Ninkasi, like just all on its own, or or you're going to investors with this on your resume? Um, in one case, the phone literally rang on my desk. Wow. It was a local, uh, a guy who owned a warehouse, and he said, "We, I really want a brewery to go in my, my warehouse, so if you can find some money, and I'll even help invest in you, we would love to have you in our, be one of our tenants. That's amazing. But it, otherwise, it was just uh, sort of word of mouth, talking to people, hey, sure. if you ever wanted to do it, I've got money, I'd be happy to do it. But once again, what a testament for, for what it means to, to win in Kasi. And we've always said that on here. We've always congratulated all of you guys that do it. But really, with the we do that because you're, you really have to brew superb beer to do it. So it just, and, and consistently. Mm-hmm. So it's always meant, you know, to us, to, to homebrew nerds, you really must be a great brewer. It's nice that it's actually credibility outside us homebrew nerds. Yeah, I think part of it is um, if you're established in your local beer community, too. Okay. Because, you know, so I, I had, like, things in the paper and stuff. and that Otherwise, most people would have no idea. Right. But um, So do you want to – I can only assume you want to quit your, your day job and, and really work this brewery one day. Uh, someday, I do, for okay. sure. I would love to do that. What is your day job? I forget. I'm an engineer. Okay. Uh, Nate and I were talking about technical stuff last night. Oh, yeah. All right. Yeah, I do uh, Android development, and I really enjoy that, too. Okay. And it's a total contrast, but there's just not enough hours in the day to do everything. Sure. The, the so. cosine of the pi is related directly <laughs> to the volume of the fluctuation <laughs> of the flux capacitor. Right. Anyway. You always have to throw... Every non-technical person has to throw flux capacitor into right. the nerd joke. And cosine. Right? Because that's <laughs> the only two things I ever remember from school. I'm pretty sure one of them is from a movie. <laughs> Right. But I don't, I don't, I don't, you don't know. know which one. I don't know which one. <laughs> so and, we, we actually saw the. Uh, did, did you see the vehicle? Yeah. Yesterday we saw the uh, the that, time machine from that movie. Oh really? You, I guess you can rent time on it. We were outside the of DeLorean. City yeah. The DeLorean with it the um, exact replica with the Mister Fusion mounted on the top and everything. And I guess their deal is that you pay and you can ride it around the block. Yeah. Oh really? And we were all like, wow, we want to do that. Of but course, you're yeah. time on a time yeah. machine. Yeah. Who doesn't want to do that? <laughs> yeah, it sounded really cool. In like a thousand years when they invent a time machine, people are going to do the same thing. I need to rent like four hours back. All right. It's a million dollars. Yeah, this was on Folsom Ave in San Francisco yesterday at City Beer. That's where Paul had an event for, for the brewery yesterday. And so they know where to go. They know where there's a bunch of people drinking beer who want to ride around a DeLorean. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Put the drunk people behind the DeLorean. Yeah. <laughs> That's perfect. Yeah. Well, Just it, when you're about to crash, it disappears. <laughs> well, yeah, well, right. Well, they know that no one's going to steal it because you can't get to 88 miles an hour in the city. It's impossible. Well, 1.21 gigawatts with, or whatever it was. Without going over all the hobos. <laughs> Sure. The, the new version is actually fueled by hobos. It's not garbage anymore. It's hobos. Uh, so, how long has beer been leaving the brewery at uh, Rip Current? How long have people you guys been on the market? Uh, we opened in December after uh, almost a year of just getting everything done. It okay. just takes a long time. Got it. And uh, right now, we don't bottle. We just do growlers, and we have a tasting room. We have about a fifteen hundred square foot tasting room. And so that's where most of our beer comes out. But okay. we also have uh, about 50, 55 accounts around town. It seems like a very difficult market, specifically the San Diego, San Marcos market, to open a, a brewery right now. I mean, it's a lot of yeah. competition. That's right. Yeah, I, I think a lot of people look at all the new breweries and say, why are you doing this? It's already saturated. Um, the way I always looked at it is, could I add something to the overall beer culture? Not necessarily thinking the competitive part, but could I reach out to people who aren't drinking craft beer right now and expand the whole market? Yeah. If everybody does that, then there is room for more breweries. Do you find that that people are looking for more breweries anyway, even though there's a ton of them? Or are you doing something special that's bringing people in the doors? 
Uh, it's a good question. I think a lot of people are curious about all the new breweries, so they're always going to come visit you. So you, you can expect kind of a bubble at the beginning. Yeah. But the true test is not what they tell you. It's like your like your home brewing friends. They're all going to love your beer when they're sure. talking to you. Yeah. But do they come back? Do they buy a pint when they're there? That's the real question. That's a good point. Yeah. And are you finding yourselves with repeat customers? And are are you brewing, uh, you know, often and and getting the beer out of that building? Yeah. Well, our sales have been growing across the board, and we um, we're fortunate that uh, there's a lot of great beer bars around San Diego, and there's an increasing number and it's like the who's who of the ones. Those are our best customers. They keep rebuying it, which tells us that their customers are buying it. So we're not screwing up too bad. Great. So, Did yeah. you have to have connections with those places? And I don't mean that you're doing anything illegal, but I mean, right. you know, is it that they know you, that they know your name, or have they seen you around? Did that help? It, it definitely helped uh, when we first opened. The uh, our, our initial marketing was crickets. We didn't do anything. We kind of opened and then. We got a flood of emails from local places saying, hey, we want to carry your beer. Nice. We didn't really do anything. And uh, we didn't really even have a salesperson until about a month ago. Okay. So we've kind of saturated the people who kind of either I knew or that knew of me or knew someone that knew who I was or that whole thing. Sure. But now we're in that next phase of trying to compete with people to get on tap at like a restaurant. And so far, that's going really well. You said you have 50 accounts right now, approximately. Mm -hmm. And that's just 10 months into... The first right. year. Yeah, nine and months. And that's without a dedicated salesperson in the beginning, at least. That's right. right. That says a lot, that's I amazing. think. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. No, there is room. It just, but in San Diego, um, it's all about quality. So anybody can get an account, but if you can hold the account, because right. people mm. really expect the beer to stand out, and it's tough because there's so many great beers there. So by comparison, the Brewing Network has been, uh, its doors have been opened, its various doors, for eight years. We have nowhere near 50. Uh, uh, accounts, so to speak, sponsors. <laughs> However, as Jade will attest, our sponsor retention is fabulous. Fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> HopTech has been with us for years. Uh, but, um, boy, why don't we have 50 accounts, JP? What are we? we don't have a salesperson, man. We don't have a salesperson. Oh, did you hire a salesperson? Is that the secret? Uh, I can't admit to that. <laughs> <laughs> Again, it's, whole, it's the whole thing with money. I should read a book. You, I, you know, I have a book you can read. Any book. It's just called, a book. All the places you'll go. <laughs> I'm going to read that you book. You should. Uh, oh, all the places you'll go. Yeah. Okay. What kind of beers are you focused on? A, a specific type, or are you all over the board? Well, uh, this is going to sound weird unless you ever came to my garage, but if you, in the old days when I was a home brewer, I had 18 beers on tap at home all the time because I was trying to brew all every style. And what we kind of did was... We opened this place with the eye towards having variety so that people would come back not only to retry their favorites, but come back because they knew every time they came in there'd be something different. Ah. So one of the things we do that homebrewers would love is we, we have a more beer system, my old more beer system, and we brew on that almost every week. Okay. In, and we do everything like a homebrewer would all the way into corny kegs. And then we have one tap at the tasting room that we rotate between styles, five gallons at a time. Right. So you know you're going to get something that you haven't had before because it probably wasn't ever on before. That's a great hybrid. You know, we've had folks, professionals, come in here and say, oh, we're, we're just going to do new stuff all the time. And Yeah. I kind of like the concept. But even with my homebrew friends, let's take Tasty, for example. And, and everybody who knows Tasty, we all want his Janet's Brown to be on tap all the time. Mm-hmm. But if he experiments with something... It's the first thing we want to taste. Also, we're so we'll taste anything the guy brews. So we want we want the experimental, but we'll be disappointed if we leave his brew house having only tasted his experimental new batch and not gotten to try Janet's Brown. Right. So it's a good hybrid that you're doing. Get those standards in there, but if people rely on those standards and they know all the beers you produce are good, 
I'm going to try the new one every time, too. Yeah, we have 19 on tap right now, which is a lot for a little brewery. Um, but So what I think is people will come back because they know they're going to get to try one or two they haven't had before. Right. And maybe they'll just do a sampler of that, and then they'll get a pint of whatever their favorite is. Got it. So It sounds like you've watched Field of Dreams a lot, and you just <laughs> you thought if, I, if you built it, people would come. Uh, we've tried that sort of idea. <laughs> right. <laughs> is the more beer system your old uh, your Ninkasi homebrew system that's in the? Show? Yeah, it is. It is. We just scaled it up a little bit because um. So I had a I had the old uh, twenty gallon system. No, fifteen gallon system. Fifteen fifty. Oh yeah. And so we had to take it up because you know twenty gallons goes in an instant. Oh, I bet. Tasting room. Can you with the same stand? You can just scale up the kettles. Is that yeah. what you did? Yeah, that's the way they originally designed. Well, it's the way the re- the current generation it was designed. Is that the flat system you have, too, or is it... The two-level. It's the two-level, okay. Yeah, it has the tippy on the top. Yeah. And the hardest part is you have to replace the kettles, which is no big deal, but then you also have to replace the basket that holds the ke- the mash or the mash tun that's on the top. Right. And so it wasn't too expensive, and it worked great. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's, we're using it all the time now. And are those the wide kettles, or are they kind of tall and slender, like my, te- uh, I guess mine are, what are they, 15-gallon or something? You may have the old, what they call Italian kettles, which are the taller, skinnier ones. That's yeah. what I have. And I have the Megapots, which is the generation right after that, which are the triple-clad stainless aluminum stainless. Got and it. They're a little lower and a little wider. Okay. Yeah, you didn't rate that. No. <laughs> In fact, I mean, I have Jamil's first system, so I, I literally have one of the, I don't know, JP could maybe attest this. I don't want to say it's one of the very first 1550s, but it's up there. I mean, it's close to the original design. It was right? one of the first iterations, I think, and yeah. and it was, I think, the first that had any semblance of automation to it. Oh yeah, I think it was, okay. it was kind of you know in that realm. And the automation still works. I don't know how to work it, but I know it works. You've yeah. seen it work. I've seen it work. <laughs> I've definitely seen it work. <laughs> well, I, I saw a video about some guy reading about it, but yeah, that's, you know, but right. <laughs> I'm te- you know what? I'm going to make it my goal to read a book this week. Fuck. Any- I have a book you can read. I have any- a couple. Any book. I think it's going to help us out a lot. Right. We're going to have a meeting next week about me reading a book. Book club! And we'll see if the company grows. Book club! Because that's all you have to do, right? Uh, let's do hey, a book club. <laughs> first rule about book club? Don't talk about book club. <laughs> right. But no, it's just going to make them all confused for next week. <laughs> all these emotions Bad are coming idea. to the surface. Bad idea. What other beer did you bring? Well, then he's oh. going to start to think he's better than us because he read a book. <laughs> so he well, can think all he wants. Is this your beer here? In the book I read, yeah. I just wanted to say that ordering sandwiches is really difficult. So that's know. Bonzer Pale Ale, which yeah. is a uh, 5.5%. I actually bought it for JP, so I'm glad he dropped in. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, it's yeah. low alcohol, and it's made only with New Zealand hops. Paul, uh, well, I, and I Australian. I wouldn't miss your beer. Oh, cool. There are some people on staff that would, but I would not do it. We have a double IPA coming out. So. <laughs> I'm not pointing any fingers. Why only New Zealand hops? Um, well, two two reasons. Well, why One not? Is, yeah, it's basically that. I, I love them. And Lord of the Rings was awesome. <laughs> right. <laughs> I was going to say Harry Potter, but yeah. Um, <laughs> no, the, the reason is uh, that right now pro brewers are getting their crops of uh, Australian New Zealand hops. So every if you go out and see an Australian New Zealand hop beer now, you know it's going to be really fresh hopped. Okay. So it's a great time to make those styles of beer. And we were, we were brewing like crazy with like Nelson. This has Nelson Machuica and Pacific uh, Gem in it, and we just got our Galaxy contract, so we're just stoked to just be using those like crazy. And this is a pale ale. Yeah, this is a pale ale. It's kind of on the. It's a dry hopped pale ale. So you're right on. The, I'm saying you're teetering on the IPA pale ale fence. Uh, absolutely. With this beer. Yeah, this is yep. in the kind of in the realm of blind pig or almost a you know a yeah. Drake's 1500 kind of a style beer. Definitely a pop forward. 
but 5.5 percent exactly takes it below oh, yeah? an IPA, slightly lower. Yeah. Okay, yeah, that's why. So okay. our actual IPA, which is coming, which you guys had two or three weeks ago, is 8.2 percent. And wow, it's hard to argue that's really an IPA, but we do argue that because we have double and triple IPAs. So that are that are what 10 and 14 or something or 12 uh, and the double you're going to try next, and it's 9.2. Okay. We just made one that's 10, that's a double IPA, and then we're going to do an 11.2 or 3. And we haven't really talked about that publicly yet, so hopefully no one's listening. But that's coming later. <laughs> Nobody listens to this. You're right, I didn't think yeah. so. No. <clears throat> you know, sorry, this, one, going on? this one does something that's interesting. Usually I'll say that I get a lot of hop character and it's not too bitter, but then the aftertaste turns bitter. Exactly. This one, in my opinion, does a little bit of the opposite. It tastes bitter on my palate right when I, right when I have it. But the aftertaste is very mellow, and and so I so I I like it because it ends up kind of smoothing out and going away, and it doesn't end up tasting like a bitter beer in the end. It's sort of flip flopped for me. So there's two things that we do that are relevant to that. One is kind of one of our one of our main themes for the brewery. But uh, all of our hoppy beers, we tend to target the lower edge of bitterness and the high edge of flavor and aroma. Okay. Because we think that the people who don't like hoppy beers, they really don't like bitterness because yep. they get that at the end. Sure. But the other thing that's really relevant for where I live in San Diego is we have very high uh, sulfate, like 300 plus part, parts per Ouch. million of sulfate. Ouch. And our calcium is like in the 70s. What would a normal sulfate be if uh, that's high? Below 90. Wow. Yeah. Okay. You get down into single digits in the yeah. water in this region in many yeah, places. Yeah, because we got snow melt, so we don't have a lot of stuff. And okay. 300 you got to deal with. It's not just, oh, I'll just make some beer. Okay. So this this is this part's, last part's probably a plug for Palmer. Um, you know, I got really hooked on the water spreadsheet. And as a home brewer, what I would do is um, come up with a water recipe for every beer. So, like, you'd figure out what's the flavor profile that you want to get, what grains get you there. Well, the water recipe is equally as important because of the seven seven brewing ions. So you want to target, if you're making a sweet beer, you want to target the ions that promote sweetness in your beer. But the problem is in San Diego with 300 parts per million plus of sulfate, if you're doing a two to one calcium uh, chloride to sulfate ratio, that's 600 parts per million, and that's a minerally mess. Okay. So what we do is both as a home brewer, what I did, and what we do in the pro brewery is that we have a water system where we can create RO, and we have an a way to auto blend carbon filtered water with RO water for every batch into a. We have a blending tank, and then that blending tank becomes the base water for whatever beer we're going to make. So we can make it so that the ions are as close as we can get them to what we want for those seven ions, and then we can do minimal salts to tweak. Got it. And that's that's helped a lot. And that actually, I think what you just said is exactly how you can tell that. Oh, yeah. It's more soft at the finish. You know, Doc, you probably noticed that, I too. I think I just water. finished. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> with, just, with, that's awesome. With that, yeah. the ability to do that with oh, water, Oh, my mean? God, yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, because you can do anything you want. But you have to with 300 parts per million just in the base. If you, you can guess at diluting yeah. and... Yeah, that's only going to cut you down so far, but having... To be able to dial it in like that. Well, he, he said something very true. Every beer I do is, is I have a water recipe for everyone. What do I want to do? What my, my malts are going to get me somewhere. What's my base water? Yeah. And and you're 100% RO. Yeah. So he has a little more flexibility because of this blend. Right, but you have to dial in. The the water recipe is as important as, yeah. as, as the malt recipe. Okay. Yeah, so I think the one difference between us is that, and we could talk about this off air, but um, so 100% RO, if you were to, I'm an engineer, sorry about this, bar graphs, okay. all the different ions, you're basically like a flat line. Right. right? So you have nothing. Um, so if you're going to use 100% RO and you're going to make, a, say, a sweet beer, you want to add more ions than just the sweet ions. You want to make sure that 
the water's not too overly soft. Yep. So instead of kind of doing a mix of gypsum and a sweet beer just to kind of give it a little more character, we just cut back the uh, the today our city water with RO to get the the level so we have kind of a bar graph where we're getting all the ions just in lower levels and then we can add enough chloride to get the ratio we need without it being overpowering and not minerally got it and this is not normal thinking in the pro world but it is in the homebrewing world but that's what i was going to ask if this was like common for other san diego breweries to install this this type of a system we don't know of anyone doing exactly what we're doing okay and we spent a lot of money like that extra 15 percent on the fermenters yeah on water so we have a very elaborate uh big Carbon filter, uh, redundant water softener, uh, uh, microbrewerywater.com's water RO system, and then we have batch controllers and all this stuff to kind of auto blend everything. For okay, so, so do you have a computer want. program that just you can dial it in what you want and it'll blend? We actually no, no, not not quite that advanced because I want to stay in control. I don't like kind of letting everything. I'm a computer guy. I don't really trust the software too much. No, I mean, I mean but, you know what you want. You can dial yeah. it in, and it, it'll help do it for you. We still eyeball it, but we do have these things called batch controllers where we can say we'd like 100 gallons of RO, and we'd like 150 gallons of carbon. Yep. And then it's got one of those little paddle wheels that are built into mm-hmm. the pipes, and it kind of tries to measure the, the flow of the water going in. Yep. I still don't trust it that much, so we eyeball it. We have a sight glass, so we eyeball too. But he wastes a lot less water that way. RO is a lot of real wasteful on water, and if he can blend with, you know, the city water, yeah, he, he'll, he'll waste a lot less water that way. Okay, that's right. Well, I the way this beer finishes, I like that it allows me to pretend to be a hophead again because the <laughs> yeah. bitter it doesn't finish all bitter, and then I go, oh, no. I, I get it. I can I taste all that, and 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 I'm not as opposed as 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 some others about IPAs. I like them too, but. This is one where I can get that nice bitter flavor, but since it goes away uh, in the finish, rather than increase, I can pretend to be a hophead again. Thank you, Paul. Well, and it it it, uh, it lets you enjoy sip after sip. You don't get palate fatigue. You're not yeah. going to get worn out drinking this beer. It doesn't feel like it's accumulating with right. every yeah yeah absolutely. And you can drink a lot of it because it's not eight million percent like IPAs <laughs> are. So what do you uh, say the IBUs are on this? Uh, it's probably around forty. So okay. it, it's yeah. not super high, but it's just a lot of perceived uh, IBU in yeah. the, on, yeah. on the, when it's actually on the palate. It's a good flavor. The, the sulfates yeah. will yeah. pop the that, key. and okay. the, the water profile can push that, so you don't have to use as many hops. You can it's perceived. And there's the other thing that, and maybe this isn't true for most people, but for the for just the people we see at the tasting room, we get a lot of people that say, oh, "I hate hoppy beers. I don't even want to try them." Yeah. We say, "Well, just try this a little bit while we pour you your other ones," and. Um, but they basically, they I think they kind of equate. Oh, if I can taste hops, then I know it must be really bitter. So when they <laughs> when they go to try it, they think, oh, this is going to be really bitter, and then they're surprised. It's really not. And I think it's like we talked about the softer yeah. water and the sulfate levels mm-hmm. being under control. And well, with all the talking that we do about uh, hops and IPAs being trendy and the thing and so easy to do, I think the reality still remains that a, a very skilled brewer and a very uh, you know a, a talented brewer can make an awesome IPA that that even JP would, would will mention. You know what? This is well done. You did a good job with this, and there's something unique about it. And uh, you know, this is this is one of those. And I, I so it's. I think. I guess what I'm saying is, I hate for us to sound like we're always just dismissing all all IPAs. That's not the case. But a, a skilled brewer can really still do wonderful things with it. You know, and make it taste unique like this one. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, you can not like something, but still appreciate. Yeah. How well it's done. Well, there's yeah. definitely a market people that just they want more hops. They want the big hoppy forward thing and hops. they'll take anything but but hops and bitterness like you were saying there's different different 
kind of connotations on that one. Yeah. Uh, when I get at this thing, it just it lays on my tongue. It's just hot, bitter. Uh, right. It's just. It, but on the other hand, I get ones that are just very flavorful. Yeah. Really hop flavor, but not have that palate killing kind of thing. I'll, I'll finish a whole one and. Right. I'm not going to order two. Because that's, that's just not me, but I, I, there's some that I just can't even finish. Yeah, yeah. There's just no way. Uh, but this this is very well balanced with that. It's it's more flavorful rather than just a this bitter hot bomb. And yeah. at at 40 IBUs, it it tastes more than 40 IBUs. Mm-hmm. And that's from the water profile. Although, Paul, we've had two vertical epics between us, so <laughs> your beer could be shit. We don't know. Hey, I, I had them too. <laughs> <laughs> Great. No, this is good stuff. All right, let's do this. We'll talk a little more with Paul when we come back. I got to take one more break. We got to do uh, a little bit of feedback when we come back as well. Ooh, feedback. We'll, uh, we'll find out uh, more about Rip Current. Uh, are you guys gonna? I, I know you did a couple events up here uh, this weekend. That's why why you're here. But are you distributing up here? Or? No, I've been answering that question all weekend long. At okay. this point, we haven't made any decisions on that. But I have a lot of friends, relatives, people like you guys that we really wanted to get the beers up here. And okay, we had two great locations say, "Hey, we'd love to help you with that." And so, right. We just got lucky. I do hope you decide to send us your beer. It's good stuff. Hang in there. It's the session. We'll be back more with Paul, plus feedback and your Twitter game. And I think I had one other thing to do, too. Hang in there. Uh, I'm teasing the one other thing. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Brewcasters. The Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. Brewing announces their first customer recipe issue since 1991. This free 64-page catalog includes 27 of the best homebrewing recipes submitted by their regular customers. Best of all, this paper-only catalog is free for the asking. Just go to williamsbrewing.com and click on the free customer recipe issue link. This offer expires October 18th. While you are on the site, check out some of the latest exclusives like the Williams Oatmeal Stout Malt Extract, the Big Oxygen System, and they even have their own line of precision hydrometers. Go to williamsbrewing.com to browse their vast selection and enjoy their famous customer service. That's williamsbrewing.com. Orders placed by 4 p.m. Pacific Time weekdays ship the same day. Brewing is easy. The Williams way. Know the Brewing Network's very own Code Writing Fool's son, Ryan Wolf, has opened a beer mecca in Missouri. The Wolf Brow House of Beer has hundreds of beers from all over the world and is conveniently close to I 70 in St. Peter's. Free tastings Saturdays, 4 to 6 p.m., featuring special guests from local breweries. The best build your own six pack around with every style represented. And kegged craft beer available for your kegerator, too. There's always something new at the Wolf Brow House of Beer. New and hard to find beer every week. No two visits are the same, just like passing out at the Rat Pad. Hi, this is Ryan from Wolfbrow House of Beer. Mention the Brewing Network when you stop in for some cool free stuff. Mention JP for a swift kick in the ass. The Wolfbrow House of Beer. Beer with personal service from a member of the BN Army. This is code. Visit my son's shop or I'll yank the fuck BN website down. www.wolfbrow.com 
Here's a bite for beer lovers. Soft caramel made with real craft brew and coated in chocolate. And hop drops. Hard candies made with real hop oil. Introducing Beer Candy from BeerCandy.com. Beer Candy's amazing caramels come in four mouth-watering flavors. IPA, bitter gold wrapped in smooth white chocolate. Lager, made with a familiar beer from Boston and coated in milk chocolate. Lambic, soury Belgian goodness full of fresh raspberry and dipped in dark chocolate and stout roasty cocoa chocolate insanity hop drops are made with fuggles or cascade hops and are known as the candy that bites you back choose from sampler and full sizes of both and make your mouth jump to life all at beercandy.com hop drops and beer caramels satisfy your sweet tooth as only a beer lover could with beer candy visit beercandy.com today What'd you get? More brewing ingredients? Yep. You know what I love about Brewmaster's Warehouse? The $6.99 shipping. Well, yeah, but... Oh, the in-store classes for beginning brewers. Yeah, that's cool, but... Oh, oh, the brew builder. Creating and saving your recipes online is awesome. No, I'm... Yes, but... The cheese-making supplies. No. Oh, the wine-making supplies. Oh, the distilling equipment and liquor flavorings. All that stuff is awesome, yes, but what I really love is that the guy who runs it is totally hot. And, and that brew builder software is awesome. Oh, yeah. Brewmaster's Warehouse brings you flat rate shipping on great equipment and ingredients to make beer, wine, cheese, and spirits at brewmasterswarehouse.com. And if you're in Georgia, stop by Brewmaster's Warehouse Monday through Saturday from 10 to 6. Visit brewmasterswarehouse.com today because it's totally hot. Oh, yeah. Hey, Wooly, I'm beat. Can we find a nice tree to just hang out in for a while? You're beat? I've been swinging through this forest for 50 years, ever since we... Ever since we first escaped from the circus. I know, I know, but there's got to be more to life than exploring this creek and trying to populate the valley by copulating with loose, hairy girls. Mark, we stop. Look! What is that? It looks like a man-made treehouse. With fresh food. And craft beer. Welcome to the Creek Monkey Tap House, boys. Grab a seat. Creek Monkeys drink free. <laughs> awesome! The Creek Monkey Tap House in Martinez, California, takes their mission of fresh food and beer seriously. They only serve locally raised beef and chicken, as well as local sustainable produce. It's better for you and the planet, and it just tastes better. The beer and wine at Creek Monkey Tap House are chosen with the same care for the highest quality and roast. Rotate frequently to make each visit an adventure. Swing on into the Creek Monkey Tap House and enjoy a new legend of amazing food, beer, and wine. The Creek Monkey Tap House online at creekmonkey.com. Wait till you can pour it out of your own kegerator. (laughs) I mean, your friends will look at you with awe. And it's just hot. It is? It's so super hot. (laughs) (laughs) The The home of live beer radio. Because like beer, radio shouldn't suck. You're listening to The Session. Dear people, let your hair hang low. My people, let your hair hang low. Those day cups can 
Bobby Vole, let your hair hang low. Bobby Vole, your big boobies, I long to see. Dear Bevo, your big boobies I long to see. Delicious and round, hang on while I pound your big boobies in my mind. I see my Bevo. Dream of your hair down there, lovely people. Do you have hair down there? When I'm whacking my wang, it won't do a thing till I'm dreaming of your hair. Listening to the Brewing Network. Because like beer, radio shouldn't suck. Alright, a few things left to do. Thanks for hanging out with us tonight. I want to thank Tom Kehoe once again from Yards Brewing Company in Philadelphia, PA. Also, we still have Paul Sangster hanging in the studio from Rip Current Brewery. We've been increasing the alcohol in our beers uh, throughout the show, and I think he's about to pour us a Russian Imperial Stout to continue with that uh, trend. A little 11.2 one. go over the edge here. I just fell on the way up the stairs. uh, (laughs) I'm so wasted. It was funny. (laughs) I dumped out Roberto's... uh, uh, amazing La Folie clone on my on my trip. Luckily, he brought a keg of it, so I just refilled it again. And uh, Roberto, this is the best beer you've ever, the best sour beer you've ever given me. This is a this is a fantastic La Folie clone. I should take a little bit more. Paul. Oh, yeah. The aroma okay. is exactly like La Folie. It's not an IPA, it's and the flavor is not too damn far off either. So good stuff. All right, a few things left to do. Uh, we're getting the Russian Imperial Stout poured. I did feel the need to mention that I spent the weekend, or yesterday anyway, teaching Vinny Chalurzo from Russian River Brewing Company how to homebrew. Do you believe really? that? Wait, yeah. what? Yeah. The whole day. I spent the whole day teaching him how to homebrew. Guy was a mess. He hardly knows what the hell he's doing. <laughs> you should work on your jokes. That didn't. It was flat. I know. It's, it's, not, it's, not, it's not a joke. We'll take a course. Don't worry. I mean, I, I'm starting to think that it's Gentali, uh, his new brewer, or, or somebody, maybe some of his uh, other brewer. Maybe it's uh, Natalie. He's like, he's like, I'm done. I don't think Vinny knows shit. <laughs> what does he do? He pushes the pencil around, waves, yeah. shakes hands, and kisses babies. He just keeps adding hops, lets it go sour or something. I don't know. Something. Right? The guy could hardly transfer wort from one vessel to the other. Uh, you know, Jamil's going the same way. Because there was no million-dollar pump in between. Yeah, I guess so. I, I, to hold his hand all the way through it. Paul, you're just... seeing your future in front of you. Now, you guys were picking on my hero. I'm having a hard time. I know. I'm, I'm kind of having, having a hard time making fun of him, too, but yeah. this is great. Well, we did this great project yesterday with Jay Brooks, and uh, Jay Brooks had promised his son uh, years ago that when he turns 12, he'll homebrew with him. 
so he's now about to turn 12. And uh, what Jay did was he bought a uh, a more beer sculpture. Mm. Is it the 1500 that's the flat yes, system sir. now? That's the correct, the yeah. 1500 flat system. And uh, got the uh, ultimate conical fermenter, did the whole thing. And then because Jay, who's a, a beer writer, if you don't know him, he is a, a local beer writer to us. He, he started with Celebrator Beer News, and now he writes for the for the San Francisco Chronicle and the Mercury News, plus there's the Brookston Beer Bulletin, um, and he's a, a very well-published uh, beer writer. So, And he knows all these guys, too. So what he thought, not only am I going to buy this great homebrew system and teach my kid the homebrew, I'm going to invite uh, Vinny Chilurzo from Russian River and uh, Rich Norgrove, uh, who's the brewer and founder at uh, Bear Republic Brewing Company, um, and, of course, me. I think I you, too. Uh, you know, right. Justin Crossley. I bet from you were the, a holdout, from, weren't From you? the brewing network. You were a holdout. <laughs> well, they knew I was out of town. I'm, yeah. so. I'm sure they had several cancellations. <laughs> they had to get they... a hold of his agent first. Took a while. No, actually, they invited me because it, he he approached me with the idea, do you, do you want to make a video of this? And I thought it was a great idea because uh, here's a, a family who's not ashamed of beer being as, as part of their family and brewing. And oh, His kid's uh, name is Porter. His kid's name is Porter. <laughs> yeah. Jay doesn't shit. So I said, yeah, absolutely. So I brought a, a, a video crew up there, and uh, Vinny was kind of the, the ringleader, and he created a recipe called Porter's Porter. Uh, wow. Yeah. Thought of that himself? Created a porter for him. <laughs> and, uh, and basically was teaching the kid the brew all day. But as, no, as, he wasn't. As, as he got to certain parts in the brew day, the, the equipment was a little different than Vinny has. Vinny has a more beer system as his uh, uh, pilot wow. batch system, his test batch system as well. But he only has a normal conical, not an ultimate conical, which has all these little fancy things, which I thought are all part of a pro brewery anyway. I thought they just kind of adapted them, but apparently not. So so at several points throughout the brew day, Vinny, he doesn't know what the hell he's doing. And who does? Who knows how to run this stuff? Me. That's right. Wow. Well, it's like six degrees of separation. Like, who closely <laughs> relates to the person who may possibly know the things that right. the right person to ask how to run the stuff. Or right. who can best relate to a 12-year-old? <laughs> yeah, actually, there definitely was some of that. There was basically that and me on the phone with Chris Graham in the other room every time Vinny had a question. There you go. So I guess I'm exaggerating a little when I say he, he I taught Vinny how to homebrew. He knew you'd have Chris Graham on speed yeah, dial. Yeah. And stuff. yeah. You just had a little like a earpiece and your little calm like 24. Where yeah. like, I'll be on calm right now, Chloe! An earbug. All you would have to say is the last porter I made was straight into the carpet. I don't know how to make a porter. <laughs> That's true, yeah. Well, there was one moment. It was actually a lot of fun, and it was yeah. cool to see these guys homebrewing. And and they were, let me tell you this, uh, homebrewers at home, they were very um, uh, casual about about a lot of it. In terms of, hey, when you're measuring out the hops, uh, just make sure you err on the side of more than less. We stress out too much, don't we? Yes, we stress out so much more. Uh, the volume uh, ended up, Many gallons less than we thought it was going to be. Well, and I didn't. I didn't plan it. No, no, that was all. It's Porter's Imperial uh, Porter. Oh, I do have one epic fuck up that I, I did. I did feel like a big dope. I was trying to help, and I'll, I'll get back to that. Where'd you touch him? Uh, <laughs> uh, so, but all throughout the day, they just uh, both Rich from Bear Republic and Vinny. They're just like, fuck it, it's gonna be fine. Yeah, Don't do, worry. They're much more relaxed than well, I expected them to be. We do freak out about it because we also think that the equations work and that we actually know what our efficiency is for hops and that huh. everything matters and it doesn't. <laughs> There's definitely a bunch of that. Yeah, yeah they're like, look, it's going to kind of be like this and it's going to kind of be like that and just go for it and it'll be fine. 
uh, and it and it is going to be fine in the end. Um, so there there were just a, a few things like that. It was a lot of fun to to hang out with them and seeing them uh, interact that way. I did try to help because Jay didn't know how to use his system yet. So I was trying to help prep the volumes of water. Oh God. For Vinny, so that when he got there, I was trying to shorten the brew day, right? Like, let's get the water going. And so, in my defense, I was told exactly how much water to put in the hot hot liquor tank and exactly how much water to put into the mash tun. It was uh, five gallons into the mash tun for strike water, right? And it was 11 gallons into the hot liquor tank for this particular recipe. All right. Uh, how many gallons in total? Maybe a 10-gallon batch. Ten? Yeah, okay. All right, go ahead. Yeah, go. yeah. Please okay. continue. And they miscalculated on a bunch of that stuff right. in the end. But that's they're, neither here nor there. They're dead. Here was where it was kind of stupid. So I did that. I put those volumes of water into each vessel. And then I started heating them up. And for some reason, the mash ton temperature gauge... Just kept bouncing all over the place. Like one moment it's two hundred, uh, and the next moment it's and the next exactly moment it's eighty five, and the next moment it's this and it's that. And and here I, I'm trying to help. You know, I'm I'm thinking, you know, Vinny's going to show up and he's going to go, Justin. Thank you so much for getting that water started, and 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 what a great job you did because now we can just get to. I felt like I was going to be his assistant. You know what I mean? Oh, right. Yeah. So he gets there and and the temperature's all over. and I keep turning the I keep turning the burner on and he keeps turning the burner off and this goes on for like an hour and finally he's like he looks in there and the water's not touching either yeah. of the temperature yeah. probes. <laughs> There's not enough water in the fucking kettle, so it's steam. You're it's, measuring steam from time <laughs> to time, right? And Vinny, being the gentleman that he is. Never says it to me directly. Never looks me in the eye and is like, man, you're a fucking moron. Right. He just sort of lets it go and adds more water. He says in passing at one moment, yeah, probably would have helped if the water was touching the thermometer. <laughs> but I just did what he said. I just didn't, well, I didn't look. But <laughs> well, the thing. It's not that he, he measured incorrectly. It's he, he doesn't realize that. As a home brewer, we have much more head space in between the bottom of the kettle and the and the, oh, the, yeah. the we don't, we don't screen. Use, in in, in uh, yeah, yeah. theory, it's five gallons per this amount of grain, but there's a lot of uh, that stuff. dead space. Yeah, yeah. dead space under that. You so. got another two gallons, probably at least. Oh, and, yeah, and, and, and the part where it's not touching the thermometer. <laughs> that's, that's important, one, and yeah. and that's the thing. Even though he told me the measurement. I still felt like an asshole because what I can't look inside and see that it's well, not touching the thermometer. Well, but that's also what you should have said. You should have said once he said five gallons, you should have been like from the false bottom. Ah, uh, yeah, oh, yeah, because they're wedge wires, and it's it, you know yeah. it's it's, it's a much more efficient, but closer to the to the bottom of the mash tun. Right? Yeah, hey, I'm only a phone yeah. call away. Yeah. Could well, solve that all. Right well, there. look at that. I didn't know at that point. It's too late. He's just grabbing a bucket and adding water. You know, and and I'm the asshole. So even though well, you start, you started that way. <laughs> I felt like I started as the assistant. You're like, oh yes, Mister Toulouse, I'll do it right now. <laughs> right yeah. when he's like, he's like not even there yet. Actually, I'll be, yeah, I'll be I'll there. I bet you started out thinking that Vinny's going to be your assistant. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to get it all ready. I'm going to get it all ready. You're going to bring him in. Oh yeah, I'm going to show this bitch what to do. Exactly. <laughs> uh, here's another thing. Here's some information. Um, we used. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. We used Star Sand. Uh, I bet you did as the, as the sanitizer for for the conical, which I swear oh. by. I'm, I'm nice. all about five star products. There you go. But uh, of course, in professional brewing, they don't use a foaming product like that as a sanitizer. Yeah. 
And but that's what we used because that's what I like and that's what uh, Jay got. Uh, well, so we we sanitized the conical and uh, Vinny looks inside and 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 we we had drained the conical and he sees all the the foam and the suds. Yeah, and he asked me. Because who else are you going to ask? Well, the, guy, the yeah. guy that takes a bath every day, about <laughs> soap, and, and he yeah. goes, "You know what do you what do you think about these it's suds? Like that normal? There's an awful lot of suds in there, don't you think?" And I said, "Well, the chemists at Five Star swear up and down." And the last time we talked about this was years ago when Charlie Talley was actually on the show. He said those suds are fine, and by the way, they're sanitizing as well, and and they'll be fine for your beer. But I happen to know uh, another professional brewer uh, in our region who's mentioned to me. I would never, I don't want those suds in my beer. Yeah. If it were my beer, I'd get rid of those suds. Uh, and I'm just giving you this as anecdotal info. Homebrewers, you can you can do what you like. Vinny ended up going, well, I'll tell you what, I agree with that brewer. I don't, there's something about those suds. I don't know what. He wasn't speaking from science. He just had a feeling. I don't want to see my beer touch those. So he rinsed out the suds with water. And, of course, I said to him, you know, my impression of what you're doing right now is adding water that's not been sanitized to a sanitized brewer, a sanitized vessel. And his response was, you're not a fucking pro brewer. Shut up. <laughs> Good point. His second response was, I don't know. I'm adding, yes, maybe it's unsanitized water, but I'm adding it to a sanitized vessel, and there's sanitizer everywhere, so maybe it's going to sanitize the water as I'm rinsing it. It sounds like you can just kind of logic your way out of any situation. Not you. Oh, I see. People, oh. like uh, as, as a brewer or, or in that kind of informational area where sometimes you have too much information where it's almost dangerous. Yeah. It's like, well, it's, but it's a sanitized environment. Even though it's unsanitary items I'm putting onto the sanitized environment. But directly, you're just saying that you admittedly unsanitized the, the, the environmental area. I think I understand what you're saying, and I agree with it. Thank you. And you're going to confuse the fuck out of my homebrewers. Vinny's uh, made, so <laughs> made so much good beer. He's like, well... We're just yeah, gonna, gonna, gonna trust instinct. We're gonna do it. He's also and thinking that's it. it's Justin's instinct. never gonna mention this on air, so we're just gonna do whatever we want. <laughs> right. Well, and it is instinct because that's not the product that he uses in in his brew right. house. I'm just putting this out there because I know there's a lot of homebrewers who like to think about this stuff. They like to think about God. Do I keep the foam? Do I not keep the foam? I'm still keeping the foam. Foam's fine. I feel like the yeah, foam the is this thing that is, it's magically keeping everything sanitized for as long as possible, and then it goes away when I put beer in. Yeah. But, but they, they who said- am I? I'm an idiot, and, and I'm telling you that two prominent professional brewers in our region, and not by any science, just by instinct, yeah. they don't use the foam. Uh, or how about closing off the entire conical, everything else except for the dump valve on the bottom, and let that sit for a while, and let that all kind of That's drip. what they did? Let that all kind of drip out. But as he's that's as he I was do. watching yeah. the foam yeah. drip out, that's actually where he was like, "Oh, I see. I really want to know how much foam is still inside." So he opened the port on the top, and 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 you, it was kind of up high; we couldn't see. So he took a photo for with his phone, and he wasn't happy with the results, so he rinsed it out. Mm-hmm. Now he wasn't saying, "Don't use star sand." Right, of course, he was just saying, "Don't." Right. Use, he said, I, "I just want to rinse out the foam." Well, and if well, you're afraid of the foam, star sand have a non-foam. Yeah, oh, that's true. A non-foam star. thing called um, Sandy Clean. Yeah, it's just same a, thing without darker, the foam. Exactly. Darker in color, or just make sure you always add chemical to water, not water to chemical. And okay, that's uh, Sandy Clean. Okay. You have to use twice as much. Uh, uh, it, it's a twice as long contact. I don't know yeah, about the it's measurement about side, twice but as much yeah, too, but and that's why you don't get foam. But w- okay. w- with him rinsing it out, as long as he doesn't over-rinse, he's probably fine. 
because he's still using the the bubbles to which are cleaning, mm. cleaning everything. They're still kind of going. Yeah, down still rinse it. He bu- rinsed very little. He's spraying. The bubbles are a soap. Yeah, and the soap the stuff is at like pH two or something yeah, lower. But right? it, but the the soap part actually pulls all the grime off and helps helps infiltrate all the 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 nasty grimy parts you didn't actually clean. Okay, and to help get the the acid into it, which is the what kills everything. So if he gets most of it out of there, yeah, uh, without over rinsing, and, and he gets it all out of there, once you get the beer in there, the beer's going to be in the four point two, four point four range, and all the bad bacteria are not going to survive that anyway. Right. Well, on top of that, he's Vinny Goddamn Chalurzo. The beer's going <laughs> to come out fantastic, uh, no matter what I tried to do to fuck it up. Uh, it's going to come out fine. Yeah, if I'm of standing course. here with Vinny and he says you're not a fucking brewer, I'd say, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> do whatever you want. That's right. all I can say. No, I, I'm a home brewer, I would though, say that asshole. <laughs> so in spite of you, it will be fine. I still, yeah. I still think you can fuck it up. Yeah. Um, what about the yeast? Didn't, didn't someone bring a commercial pitch? Pitch straight from Russian River Brewing Company. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, that's probably uh, why he's like, get the but, fuck out of here. But whatever. And, and actually, we did joke about that afterward, too, because... We ended up with less volume than than we wanted, and again, it's not calculating boil off, not not calculating that mash ton dead space and things mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. And so he brought a pitch for much more volume, uh, but we also we we couldn't get it chilled down. It was it was a hundred and five degrees or something in Kotati yesterday or wherever we were, and so we couldn't get it chilled down quite enough. We didn't. Uh, I told them I've instructed them to do the pre chill and everything. They didn't have ice. Um, so I, I, t- I was schooling these guys, Doc, and uh, but we didn't have those things. So I will also, never, I will never brew with them. It was also going to have to wait uh, a couple of two, three hours before they were going to pitch. And so Vim was like, "Pitch that whole fucking thing. Just throw that whole yeah, thing nice. in there, and it's just going to rip through it." Oh yeah. And uh, we were kind of joking because you know the new more beer conicals have a giant blow off tube. You know, it's the size of almost oh, yeah. uh, oh, a commercial thing is ridiculous. <laughs> and so, even we were all laughing that look, it can take it. If this was an airlock or some tiny uh, no, tube, no, it'd be bad. Do not throw that whole pitch of yeast in there. Right. It's going to be gnarly. Yeah, it's, uh, good. it's a good thing you guys didn't have quite the volume because you couldn't help throwing that whole pitch in there. Yeah. So anyway, it was a hell of a fun day, and uh, I can forever say I, I spent the day teaching Vinny how to homebrew. You know? And you probably learned something in the process. No. no. better. <laughs> I, I doubt it. <laughs> you know, I learned something today. <laughs> All right, this beer is better than your last beer, Paul. The Russian Imperial Stout is fantastic. And the last beer was great. How'd you like it? Tell us about this one. So this is the biggest beer we make. It's 11.2%, and... It's actually an oatmeal Russian Imperial Stout. You can kind of tell it has a, th- a big, heavy body. We wanted to make a really mm-hmm. big, rich, complex beer. Uh, it has a lot of special ingredients to kind of provide some of the complexity. Some of them I'm not sure you'll actually be able to taste. Okay. Um, so, like, there's actually honey in this. I don't think you'll probably no. perceive that. Uh, there's brown sugar, which argu- arguably you might get a little bit. But the big thing that you're probably tasting is we use molasses. Yep. And ah. that gives it that nice, rich, dark fruit, dark, dark bready flavor. Which kind of molasses is? Um, as a home brewer, I always use blackstrap, but right. it's really hard to source it in See, bulk. That, that's what I was trying to get at. Blackstrap is the thickest, nastiest yeah. that's what you molasses want. Where do you, you get. Where do you get that? Do you have to order it? or that? That's well, as a home brewer, yeah. You can, I actually bought mine on Amazon.com as a home brewer. Okay. Now, I couldn't source enough of it to use for this. So this was just uh, it's more of a standard molasses. Um, and it, it's giving me similar flavors, but 
as Doc said, kind of the bigger, the nastier, the you know, when you're yeah. pouring it in, it should look horrible. Oh, that's what you want, okay. really? Yeah, the black strap is usually the leftovers of when they're processing sugar, mm-hmm. and it's just that. Why is the that darkest, what you want? Because it's, it's a crude oil of of molasses. Exactly. That's so much complexity. Oh, yeah, yes. Because yeah. it, it's going to yeast are going to ferment out a lot of this stuff. So I should mention that the molasses goes in during fermentation. I don't I don't boil it because I think it that changes the flavor. Yeah. Okay. But when you're adding it in, I tend to add it right after high croissant. So the yeast have kind of processed all the maltose and the simple stuff, and they're starting to cool off. And I, I add in the molasses, and they'll kind of rip through the simple sugar part of the molasses, which there's quite a bit of it. And they ultimately will peter out before they can get to the really nasty long chain sugars, and that's all the, the flavors I really wanted. Doesn't it just it. sink straight to the bottom of the conical? Do you end up with a pile of sludge at the end? We actually we do get a lot of that. That's why yeah. you you probably put more molasses in than you actually need. Okay, because not all of it. If it's piling up on the trub pile, like if you have a conical, which is what I've been brewing with, yeah, it kind of piles up at the bottom, and whatever's on the top surface will get eaten away by the yeast. But at some point, you'll have stuff below that won't. So you want to put in. This is the probably the bottom line for home brewing is just keep brewing over and over and learn what works for your for your system. Okay. That's what I learned was you need more and more molasses just to get these bumps in flavor. Got it. Even when you pour that stuff in sometimes, if you're pouring it into uh, a fermenter directly, the yeast will find it and okay. get it into suspension. I mean, it's a ton of sugar, yeah. but I still thought maybe just the sheer thickness of it would... Mol- molasses is a little different, but I've taken D2 and poured it directly into a carboy. It makes this thin layer on the bottom of yeah. dark sugar. You look at like four hours later... It's all in suspension. Oh, really? Yeah. They so used, it they used to have found it, send it. Well, some of they the used yeast, to always figure it out. Yeah, some exactly. yeast have flocculated, too, and so they're actually towards the bottom when you pour on top of them. Oh, I see. So if that exactly. wakes them up, because there's, hey, simple sugars again. That's a good point. And they're going to stir it all up. You're like pouring it into their living room. Basically, with them all sitting right. right there. Yeah, right. they have their glasses empty sitting there waiting. Right. Sweet. It's like me at Doc's house. Yeah. Hey, buddy. <laughs> Thirsty. So the uh, brown sugar and honey also added late, or is that in the kettle? Very late. Those very go late. at the very, very end after the Easter just dead exhausted and you want to just give them really something very simple to, I, to process you can cool. see it kick back yeah. up again that's it's right. amazing you think it's like blip 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 that and then you kick it in there and it just it just cranks it half a day a day yeah. it just it cranks it back up again that your airlock really starts going again just like a yeast bloody mary when you do the yeah. brown sugar because they're like, they're all fucking hung over and done and oh yeah it's like, i'm so i can't party anymore so here's, some new, here's some. you know what you give them something they want <laughs> and they're ready to go again got it you, you can pump them up for a couple more hours <laughs> keep your friends going Yeast are bad college roommates. Yeah. <laughs> they are. No, they're I'm... dirty. They're just throwing they shit come everywhere. In, they have sex. They shit all over your house. They make a mess. Yeah. And you know what? You got yeah. always have to clean up after them. Yeah, but you know, at the end of the day, you give them a little bit of time. They come back. They're remorseful. They try to. But you know what? And they're great bit. friends. In the end, you love being they're around great friends them. In the end, you always get back always in invite them back to the next party. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then they do the same bullshit again. Yeah. So as your strongest beer, Paul, is this a different yeast strain than you would normally use in a brewery or one of your standards? So a lot of this parallels what the home brewers are doing, right? So uh, it, it's the same. It's actually 002 yeast. We didn't do anything special. O-O-2. However, wow. it's not Generation 1. Right. So we'll brew. This is usually Generation 3 or 4, which are some of your most vibrant yeast. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, we, we, we build them up with some smaller beers, and then we hit them with the hard stuff. So 02 is one of the go-tos in the brew house. not the only strain you use. No, it's not the only one, but it is one of the... And the other thing is that we can only make this beer in smaller batches because we, we max our mash ton out very quickly. 
you know, we can fit about 1,400 pounds of grain in. And that's about, of this beer, you know, 11, 12 barrels. <sighs> well, my back right. hurts just thinking about that. Yeah. Of course, I don't have to do that. That's what, <laughs> that's that's what, what automation's for. We actually, we have an, it's augured and all that. Hops are kind of in the background on a beer like this in a way. I mean, with all the other complexity, hops are part of the profile for that's sure. Right. But are you relying on American hops or going somewhere else? No, this? this is all traditional ingredients except for the weird stuff we already talked about. So it's, you know, OO2, it's Maris Otter. So, you know, all, all the crystal malts are British crystal malts. Now, so. the, the Maris Otter really shines through on this one. It's just, it's just that round maltiness. That, yeah. That it's something you can't get with anything else. Like it's slight toast, slight biscuit, but, but not too much. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, think, it's, I think it's dark. It's very dark. <laughs> You're racist. Tastes like beer. I have a question that I could probably relate to this conversation because it is about adding sugar into the fermenter that came through from the chat. What's the cosine of the sugar? Uh, um, I was, well, someone wrote in, I was wondering how to calculate my ABV when adding table sugar to the fermenter, which would be the same as adding any other sugar to a fermenter like you did, Paul. So he doesn't know how to calculate his ABV. He asked at the end of it, how does it affect my original gravity? But maybe the question is... Should be how does it affect is he adding it? Bit. How early is he adding the sugar? He's not saying, but he said he's just adding it to the fermenter is all we have oh. here. If you're still in the chat room, it's Beaten Husband. And uh, <laughs> y- you could follow up with where you're adding it. Uh, my first thought is that you could do this in a calculator like in Beersmith, oh, right? Yeah. That's what I do. You just punch yeah. it in there. I've been using Beersmith my entire homebrewing and professional. Oh, okay. So I use it. I'm a very active user of it. And the, easy, the great thing about it is when you build your recipe, it'll show you exactly what it's contributing and then on brew day, of course, I don't add the sugar on brew day. I add it to the fermenter later. So all you do is yeah. you go into the recipe and you delete the sugar out. Yep. And you just watch exactly. how much the OG yeah. changes. And that's how much the sugar is contributing. And, and oh, that, really? You can yeah. use simple adding it it's back. simple. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You just you delete it out. So at least you know when you're hit on brew day, you hit your numbers. Okay. And Wait, wait. So let me just walk through this for my... Because if, if I can understand it, then I think anyone in the world can understand it. <laughs> so on Brute, you do your recipe, and let's say I have five pounds of sugar in my recipe, mm-hmm. and it tells me what my OG is. Yeah. And I can go ahead and write that down. Let's say it was 1050 in your in your. Okay, yep. so I write that down. Then I just delete it. And, of course, the program, Beersmith, is going to reduce my OG down to some other number below it's 1050. 1043 or whatever yeah. it is. But right. I know that even it doesn't matter where I add that sugar into the process – it's going to bring the whole thing back up to 1050. Yeah. Yep. Is that what right. you're saying? That's right. That's it. Oh. T- table sugar, corn sugar, honey, pretty That's much. It's, it's, Is there a difference between table sugar and corn sugar? Uh, not really. Oh, no. No. It, but honey it, is different. It's, it's all fermentable. Honey's a little bit different. Yeah. Uh, but it would calculate that in my original recipe yeah, yeah. of Beer Smith, too. So if it's you still know the same process. If you it, know it's going in the yeah. beer, put it in the recipe to begin with. Okay. Whether it goes in later yeah. or at the on brew day. Got it. And, and originally, with all the ingredients in there, it'll tell you your ABV. Perfect. But you need to know without the sugar, because on brew day, you're only going to have X amount of OG. So you need to hit your number. Say it's 10.54 or 10. I'm going to brew in a big beer. I want to be 10.67 when I'm done. Uh, but on brew day, without the sugar, it's going to be 10. 52, okay. 10.53, you cut it out in beer, beer smith, you just cut it out, and it'll tell you what you're supposed to hit that day. I get it. So when you hit that day, it's good, but you know when you put in that five pounds of whatever. It's going to bring it right back to it'll, where it'll bring it back said it would and, be. and I know that my, my ABV is going to be where and I want. And your bitterness is dialed in for that, all these yeah. things, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, Beautiful. Interesting. 
All right, let's do this. Uh, I got to get through some feedback. And, Please, uh, I'm glad I didn't miss feedback. A couple. I'm glad I didn't miss feedback. <laughs> a couple of other things. Uh, who's doing feedback today? Some wonderful sponsor, I'm sure. Of Adventures course. in Homebrewing. Oh yeah, feedbacks uh, brought to you by Adventures in Homebrewing. Nice. Uh, in fact, to get to Adventures in Homebrewing, it's easy. Just go to Homebrewing. Dot org. Check them out. They're a good sponsor of ours. They've been with us for a little while now. And uh, great website, great site to uh, get all your brewing needs. Uh, Adventures in Home Brewing. They're good people. Um, good recipes. Actually, I'm looking at their site now, and they got a ton of different uh, recipe kits on there that look fantastic. Adventures in Home Brewing, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, my God. You've got mail. Kick ass. The Twitter game's doing well. Yeah? Yeah. Is it the best one ever? It's not the best one ever. Let's not Good. let's not jump too far ahead of your. Well, I don't want to do that. Out. I don't want to do that to you. I mean, I'll take it. <laughs> I'll take it, but I don't want to do it. I think it's pretty damn good, probably. The boys at Flat Tail uh, are apparently drunk and tweeting, and they confuse Yay. Doc with Tasty. And then Spider Wrangler's like, you know, it's about Doc, not it's about Tasty, not Doc. He's like, Doc. Tasty, same thing. <laughs> Pretty good. Yeah. No, one, one short, one's fat. What's the difference? <laughs> oh, Actually, what did he backstage, say? different things would happen. <laughs> That's probably true. Uh, all right. Justin, you no talent hack. Old school. Uh, how did that happen? How did this happen? Yeah. Uh, Mitch Old writes in, I just wanted to drop a big thanks to the BN. Results were posted for the Michigan Beer Cup, which is my second competition. I've been brewing now uh, for two years off and on uh, due to life getting in the way, but the BN has remained a staple. I got an honorable mention in stout with a dry stout I've been working on and, uh, and, and uh, when they don't speak proper English, I get confused. That's what JP's supposed to work in that. And am in no. my third version. There we go. Okay. Hey, it's he, hard to read. You write it. I, I, uh, I yeah, just I copy and paste it. It's I've been working hard on for and am in too. my third version. Uh, a third place in English Pale Ale and a first place in Dark Lager. Yes. Alright. Good job, man. Uh, thank you so much for all the entertainment and information you provide. Suck it, JP from Mitch. I don't think mm. I want to. Yeah. No. Really? Yeah. You're coming off a of Disneyland high. <laughs> I'll suck anything right now. <laughs> oh, this one's interesting. I'll bet. It's all highlighted in yellow. Everything's highlighted. That means everything is important. <laughs> good, good. Oh, oh, oh. What was that? <laughs> nice. Sorry. Well, you mentioned Disneyland Sorry. and I got excited. So. Ah, you finished. You can't take JP anywhere. I'm not cleaning that. Oh, you're only Disneyland. <laughs> John writes in, Brewing Militia Masters. I've wrestled with the idea of supporting the BN with monthly donations for some time now. I've always been happy to just use your Amazon link and buy occasional merch from your store. And by the way, that is a perfectly acceptable way to uh, support the Brewing Network. I appreciate that. Yeah. However, upon recently listening to the Brendan Moylan episode, I've had to abandon my principles. The interview is probably one of the best ones I've heard oh, yet. that one's good. On the subject of, of the professional brewing community. I was perfectly content to become a private first class in the BN Army. Uh, that is until the random homeless guy walked into the studio and the insanity <laughs> ensued. That just kicked it up another level. Yeah, I was going to say, and then what, did you give us more so we can move out of this dump? Right. By the way, <laughs> homeless guy could not have picked a better show to walk in on than the Brendan Moylan show. Oh, uh, I thought for sure it was staged. At that point, I realized that you disorganized bastards needed all the help you could get, and I upgraded to Sergeant. Yes! All right. 
Thank you, sir. I'm sure I'll hear about this expenditure uh, someday, uh, should my wife, uh, if my wife ever finds out. But I take pride in knowing that I'm a member of a great group of degenerates uh, with hard-ons, hey. or in Bevo's case, wet-ons. Ew. Yeah, wet-ons. <laughs> I've never. nasty. I don't think I've ever heard of a wet-on. No, well, neither is Bevo. Do you have have. I'm going to try to gross. use it. Do you, do, you think, uh, do you think anyone will find it hot if you go, hey, do you have a wet-on? <laughs> Especially if you say it like I that. I hope you get maced. That's a good pickup line. Especially if you do it just like, hey, hey. As you're cracking the Cialis that's in your jaw. <laughs> yeah, oh, baby, oh, baby. Hidden in your <laughs> tooth <laughs> like some Soviet spy from the I'll try that on tour let you guys know how it goes. Hey, yeah, try it. <laughs> well, and then they go, you Gotta no. pull out all the stops. Yeah, and then they go, no, and you hug them. You go, now you do. <laughs> yeah. I'm telling you, I give you permission to pull out all the stops. It's Bear your last mace. tour, Nate. I know. I got to try. I'll let you it's know. It's your that last one- tour? Well, it might be. Look at him. He's 100 years I old. Know, he's he's he is... creeping up on Tasty. If, uh, <laughs> basically, I need to study under Tasty for like a month. Like, How am I going to do the next 20 years, Tasty? You I'm running breathe? out of steam. It's just, all about the side boob. Just have no morals, and you're fine. <laughs> oh. What is with guys in the side boob thing? Hey, he's not even here to defend himself. Because we'll take any boob, uh, and, it's, it's, it's and side's the way. least offensive. Hey, and, and Nate, <laughs> That's what it is. It's all about target acquisition. <laughs> Thank you, Doc. Stay I'm not going to forget that. Stay on target. Nate. Don't listen Stop to us. Stop listening to them. <laughs> uh, she's right. I might like you the most, but if you continue to take their advice, that's, you're going to go downhill fast. It'll keep me safe. So Nate can no longer listen to the brain network? <laughs> yeah, no. Right. We have to take his headphones off when he's not speaking. <laughs> All right. Let's see. Uh... TBN Third Coast writes in, uh, Hey, my girlfriend and I recently made the trip to Moonlight Meadery. Michael Fairbrother and the staff made us feel welcome, and it was definitely a class act. The Meads, the freaking Meads, man. They're absolutely wonderful. Everyone and anyone who tries these Meads will realize they're the best you can get from anywhere. I agree. Best Meads I've had? I have never had better Meads than the the Meads that guy sends us. They are incredible. Uh, okay, here's a really interesting one. And, and in fact, it's going to prompt me to do a live read. Uh, Sean writes in, <laughs> Hi, guys. As a novice home brewer, I've listened to a number of your Brew Strong podcasts, and I appreciate all the great information you cover. But I'm unsubscribing, and I thought I should tell you why. Every one of the last several episodes I've listened to has included advertisements for AdamandEve.com, an adult <laughs> store. When I first heard the description, I wasn't sure if it was a joke. Are you really advertising pornography on your podcast? While I feel sex is a normal and healthy part of married relationships, (laughs) the pornographic uh, material this store sells demeans women and misleads men. Woohoo! It does mislead me. I'll give him that. I mean, yeah, no one's ever getting they that. Get, they ain't getting none. Because we ain't getting that kind of pussy. It is not going to happen. Jade is all for demeaning women I'm and misleading men. I'm all over it, baby. I'm all over it. <laughs> yeah. uh, I understand the stereotype of the beer-drinking man who watches porn. Is that what we're playing it's, with? It's the stereotype of the man. <laughs> it's the stereotype of humans like to watch people fucking. Yeah. That's what happens. I, sorry, let me. I digress. No, he didn't uh, say that. Yeah. I understand the stereotype of the beer drinking man who watches porn, but not only is porn an evil that undermines healthy relationships, <laughs> it has nothing whatsoever to do with brewing beer. I hope you'll reconsider your sponsorships and ditch this one. But until then, I don't want to be part of subsidizing something that is so detrimental to our society. A disappointed ex listener, Sean. <laughs> 
Dear Sean. Dear Sean. <laughs> I will send you the exact number that you could donate each month that would make me drop adamandeve.com. Absolutely. I don't think you can afford it. No. That's number one. Well, and, and that, that they let us do whatever we want as long as we mention Adam and Eve. So we make it no, fun. Number two. Officially, as of this moment, and I'm going on record as saying it, I'm going to double my porn viewing to make up for what Sean is not watching. Uh, that's a, you're no, 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 a no, man. I don't, I, don't worry. Enough time in the I'm day. willing to sacrifice that. You could single-handedly solve this moral score <laughs> in society if you just dropped the sponsorship. Or double-handedly. Okay. Yeah. No, Jade, you broke your mic. Oh, it's still on. Unless... No, it went limp. Yeah. It went limp. <laughs> Jade's mic went limp. We started... Jade's mic needs Cialis. I, I swear to God, I usually do better than Jade, we, uh, we, we mentioned banning porn and you go limp. I feel bad for Roberto. <laughs> what the hell happened? No, 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 no. Roberto's all on board. I mean, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm not banning porn. So. Third of all, yeah. I would like to admit, if you're worried about sex in unmarried relationships, the Berg Network has been in, around a long time with a lot of unmarried people, and I and guess what? All of us get laid on occasion. Well, Sam no. the least. Sam's married and he gets laid the least. Not right, everybody. Is, is my but, guess. Um, the thing is that we all, we're only You're talking about right. spicing up your life, <laughs> your sex life, right? Sure. Or, my, all, or my personal time. All, no, I don't it's, care. It's, it's all about sexing up. You're, you're spicing up your sex life, and which you already have. Well, you're you're lying because to me sometimes it's all about just having a good time when I'm bored in well, the middle yeah. of the day. But it doesn't matter. But the first thing it says, <laughs> oh. do you, you want to spice up your oh, own sex life? Oh, so, oh, I see what you mean. That so, that's what Adam and Eve is advocating. Right, and we're just trying to enhance. Sure, he's just pissed because he was going to brew beer, got distracted, looked at porno instead, <laughs> lost in Cassie to Paul, and then lost a bunch of medals to Doc. <laughs> Well, but, and then now he's compensating. It's he didn't okay. lose any to Nate, though. So no, no, no. It's fine. Mm-hmm. I was safe. But everyone else. <laughs> uh, you're, but you're going on the road. <laughs> I'm going on the road. That's like The only road badge you're getting is porn on the bus. That's probably about right. <laughs> Sean, to be honest with you, I, I have nothing against your opinion on porn. You, you're, you're welcome to it. Uh, if, if that means you, you'd like to boycott the show... Uh, it's fine by me. I'm neither here nor there. I refuse to uh, cancel a, uh, a perfectly legitimate sponsor uh, because of you, you know, because you don't think porn's acceptable. Uh, so that's that's just me being man to man. That's the deal. You know, I, I I wonder like why is it so offensive? And that's fine. Like you said, it's his if, opinion. Yeah. No, it's his opinion. That's fine. But if he's gotten so much out of it, and we have so many other great sponsors, yeah, that one makes him categorically sure. dislike. Our Everything show and an entire thing that we do because we have one sponsor he doesn't agree with. Because he can that's, just not patronize them. Well, that's a terrible world to live in where oh. you're just like, well, I don't want to do this. So, you know, I'm not going to, I don't like the fact that you may or may not have sex. So I'm not going to even talk to you. Right. He cannot admit that he's really gay. <laughs> oh, you should see the private message I just got. Is it Uh-oh. from Sean? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I don't know who it's from, money. but it starts out with, I thought you were a Christian. <gasps> oh! oh, this fool's going down. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. We're way, all going to hell. That is the worst way for a Christian to start a conversation with a Christian. Well, it, if I could right. just point that out. Do you think just, Jesus would, would be so aggressive? I was actually going to type this out, but I'm a crappy typer, so I'm just going to say... I don't have to justify what I do and do not do to you. I don't patronize Adam and Eve myself, but if I choose to, it's my business. Mm-mm-mm. Uh, 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 you know what? By the way, I had okay. a dildo sent to your house just yesterday. Thank you. You're welcome. You know what? I will Chris- use it on my dog. <laughs> <laughs> Christians beget Christians. Oh. Somehow. 
All right, we're, this is going to get gnarly. No, yeah, yes, it is. Jews beget Jews, and then they converted to Christianity. Yeah. And then they became homebrewers. What a weird email. <laughs> anyway, Sean, I respect Dude. your opinion, and that's fine. Whatever you want to do, man. Yeah. Uh, God bless. All right, uh, Ben writes in, uh, hey, guys, I know how much you hate long, pointless emails. By the way, this is the longest fucking email in the whole thing. It's all, it's all uh, yellow. Yeah. So I'll That's try. Edited, by the way, too. So I'll try to make this quick. Uh, about, three paragraphs of yellow there. <laughs> about three months ago, I got my first professional brewing job working for Redwell Brewery in Norwich. Oh, he's an Englishman. Oh, they're so long. Norwich. Uh, English listeners, you know this about yourselves, right? Like you guys do realize that you're the most. You, if I'm long-winded, you're double me. Anytime you have to start out with, I know you don't like long emails, <laughs> but yeah. it's going to be a long email. Oh, yeah. I definitely am the pot calling it's the kettle black. edited. It's a very it, nice email. It is. But nice. it, yeah. Bear with me. Just read it to the end. All right, he's from Norwich, uh, UK. As an, he's an assistant brewer at Redwell Brewery. Uh, we're a 10-barrel, uh, mainly lager brewery, producing keg only, and have been shipping beer only about four to five months. Um I thought you'd be interested in hearing about our recent run-in with big business. With all the legal issues kicking around, it seems Red Bull are keen to not miss out. Basically, Red Bull took issue with our brand name as Red Well. Uh, Red Bull Bull both contains the words red, uh, to which Red Bull owns the copyright uh, in the UK. And we share uh, two L's at the end of our name. Uh, Luckily for us, though, uh, Red Bull aren't used to bad press and it seems red bull have actually dropped everything and let us continue making beer and using our name we've yeah wow we've agreed to not make an energy drink and they've agreed to never make a beer uh thanks again for the amazing programming (laughs) uh good on both now that's that's a perfectly reasonable now sometimes you have to understand uh especially with all the bitching i do about it uh when you especially when you run a big company sometimes names just get flagged automatically Red Bull may never have actually intended to even attack Red Well, but they have a department who's out there to look for things, and I think in some cases they even just run algorithms, and exactly. things and things get flagged. Uh, and then they look more into it, and, and maybe a letter gets sent out just automatically, and then they look at it and go, okay, this is stupid. If they never make an energy drink and we never make a beer, everybody's happy. So we shouldn't assume that everybody is an asshole in big business. Right. Those just happen to be the ones we read about in the news. Right, right. <laughs> so, and in this case, though, it was their social media. Their, they had a lot of fans rally behind them on social media and, nice. and, and start an uproar. And then Red Bull finally was like, whoa, I didn't, you know, all right, let's, let's be cool ah, about this. Okay. So, so maybe they were about to be an asshole until they maybe. realized this could actually give them some bad press. Well, no, yeah. all the lawyers they have on, you know, retainer yeah. that can make some money off of shitting on little people sure and then he said oh hey let's not do that yeah we don't yeah. need this for this yeah, we but don't... it's a good story i thought it was good it is good and of all the shit we can talk about social media i yeah. think there's been a couple of examples in recent times that it really does help the little guy if you're mm-hmm. able to actually have a voice that can be seen by then media agencies who pick up on the story and it goes into normal media it's really helped you know companies like this it Absolutely. helped uh, in the in the magic hat um case uh-huh. against the right, right. west sixth see you remember it and i was yeah. thinking i was thinking their five minutes of fame didn't <laughs> didn't go very far because i couldn't even remember the name of the other one um but social media has done has been very effective in things yeah. like that so you gotta love that absolutely all right that's it feedback was brought to you today by adventures in homebrewing and we thank them so much for sponsoring the program homebrewing.org hopefully sean doesn't have anything against that wonderful sponsor <laughs> i'm sure nobody at adventures in homebrewing has ever watched porn i don't think that homebrewing should really be an adventure it's more of a calculated 
uh, thing to get into slowly. Which reminds me, if you're looking for a way to spice things up in the bedroom, go to our old friends over at adamandeve.com. And I'll tell you what, for a limited time only, uh, you can go there and use coupon code BNARMY, that's B-N-A-R-M-Y, and you'll get uh, 50% off just about any one item. Uh, You'll get free shipping. You'll get three free adult DVDs from categories such as... MILF. Jade, I'm going to you on this one. I, I got to know what your category is going to be. It's got to be something about one of the big, big butts. Butts, that yeah. a girl. Betty. Big butts, Betty. Oh, yeah. uh, it's Bebo's favorite category. Uh, she also likes. I like big butts, and I cannot <laughs> lie, <laughs> baby. Uh, Nathan, what category are you going to be looking at so while on the road? Give me some more big pies. Just stolen. <laughs> I think, I think he's looking. Big, he's looking boobies. Into, big boobs. There nah, we go. Yes. I figured he'd be looking into grannies. <laughs> You just took my old jokes to a new level, Doc. I love it. Good show. JP, what category would you be looking at on your last tour if you were going on it? Oh, you got to go upskirt, man. Is that a category? Yeah, Yeah, nice one. Why not? I figure you'd be doing like outdoor. No, I'm not. As no, much as what, I is like upskirt like mirrors on the top of your shoes? Yeah, yeah what is that? Yeah. Well, like, it's my, like, ninth grade, my ninth grade math teacher had that shit. Yeah, you like you you know put like a video camera in a in a gym bag, oh, and you walk around. You kind of just go. Damn. You know, it's a lot of Asian upskirt, which is pretty it's nice. not creepy at all. Which is why JP loves it, uh, right? <laughs> or or public places for you. All right, you know? all of that plus a free <laughs> extra gift. So sensual, we can't mention it on internet radio. Go to adamandeve.com right now and. Uh, uh, you know, just do your normal shopping. Use coupon code BNARMY. You get all that stuff. And, and they do help us out. And I'll tell you what, they help us out quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've been very good to us over the years, and we appreciate uh, their support. Uh, there you go. Uh, <sighs> woohoo. Hey, you know what else I need to tell you about? Tell me. Well, please. And in Let's fact, go. Doc mentioned it early today. Our old friend Colin Kaminsky at Downtown Joe's. Ah. They are back as a notable and prominent sponsor of the Brewing Network. Woo-hoo! That's right. That's right. He Mr. Fight. Hydrochloric Acid himself. Uh, it, the Downtown Joe's, it's uh, in downtown Napa, a wonderful vacation destination. And if you just need a beer after all that wine tasting, like I know you do, Downtown Joe's is the place to go. You can go to downtownjoes.com. They have an all-new website. I don't know if you noticed that, JP. Uh, I did notice that. I, th- I like it a lot. Great new website. Colin is one of the most, uh, he's, he constantly strives for, for newer and better beer. Uh, don't you agree, oh, Doc? Like he's a guy who who's never gone. Well, that's it. This is as good as yeah, my beer's I'm, gonna. I'm, I'm static. I'm gonna just brew what I brew because no. you know what? I've I've hit my mark. Yeah. No. Not he's him. Never so not him. him. Well, it, even when he's happy, like he'll produce like an IPA. Yeah. He's like, oh god, I finally love it. And then I go back a month later. So I tweet. I'm tweaking the IPA. <laughs> <laughs> is, yeah. Sometimes it's frustrating. He's like, what are you doing? This is per- <laughs> we, uh, I went there a couple months ago, actually. And his porter was amazing. Oh yeah, just this rich chocolatey. Oh, it was so good. It was it was del- it was easily the best beer I've ever had from that man. Oh yeah, yeah. He's well, he's really really improving. And I'm I'm guessing if you can convince the wife to burn a day in Napa, yeah, he'd let you brew with him. He probably would. Oh, he totally would. Did you yeah. t- you'd call ahead and say I want to brew with you. But what he what he does he makes you brew. Oh, you can't just go and watch. It's no, like, All no. Right, start huffing grain. You're, you're huffing grain. You're 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 sweating in there. Got to wash pots. He'll do everything with <laughs> yeah. you. And, oh, yeah. But it, you just burn it in Napa with your wife. <laughs> yeah. All right, go check him out. DowntownJoes.com. Uh, Colin's a good friend of ours, and we're so happy to have him back on board 
with the Brewing Network. He's got a book coming out soon, too. Yeah, yes, he does. Co-author of a book. Yep, yep. you're going to be hearing about that from us uh, probably next week. Uh, co-author along with our, our old friend John Palmer. Yep. You know, speaking of John, John Palmer, Palmer. John Palmer. I got Palmer. phone calls. Read the fucking Palmer. But I did want to point out. <laughs> you know, Jay said he's going to ha- teach his 12-year-old son how to brew. But what he made him do first, uh, two weeks earlier, is read how to brew. He made him read the fucking Palmer. And the kid, he read the fucking Palmer, and the kid comes out. He got to, like, like chapter 11 or something, whatever chapter starts getting into chemistry. And he started reading through the chemistry, too, but he came out to his dad, and he's like, Dad, I... I I don't, I'm 12, man. I can't remember these equations. Uh, so it's, it's okay. It's all right. You, you can stop there. But I'll be damned. He, on the day of the brew, he could recite all the first chapters, to all first 11, whatever he got through. He's out there going, oh, yeah, now we're loudering, and now uh, we need to make sure that our, our strike temperature is the right one because there's enzymatic activity that's going to take place. Like, the kid was really knowing his shit based on, on how to brew. So maybe you could take a couple lessons. That's from. what I was thinking. Dude, exactly. Is there not something wrong with that? I, yeah. Yeah, I was thinking, God, if How to Brew could help the twelve-year-old, what the fuck is wrong with me? Uh, I'll figure it out. One Have day. you read that book? Because maybe that's the one you should start with. I read it like four times. <laughs> <laughs> maybe you should get it on audiobook. Maybe listening to or it sober oh. would be better for you. You know, audiobook. I I I already know. We need a campfire. It's yeah, be me, you, Nate, Tasty. We're, we're gonna all read little chapters. <laughs> Together, yeah. can I come? Do... I'll bring the marshmallows. That sounds hey, special. We should yes, do a, it uh, is. No, we should do a play. <laughs> oh, oh. I can, yeah, I'm a visual guy. Yeah, <laughs> how to brew play? Act out how to brew. Maybe that's how we should do BNA nine. Yeah. Instead of a band, we're going to act out how to oh, brew. Oh man, I, with Disney characters. I am a chlorine ion. This is I amazing. We should make it a water. musical. It has to be a musical. Yeah. And the thing, you cleave one away, and then you got clean water. <laughs> I, oh my God, I'm buying my tickets for Grand Rapids <laughs> <See>? right now. <laughs> I have never liked one of your ideas more than this oh, idea right now. I love David. it. Yeah. Oh, it's got it's, to it's be very third grady. Yes, exactly. <laughs> that's. I think that's what he was just yeah. describing. Yeah. Who's, who's, who's going to play the piano? We have to have Sammy. Old, no, we have to have an old lady playing. No, the piano. no, no. Bebo. Sammy plays the I goddamn piano. I can dress up as a tuna. Can do it. And Sam can dress up as an old lady. And by piano, yes, I mean can. a Casio with a fake. Uh, the keytard. The keytard. <laughs> Remember when he made him the keytard? Yeah. No, that's what I just <laughs> called it. Yeah. That's what he's playing. All right, yeah. let's go to the phones. We've got uh, that blind guy on the phone. He's got a question for War- Paul Warren. What's up, blind dude? <laughs> Hey, Justin, you guys are my Bruin brothers. How are you, man? I'm glad to have you guys with your asses back in those seats. It's been too long. Yeah, we're happy to be back. Can't hear you. Stop talking to your shoe. Let me ask (laughs) you a question. Yes. If I I order from Adam and Eve uh, a strap-on for Sean's Sean's wife so she can bang some sense into him, (laughs) do, do I get the... Do I get the three DVDs and the extra sensuous gift? Fuck yes. yeah! I think you do. Wait, I thought you were, I thought you were blind. <laughs> How would you bet these are from the DVDs? Well, hey, one of, I listen to porn. I listen yeah. to porn. I was going to say, one of the new uh, genres Adam and Eve is coming out with on DVD is Braille. Braille. Braille porn. Yeah. Very good. Oh, yeah. Hey, you, just, you have no idea how good how, how good Braille sex is, man. <laughs> do you have a question for Paul Blind, dude? I, I, do, my, I do, my friend. Paul, I am doing a session, Amber, and I am. And the reason I called was because you mentioned Galaxy and Matika. 
And and I was looking at the oils in the Galaxy and the Motica. And I know Spider has said before, when you're doing your flavor and your aroma additions, just keep the additions equal. But in looking at the oils, the Galaxy has twice or almost three times the oil as the Motica. I was wondering, if you balance for oils, does it work out better? And one doesn't dominate? Uh, have you have you messed around at all with that, with reference to the oil and the balancing? What do you think, Paul? Uh, what- Hang on. Yeah, I look at the cohumulin that's in a lot of the different hops, and when I'm trying to figure out how much of which hops to use, I try to balance the cohumulin levels. But to be honest, the thing I'm mostly concerned about are the, fl- the flavor that comes out the final beer. And so most of the hop additions I ultimately will do is what is it that I want to have be the foreground flavor in the beer, and then what's the hop flavors I want to have right behind it. And that really controls the amounts. But I know a lot of brewers do look very closely at cohumulin levels to, when they figure out exactly, because they don't want to put too much in of the other hop oils because they feel it kind of dominates the flavor and the aroma of the beer. You look at cohumulin for dry hopping and late hopping, not just yeah. for bittering? For, I, I use it for, for flavor additions all the way through, Okay, but not, not bittering. All right, that okay, answers your so question. The, more the more the more the looking at the essential oils because my concern was the essential oils, which is actually giving us giving us more of the flavor and the and the uh, and the aroma. See, that's what I'm saying. Is Galaxy is like two point eight, and and Motika is point eight, and and if you're getting most of your flavors from Galaxy at two point eight, it's going to come out dominant unless you balance it with with the Motika. Am I wrong there? Well, so. Uh, even though I'm an engineer and I'm geeky on all this stuff, what I've found is the, the best thing is experience, trial and error, the stuff. Because you may decide that you'd like it with more uh, resins in there from the from the hops. So regardless of what the numbers will tell you, and by the way, year to year they change based on the crops. Yeah. But even the farm too. Yeah. Trial and error, I would say. Yeah, the farm and yeah. Right. And that's a good point too. I've had some that the the brewer I've, I've tried to walk through what I'm tasting, and the brewer said that it's really resiny, mm-hmm. and I've absolutely loved them. And in other cases, with different hops that are really resiny, I've absolutely hated it. So I think you're right about the trial and error. Just figure it out. Yeah, you know. Yeah, it also rolls with the base beer. Uh, what what you're going to balance it with? Right. Hops all to me is always the balance with 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 the malt profile. Yeah, exactly. It's there to dial back the sweetness for the malt, yeah. except for nowadays with us making double IPAs and stuff. Like, yeah. Right? Yeah. like on beers like this, like Red Flag, ton of dry hop in this, have you kept that same, the amounts the same over time, or do you adjust that based on how it's turning out? Yeah, but definitely. As the hop crop, as you get further into the crop year, I add more hops into it. So th- this version of Red Flag has more hops in it than we did when we got them fresh. Because the hops are starting, the oils are starting to diminish That's a bit. That's right. Got so it. it's a really hard variable. As an engineer, you can't you can't lock that in and say this is going to be fixed every time I brew the beer. You're better off just try, brewing often, brew the same, change one variable and see what you like. You have to experiment and taste. Yeah. yeah. I feel sorry for you. <laughs> Why, I drink a lot of beer? No, you're an engineer. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> oh, come on. No, I got oh, more phone no, calls. They expect it to be hit this this, and this. Right. And, sorry. Beer's not quite that. No, uh, I see so what you not. Mean. Yeah. All right. Uh, Blind Dude, thank you for the uh, for the call. I got to move because I got some other ones, too. I got Merle on the line, and uh, Merle, want, he's got a brewing problem question. Merle, oh, no. what's up, man? Oh, guys, help me. <laughs> Where are you calling from? I'm in my garage scavenging for the tools I need to complete my brew. In what state does your garage reside? Disrepair. Right. Sorry, where? Here is the si- I got a situation. He's from Florida. Thanks. I didn't type that. Yeah. All right. Okay. What do you got? All right. Last night, did a saison. Uh, went fine. Everything's fermenting well. 
figured I'd do a second running tonight. So let's say, I, and I, I listen, uh, went to the cousin, so I'm a little scattered. <laughs> that's all right. <laughs> that's, your first, that's your first problem. Thank right you there. for admitting it. Okay, go on. Uh, it helps. Um, so, uh, where was I? Last thing I said. You brewed a, uh, a saison. You brewed a saison. We're looking for second La- runnings. Well, last night, and now you want to do second runnings. Yeah, and uh, so I heard Jamil in the past say that it would be cool to let a mash go overnight. So this, about 4 o'clock this afternoon, I, uh, you know, dove back in, and it sat till about 8 o'clock. And I, I've come back and did the boil, everything, did my hop additions, and I got the work chiller in there. And I'm cleaning up my stuff and come back out and find the top of the work chiller hose has popped and is squirting hose water into my kettle. Ah. At which part? So I got about a, at which time I got you about said, a gallon of... At which time uh, do you want to abort this thing? So you got about a gallon of hose water in there. I think I got up to about a gallon, so just fired it back up and figured that'd be one of my flavor additions. No. Right? <laughs> right. I, how long do you want to drag this thing okay, out? Yeah. Well, <laughs> okay, it was. I of, want to say that I respect his optimism. No, seriously, this is very just optimistic. calling it a flavor addition. No. <laughs> if it, was it one of those white hoses that you use for your RV? Come on, you know the, it's not. I know. I, I, they, they, the shittiest no, no, no. green It's hose a green you, ass. Yeah. I know. It's been in his front yard it's since it, 1978. It's the Mercaptain edition, for sure. Yeah. Yep. yeah. It is the backyard green hose hooked to the house. But I, nice. Okay. I, I, bought it, go ahead I bought it a week ago, and go, this is like the third time I've used it. Okay. Go ahead and save it. Say, can I save this beer? I'm boiling Say again. I've been, I've been boiling for about 20 minutes. Oh, you're good. <laughs> Fuck. So Stop boiling. Gonna, yeah. yeah. And I'm, look, I'm trying to repair the hose at the top of the word chiller now. All he's worried about is the fucking hose. Uh, uh, I don't know. If it were my beer, I'm fermenting that shit out. I gotta know yeah. what it tastes like. You know what? If, if I gotta know. I've gone through all of that. I gotta know what it tastes if like. If my arm was three thousand miles long, <laughs> I'd slap you. <laughs> <laughs> don't don't, don't even bother. Ferment it out. You'd have to. Never have I disagree with Doc. No, never dump. Yeah. Do you uh, have yeast? No, at, at this point, yeah. You have. <laughs> no, you know, you want to carry through fermentation because you know what? It might be the best beer in the world. You never yeah. fucking know. That's you right. Never know. The yeast, you you know? have yeast locked and loaded, ready to go, right? And I, and I figured I could bottle a couple of them, send them to you guys. Oh, that would be great. Now what do you think, Dustin? <laughs> Dump it. And, uh, and there's always that night when you drink all the good beer and you're like, shit, I want some more. And there you go. <laughs> right. Okay. Spoken like a true white Good trash. Thing. Don't you judge me. You know you've had the same thing oh, yeah. happen. If it will cost you no more money or no more effort, Go ahead and yeah, ferment it. I, Otherwise, I, save, I was going to say, should I save the beer or the yeast? The yeast. It's, it's a nice five fifty white labs. <laughs> yeah, no. Oh, even the five fifty is not going to save this chlorine bomb. <laughs> how, how many? How many gallons is the beer? A uh, total. Oh, and get this. Total. Another, another factor. Uh, Jesus. Okay. I grew the hops that I use. This is my homegrown hop stash that I was using. Fermented. Oh, you have to ferment it then. You ferment gotta- it. How many gallons of wort do you have right now? Uh, I started with about three and a half. Oh, and down to like a half now? <laughs> I was just going to make a you know, small batch. Wait, wait. So three, uh, and a gallon of it is the hose water? Oh, I'm, no, I'm, no, I'm no, switching over to Doc. How many, how uh, many gallons of usable wort do you have? 
Again, it, four and a half gallons now. If, if it's not going to cost you anything for a minute, if it, it'll be a good learning experience for you. Yeah, now I'm with you. If it was like a you know like a 10, 12 gallon, right, and a gallon of it is, is right. I actually would be a little optimistic. Maybe it's going to be okay. It's three gallons now. He's added a gallon of hose okay, water. We all remember his kids drinking out of the hose. <laughs> yeah. Fucking ferment it. Call it an experimental. Seriously, and it's one it friggin' package of yeast. Go for it. Well, you know, yeah, enter one in every category in NHC. No, 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 how bad could oh, it be? Oh, yeah. Isn't it Cossie Metal right there? It's, it's only Florida. It's the Not summer. The Water's like 90 degrees. Oh, yeah. It's you, like mostly You're going to cool chlorine. right down to pitching And he's using a Belgian yeast, too, right? Right. So you I, have chlorophenols I, and a bunch of phenols and esters. Of oh, this man. sounds like Band-Aid. I thought you meant that nothing of quality comes out of Florida. So it's only Florida. Go ahead and ferment well, it. draw your own conclusions. I'm well, hurling right so now. So I actually have a real question about this. Oh, Doubt it. This is, since I'm very naive with brewing. Um, is this... Uh, <laughs> is this not like a, like, a, like a recipe I was making at home and I messed up and I doubled something that I shouldn't have? Can he not go back and like... Add other things into no. make it equal. Not anymore. Yeah. A whole bunch of other double. Because steps? he's already gone through his boil. He's done a sour mash. Uh, he's done all of these steps, like for that this you can't specific go back beer. And like, do, you, oh. you can't double up on anything well, to do I this. Tried. Yeah. You know what the really fucked up part is? Is you could be making the world's greatest next the world's next greatest beer, and you'll never be able to replicate it. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So if I could be. ferment it. It's not going to be good, but no, ferment no. it. Go for it. Ever. Carry it through. All right, thanks, Merle. Uh, We have Roberto from HopTech on line three. (laughs) Oh, shit. Hey, Roberto, what's going on? Are you standing in my studio? uh, He's in the the hallway. No, 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 I'm outside. I'm outside. Yeah. I want to apologize. (laughs) Okay. I saw the picture in Zymergy magazine. Uh, Here we go. And I like yours much better. What are we talking about? What picture? The one the where picture, the picture was the picture taken. On the newsletter. Oh, that's right, because yeah, Roberto got cut out of our uh, Club of the Year photo that's up on Facebook. And he's really what? such a whiny bitch. He's got to be in everything. <laughs> well, and Roberto, in my defense, I I'm asked sorry. JP to change it. But JP, no, who no. is, in, he's the manager of those things. His opinion was that the photo said, we had Roberto, was man, better. Fuck Roberto, I, We're going to take it in. I I understand, but the, I saw the Zymergy. Are you taking a shit, I'm Roberto? Sorry. I saw the Zymergy. Like better. <laughs> I'll tell you what, Roberto. I will Photoshop, personally Photoshop ah. your face over my face. There Woo-hoo! we go. That'll be that's a sexy hybrid. I think Roberto's calling from Beavis' butt. Oh wait a minute! God damn it! That could be interesting. Don't give me that visual, guys. Don't give me that visual shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. I saw Wait, you on really, Hang up on him now. All right. Thank you, Roberto. Jane gives now. me permission to hang up on you. Um, <laughs> which line is Ohio Brew on, Bevo? Oh I saw your photo in Zymergy. Bevo, can we take bets right now? Will Bevo ever become good at her job? No. Will she ever remember, just give me what line they're on, where, what state they're calling from? I mean, any... Oh, yeah, the full package. What if, what if we go on for another 10 years? What, we're are you, having our, what are you bitching about? We're having our 18th... Well, you, obviously. Well, if, yes. If we have our 18th anniversary party, do you think Bevo will be good at answering the phones by then? It depends. He's how, on line Will Nate have short how, hair? Will how, you take you. a bath? All these questions. <laughs> how long ago would Sam have died? <laughs> oh, jeez. 17 years ago. Yeah, then yes. yes. <laughs> she might be... Oh, Ohio Brew has a question for Doc. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Ohio. shit. Hello. Ohio, Ohio Brew, what's up? All right. So, what do you got? All right. So I, uh, 
I ordered some yeast, and uh, unfortunately, FedEx fucked up and let it sit in the warehouse for three days. And uh, so, so I was uh, it's WLP002 English L yeast. I've never used it before, and uh, it's in my um, it's on my stir plate, and it looks all coagulated and um, really nasty. Oh, oh, two. Something that it's normal yeah. for the yeast. Oh, oh, two. Yeah. It's, it's normal. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Next call. It is. Yeah. The oh, in fact, we talked about that. I'm not not that you should know this, but uh, I would have asked the same question. It's a gnarly looking yeast. You get a lot of that at more. So you you if you contrast the O2 with whatever the Hefeweizen yeast is, 300 or whatever it is, it's super powdery. Okay. Uh, yeast just, they do different shit. But yeah. you're totally fine. In it shipping, is cr- yeast packs down. In shipping, yeast packs down. You see all this clear liquid above it, it packs down. Yeah. But it's this is his starter, and, and with his O2, he's right. It's a Sand creepy pack, yeah. looking O2 yeast. O2 is yeah. so flocculent. It's yeah, going to yeah, do that. Oh, it looks like peanut well, butter at the bottom bird. of that thing. Go ahead. For the first for the first twenty four hours, it looked completely normal. It was all you know homogenized, and then all of a sudden, it just like yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's, it's probably ready to flocculate, uh, is is what Nate's talking yeah. about. Yeah. It kind of clumps together, and and with with whatever else is in your starter too, and falls to the bottom. It's a wonderful thing about that yeast. So yeah, it starts out all in solution, and then it starts to flock. It, especially if you're used to looking at oh one. Oh yeah. Oh, it's a, oh I've used oh one my whole career, and I I gotta try some. Oh, oh, two. Yeah. Oh, shit. It is weird looking. Good question, actually. This is, this oh, is oh, a really shit. good question. As, as long as you don't get a layer on the top that looks like a skin. Okay. And then you're looking at, yeah, you know, a contamination in, okay. in your starter. Yeah. Otherwise, you're fine. Just stir yeah. it up and, and... Actually, I would decant it and then and, then dump it in. There you go. You're good, Ohio yeah. Brew. Cool. Cheers. All right, thanks. Later. All right, that's it, Beef. No? Yeah. Beef's got more. She gives me like eight callers. No, we're done. Ohio Brew's on the phone. He has this question. This guy's on this, and he has this question. Not one. And I got four fucking lights in front of me. I don't know which one to push. I went back through and wrote blind line one Merle, and I'm pretty sure that's not how you spell Merle. Line two. How did she spell Merle? M U R L. My name is Merle Haggard. M U R L. I was really trying to figure it out, and then I was like, his name is Merle. I'm going to write this as terrible as I can. You know, if we were to go into Fantasyland for one second and assume that I paid you a good wage, (laughs) or any wage, uh, you know what? I still wouldn't fire your shitty ass. Thank you. (laughs) And I don't know why. There's something charming about me having to fucking fight through every goddamn phone call of my life to figure out who I'm talking to. Merle. (laughs) Whatever. It was phonetic. (laughs) <laughs> Not even yeah, <laughs> Merle. <laughs> Sounds like a skin Merle. disease. Yeah. Merle. By, by the way, uh, you have Merle. <laughs> oh God! How do I get rid of it? Yeah. Uh, well, who touched me? <laughs> Maybe that guy who likes to blind. He likes to read by touch. Merle. Oh, you have Merle. I can feel it on you. It's called Braille. I feel it on you. Braille. I spell Braille. I want to brew with blind, dude. Don't you want to brew with blind? Something about that guy. Just, I don't know. No, he seems like a fun guy. No. I mean, someone's got to brew with him, right? Right. Yeah. He's a robot. You know, really? now that I've taught Vinny how to brew, I, I could probably teach the blind guy. No, but he'd be touching he'd things and burning things. What better person for me to teach to brew than a blind guy? <laughs> right? I mean, it's perfect fit. A dead guy? <laughs> teach him how to brew, and then in the end, it'll just be like a cake or something. <laughs> and he'll think he made beer, but it's, in reality, he'd made you a, a cake. Let's face it. He would teach me to brew. Yeah, probably. I, he'd, he'd be like, here's how we're going to start. 
Well, he said, wear this blindfold. <laughs> I'll probably make the best beer I've ever made. It's the well, karate kid. When you yeah. serve him, you would end up in the emergency room. <laughs> when you serve the blind guy the beer you got that you made at the end, yeah. you don't know where it came from. You could oh. brought a bottle of anything, and he's not worried about he's not no. worried about those bubbles. He would hear <laughs> the difference in the CO two when you crack the cap. Oh, oh goddamn it, Tasty made it. Just tell him Tasty made it. True. <laughs> <laughs> All right. First of all, I got to poke your eyes out. <laughs> yeah, okay. Then you can brew. <laughs> yeah, this... First, we poke out eye. Why does he have to be... I don't know why. Why does he have to have a shitty Asian stereotype no. accent? <laughs> oh, what color belt do you have? Black. Where'd you get it? <laughs> Macy's. First, we start. You know more vision. <laughs> you know more... I take your vision from you, and then replace, I give you brewing knowledge. <laughs> yes. You brew, Daniel, son. You must sacrifice. Then we bow haircut you. <laughs> I'm going to shave my head this week, I think. Can I do it? I want to see I you in a bowl cut. Hop tackle pay for it. <laughs> bowl cut. <laughs> what is it? I own the shaver, Jade. Bowl cut. <laughs> yeah, but damn it, then Hop tackle do it. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, let's On make air. It, let's make an event out of it Woo-hoo! while we're at it. Might as well be a fundraiser. Yeah, I think yeah. you have to wait till Saturday. Such a pain you know, in the instead, ass. instead of like you know beer for boobs or pints for prostrates, you would have like shave Justin's head. <laughs> yeah, for hell of it. For, yeah, for yeah. the fuck. Yeah. Right. So it's money to make Justin look like an asshole. Shaving your head, is t- it's, it's, it's tough, not, dude. Shaving your head is not going to make you look more or less like an asshole. Sexy, dude. It's sexy. Yeah. Well, yeah. Okay. <laughs> you don't think it'll make me look more like an asshole? Oh, it won't it make will. you more it than an asshole. Like a- you can't. Come on, it, freak. It'll make you look more like an asshole. Okay, thank you. That's yeah. all I'm looking no, for. No, Justin, really. You I'm not even asking her. for a compliment. I just want to know it'll make me look like it'll more. Look no, I really think you should leave your hair long. You look much better with it that way. Let's cut him short. Long with a hat on. Maybe I should outsource the washing and styling of my hair. Mm. Yeah, Maybe that a will. Barber. Maybe you should oh. just learn personal hygiene and take a shower every day. <laughs> oh, I- God damn it, Bevo. You know what? You really cut the fine hairs, don't you? <laughs> Can I outsource that? <laughs> um, I do. People in hospitals do. They get sponge you know baths what? and shit. That's what you need. You need to get some debilitating disease. Sam's going to be a Are nurse. Like you need to be your personal nurse. <laughs> you, mean, you mean again? Sponge bath. So I would love it if Sam was my personal nurse. Can you imagine? Lift the sack. <laughs> your personal nurse. At some point in my life, I hope that Sam is... like. I hope I'm sort of... Not even that old. I hope I'm like forty, but I'm. I something happens to me. A car accident. You have a car accident. Yeah, you that makes hurt you yourself. Like a car You've seen and what he, Sam is capable of. He's gonna let a homeless guy. In. You want to clean? You want to <laughs> yeah. wash some random dude? But I, I have a feeling that <laughs> Come on. he'll he be take the, care of our child pretty okay. He does. Okay. He'll be the whatever happens to me. I'll have some sort of tunnel vision that makes me. I won't accept anybody doing it except for Sam. And he becomes my personal caretaker. Oh. He'll be cuter than Abigail the whole time. Give me Sam! Honey! Sam! 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 Ah! Except your speech will be like messed up, so it'll be like, Shaw! <laughs> and I'll have to move I, in. Ah! I'll have to move in with you and, and Sam. And then he'll talk like Abigail. <laughs> ah! Ah! Wait, did you just say you'd move in with me? Yeah. yeah. No. Because I will need a full-time <laughs> caregiver. Uh, you know, no. And you're going to fight us every time you need to shave. No! Ah! Ah! <laughs> this isn't funny at all, actually. This we'll is really We'll start calling terrible. you Grandpa. Ah! We'll have guests over and you'll just start screaming. Just, just ignore that. Yeah, who is that? Let me out. He'll drool at the Thanksgiving table to say, it's okay, it's, okay. it's Uncle Justin, it's okay. That's Justin. Justin, would you, you, you remember like to... when he was a broadcaster? Would you, yeah! would you hey, like to say the blessing, Justin? To that I would respond, no. Yeah. Remember when he knew what he was doing? Gracie? Gracie, we'll call you Gracie. Gracie died 20 years ago. All right. I think we're done, right? <laughs> 
I think we should be done. Hey, I uh, met up with Riggs. Oh, I just want to give a quick shout out to Riggs. Riggs. Uh, you Riggs. know, our good buddy Riggs, Riggs in, the, in, the, uh, in the chat room. He made a, a nice beer that I got to, to hang out with him and have a nice beer. Riggs is a good dude. Um, he doesn't have a neck. No. He doesn't have a neck, no, but he, no, he he's does like not half Asian. So, so it looks fun. like a beehive. <laughs> he's like a Mexican Asian. <laughs> shoulder to big head. <laughs> yes. He's we brewing now. He's a commercial brewer. Oh. Ohana oh. Brewing Company, I believe, is his, the brewery that he works at. Did he quit his day job? Uh, yeah, not yet, uh, but he's he fly to Hawaii every day. They'll ramp. They'll, it's not in Hawaii. It sounds yeah, it's like in it. Orange County. But uh, huh. he's like doing recipes for him, and wow. uh, uh, yeah, I guess their old brewer left them high and dry. They just he just bailed, and he became highly recommended for some reason. This Probably wow. kicked someone's ass. He's pulling a Paul Sangster. Awesome. He's yeah, moonlighting. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So uh, yeah, he's doing a good <laughs> job. His homebrew is great. Twitter game. Twitter game. Oh, yeah. I forgot. What is the Dave Matthews Band song called if, about Tasty? Yeah, if Dave Ramsey made a personal <laughs> yeah. fortune chart for... Uh, yeah, uh, It would uh, be called God is in your savings account. <laughs> <laughs> Give me a budget and then I'll sing for you. Uh, yes, what was it? What was? Uh, what would uh, Dave... Whatever you just said. Yeah, what, song, what would the song be called that Dave Matthews wrote about our good friend Tasty? So our friend uh, Beaten Husband Bruin... Uh, I love that. Would would call it uh, sad old star fuckers make me smile. <laughs> I like that. I like it pretty too. I'm drunk. Uh, Outlandish wrote, "Why is this old guy groping my groupie?" <laughs> <laughs> that is what I like. That I one. wish Schumann were here to actually like play a few notes of each of these songs. That would have been a good bet. <laughs> that would be. I good. wish I'd thought of that earlier. Uh, Mike B writes, "Tasty beers and tasteless women." Not bad. All right. Uh, Jared Lambert writes two cookies and a hand job. <laughs> I think it's too clever for a Dave Matthews song. Yeah, but that's that's two one of our best. Two cookies and a hand job. <laughs> what is he? Lennon mixed with Dave Matthews and and Bob Dylan. Dave Matthews sings like he was a burn victim. Yeah, he does have a weird. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, our drunk buddies at Flat Tail Brewing, who confused Tasty with Doc, wrote, What would you say if I told you your fillings were lead-based? <laughs> <laughs> that would be a good song about Doc. Right. Yeah. Right. Actually, I think it's a pretty good one about Tasty, too. <laughs> right. And then uh, Wayne Perry wrote, Groped. Okay, so that's more Dave Matthews style, actually. It would just, Is it? Yeah. It would yeah, be more, yeah, yeah. That, that one word yeah. title. Yeah. Oh, yeah. you mean... Terrible. Huh. So that's going to make it tough for me because that's that's funny and it's clever. Mm-hmm. It's Dave Matthews style, right? But I really like two cookies, one hand. Job. <laughs> that's the best one. Two cookies and a hand job. Oh, two cookies and a hand job. I kind of like the flat tail one, to be honest with you. Yeah, but Uh-oh. against the rules. All right, uh, raise your hand if it's two cookies and a hand job. That's there you go. Nearly Woo-hoo! unanimous. All right, uh, who is that? Who's our winner? That was Jared Lambert. All Yay! right, yeah. JP will send you a prize. Uh, it'll be a Dave Matthews CD. <laughs> yeah. oh, God. I'll steal them from or not. <laughs> Remember that time, that dumb like three weeks where we tried to make the whole uh, Twitter game vote unanimous? <laughs> yes. And it never really worked out. I thought we tried to do that with Drunk of the Week we when we did. were trying to make it that cool, too. We did also. Uh, yeah, unanimously never yeah. works. Is dr- so. Oh, that's... Yeah, it was probably both. You know, I used to be ashamed of the fact that we would make rules or, or things that we're going to do on the Brewing Network and then and then never follow through with them after they failed. Yeah. And now I'm quite proud of it because I feel like, <laughs> fuck it. Like, well, I don't have to answer to you. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. <laughs> So we just, I like that we say all these things, but we don't even revisit it. We don't even go back and say, it's no longer unanimous. <laughs> 
we just move on like it never happened. Right. And if if people could do that in their life with more of their mistakes, yeah. I think we'd be a happier place. <laughs> you should take a cue from it's the that little, network. That little voice in my head I hear sometimes is yeah. like, suck a dick. Yeah. It's like JP walking around with me always. <laughs> just <laughs> move on. Is it telling you? He's on your show. No, no, no. no. Saying. It's saying it to other people. Oh, okay. Right. Oh, even Good my, question, JP. It, actually, it, so, it tells Doc, but it just, in Nate's case, it's just saying it to oh, other people. Even my kids say, uh, JP would hate that. <laughs> They do. Wow, I don't know whether to be ashamed or happy about that. And by yes. the way, they say that to everything. Just right. yes. <laughs> JP would hate that. Yeah, yeah. They got a really great gift. JP would hate that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you got a college scholarship. Yeah, well, guess what? Here's five hundred dollars. <laughs> JP would hate. That. <laughs> Why did you give now it I'm gonna to have me to like spend that? It. Why could be five hundred one? You asshole. I got, I got a new puppy. <laughs> JP would hate that. Well, well that's, that's true. true. Yeah. Uh, why do I speak for JP? Because I, well, I don't know. Because JP would hate that. All right, next week on the program, apparently we have uh, Michael Jordan on. Oh, really? Oh, tall black guy? Number According to Moscow, I don't know if he's tall and black. I do know he's from Boxing uh, Cat Brewery. Okay. So maybe. Uh, could be different. Could also be the same guy. Maybe he invested in Boxing Cat Brewery. Maybe he's also. Of Chicago Bulls fame. Retirement. Michael Jordan, next week on the program. Uh, Paul Sangster, thanks for coming in and sharing beer with us. Yeah, that my pleasure. It's been fun. That song from that Space Jam amazing. just came in my head. Sorry if it affected the, uh, <laughs> what we did the last like five minutes. So. It, so, so you should I. not apologize. You should. We should be thanking you. Oh, okay. Yeah. Go to ripcurrentbrewing.com right now, and you can check it out. Great website. And uh, actually, I kind of feel like I'm on vacation just looking at it. Yeah, it's supposed uh, to give you that feeling. Nice. I'm red flagging oh. my liver right now. And go see him if you're in the San Marcos area. Area, you turn left at Lost Abbey or right at Stone, and you'll find. Uh, I think that's what you said, right? I'm sure it'll that's work. how you find Rip Current I'm uh, sure it'll work in the out. shadow of the gargoyle. Well, Put yeah. your navigation it's like, on. It's like though, sun, sand, hot nineteen-year-olds. <laughs> right. It's like that. It's a little too old. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Anything can else? I, can I comment on something? Can I do a social commentary for a second? Only if you hate it. Yes. Based on hot nineteen-year-olds. So I was at Disneyland this weekend. Apparently, the new fashion for young girls and I, I'm, I'm ashamed to say that i don't like this it's to show a lot of bra so they have like the muscle uh, shirt no, like 14 oh, i 13 hate that i know what you're talking it's about it's like the muscle shirt all the way like kind of down to the side mm. on their side so their bra showing on two sides and this one girl uh had like a backless t-shirt oh. so her bra was showing on three sides coochie cutters with her <laughs> bottoms of her butt cheeks hanging out and then she goes and meets like her dad and but they're she- walking around disneyland i'm going you're 14 years old are you sure they're so 14? You, yes. Did they you, looked very underdeveloped. Did you, you, did you I mean. snap the bra snap? <laughs> I should have. But I, it, it was like, the that's the new fashion. You know, as much as you don't want to like this, uh, God I don't damn it, to. if I agree with you, that's not right. It's it, not. And you know why it's not right? Because it turns me into the creepy guy. Yes. And it's not my fault. My sunglasses aren't dark enough for me to get the side view, right? Where I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm listening to you, Taryn. And then I'm looking at the thing. I can't do that. <laughs> so... So the question becomes. Uh, uh, by the way, I know exactly what you're talking thank about. Thank you. You need to get different glasses. I know. You know the old dudes who wear the ones like the glasses that go over all their the glasses. Ra- They're called the cocoons. We sell them at my office. I think. We, I think <laughs> JP, you and I should work on making Boom. that a, a trend because yes. it would help us a lot. You can wear them over top of your glasses. Glasses, and then you can get that that wheelchair that gets right up to the front of the line. 
You know, I consider myself a pretty liberal guy, and I yeah. hope, God forbid, if I ever become a parent, I might be the same. But is that too liberal as a dad to allow your 14-year-old yes. daughter to have her ass cheeks hanging out the bottom of her shorts? Shit, yeah. They're, I mean, I really mean, serious. That's fucking sick. I hope to if, never be faced with these decisions. If she's a fucking gymnast <laughs> and it's the Olympics, that's one thing. Yes. It's a uniform. But if you're walking around wherever, Anywhere. it doesn't matter where in yeah. public, and the bra and the, and the butt cheeks... It's too much, isn't it? Because as a father, you know, as as a guy, you know that the father is looking at me. Is that looking at me? <laughs> yes. Yeah, what I'm are you looking at? Directly behind his daughter hey. and her friends. Do you have the right to say you know what the fuck I'm looking at? Because you let her out the house like that. <laughs> I, I think should've. you do actually. Oh, I should have. I would hope somebody would say something boys. to me for letting my kid dress like that. I, yeah. have, I have two boys. I don't have to worry about that. But I'm hoping they will bring them home to me. <laughs> <laughs> Doctor Scott, shouldn't fa- shouldn't a father really think about the fact that, like, when he was fourteen or seventeen, if he was seventeen, if he'd have looked at a fourteen-year-old girl how his daughter is dressed, if he got a heart on, would he not <laughs> right. really double think it as a father? And this is my girl, this is my Agreed. daughter. Right? I don't understand what's going on. I saw like, nine-year-old devil's it's because oh, biker yeah. short God in like it. well, like, that's bi- I mean, no nine. Like, uh, I think nine can do anything because they're nine years tight, very short. She kept pulling them down because they kept riding so far. It was like that is it's too much. You're showing How too long much. Did you follow this girl? <laughs> for about an hour, hour and a half. Well, I had that's to where sure. the obscure like, comment came from earlier. You know, for like four hours, she kept pulling it down. Too short and too small. Well, and you're that's wondering because the finally is buying clothes a freaking size too. Your shorts are uh, one size too small, and your vagina is going to eat them, and you're going to look like the nasty girl okay. pulling at her vagina all, all right. day. Nine year old is, a, is another thing. That's a whole. Let, um, let me play ooh devil's and ah at the same time. <laughs> let me play devil's advocate about the fourteen year old for a second again. Uh, clearly, I'm not a father. But there's no. also the well, other, no, you're the, not. The other side of the coin you don't is no, you're not. At at 14 <laughs> or so years old, you you're about to hate everything your parents say. Yep, you're about to think your father's a fucking asshole and won't let you do anything. True. So, in some ways, I I do sympathize with these dads because if other dads are allowing it, so all, in other words, all their friends at school are going out with the bra showing and the butt hanging out, yeah. and you're the one dad who tells your daughter she's not allowed to do that. I'm not advocating this. I'm just throwing it out there. You're the asshole. It's a hard... It's not easy, right? You don't want your daughter to hate you. She's the sweet... You said hard. She's the (laughs) sweet... At home, she's the sweetest girl on the planet. And that's how you see her. And so, it doesn't matter what kind of slutty outfit she puts on. You don't see her that way. She's just your sweet little girl. Yeah, but underneath the bleacher, she's probably the sweetest girl, too. Well, you gotta let her... let, Let her be individual... Her individuality... So she can look like everybody else. Oh, goddamn, that sounds like a pedophile. <laughs> well, no, she's, she's... Oh, I see. No, you're making a good point. <laughs> she's trying to be... I want to be individual, Dad. I want to I want to push my individuality. But you look like everybody <laughs> else. I look like everybody else. I want to push me individually up uh, through <laughs> yeah. the decrease of my shirt. I want to push individually. Yeah, well, that's it. Yeah. I want to insert my individually. Uh, just sharpen the bat. I guess all I'm saying is... <laughs> what does that even mean? It's... <laughs> Yeah. It sucks to be the father of a popular girl, of a good-looking girl. I you know what you should pray for? You know what you should pray for? Oh, and an ugly one at that. Yeah, we'll keep you feeding know what? Taco Bell. Keep feeding her. 
Oh, that's not nice. Well, it's almost the best thing you could do, don't you think? Because at least then she's going to keep reading fucking books instead of blowing just, dudes. Just right. <laughs> homeschool her. No. That's really not quite true. Either. Well, this is what... You can go two ways. One, you can go what all the popular girls do and you have a kid by 16. Or you have diabetes by 16. <laughs> so you and you're still a virgin. Like, that's... That's just so the you, best, you know. So in other words, to, so to go back to your original question, yes. uh, you can't win anyway. No. Fuck it. Let her have her bra out and her butt out I and guess, who cares. Yeah, I guess I so. to Disneyland. All you can do is hope that you've taught her enough to not be a whore. And yeah, that JP then, does not end up near you at Disneyland. Right. But then why... But um, then why I want, what, what I would want to know Define is, not be a whore at 14. Is, is why you would... Why she would want to be doing that. I don't know. It's just a, a, a thing that struck in my mind because Doc said something about young girls or whatever. I don't remember. <laughs> Did you just go into a... That was like the decoded voice of the guy in the dark room who's talking about the thing he did wrong but doesn't want to be seen. <laughs> so this uh, week on to catch a predator. <laughs> Hi, what are you doing here? Uh, and then Chris Matthews approached me, and I really felt that I was being entrapped. It was entrapped. and I just I bring just a case there. of beer and seventeen condoms because I thought she was like I don't know, like I don't like more than like you know, twelve. I, I, yeah. I was backstage at uh, yeah. this Dave Matthews concert. Oh, you, can't, you can't prove anything. You can spoof. You can spoof IP addresses really I was easily. Give some Cialis and do cookies. <laughs> After all, people always wonder what JP does Monday to Friday. Well, no. <laughs> After all the thanking I've done tonight, I'd now like to apologize to our guest, Paul Sangster, and, uh, and also, also Tom Keogh of Yardsbury. No, I'm not, Jade, I am not apologizing yeah. to you. You're I'll, a be, I'll be goddamned. <laughs> I will apologize to Roberto. He's a fragile man. He is. He, That's why he's out in the hall. You know, right? his photograph wasn't on the main photo. He's very sensitive. He's very sensitive. Seriously, I swear to God, really, he fucking is. And, uh, oh, he's out there cringing in the but hallway. But you know what? He puts up with me. Hey, right. And so we got to give him so much latitude for that. That we do. <laughs> All right, let's get out of here. Don't forget yes. that Oktoberfest is coming up on uh, Saturday, October 5th. You can meet the lovely JP. I'll be there. I'll uh, be there working. Yay! You can also meet, of course, Jade and Roberto if you haven't already. Uh, they'll be there with the HopTech booth. J- uh, JP will be there. You can buy uh, Brewing Network merchandise. And uh, it's just a great festival. Uh, so go check it out. You can buy tickets at oktoberfest.org or you can buy them at the door. It's a free fest. Uh, but if you want the beer, then you got to pay a little cash. But it goes yeah. to a good cause, as always. It's all good. Uh, Paul Sangster made his way all the yes. way up from San Marcos to hang out with us. I appreciate that. Killer beer, Paul. Thank you. Thanks for having me in. And uh, I think Yards. we're done. You got uh, things for us? I got things for us. Let's get out of here. We'll see you next week with Michael Jordan, ladies and gentlemen. The big black guy. Oh, my God. The best golfer. I believe yeah. I can. Come on, JP. Thank you to our show sponsor, More Beer. You can get absolutely everything you need to make great beer at home by going to morebeer.com. If you can't get enough of Cats, Disneyland, and Self-Hatred, you can follow JP on Twitter at MajorJip. Scott's on Twitter as well. If he's not counting his money by candlelight, follow him at Moscow Paints. For some good beer insight and homebrew info, follow Nate Smith at Nathan Homebrew and Mike McDowell at Tasty McDee. Production director on the session has been Push Eject. Tonight's show has been produced by Scott Moskowitz. JP was planning his next trip to Disneyland. Your call screener and dildoer of dogs has been Bevo. And your host, as always, is Justin Crossley. Be sure to find the Brain Organ on Facebook and Twitter.